Painkiller Already, episode 398 with our guest, Filthy Robot. Kyle? Uh, a few sponsors tonight, Postmates, GetQuip, Squarespace, uh, Smartmouth, and Monster Energy Espresso. We'll be talking about all of those things later on in the show, of course. But yeah, we got Filthy really back with us. He is clearly in a new location. He's in the land of green. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You got a green screen, you got fancy wine or something. Is like it a secret? You live in large. Is it a secret where you moved to? I, I'm out of the loop. No, no, no. I'm in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Where Can't I wait. Now. You're in Oshkosh, Wisconsin? You oh guys just finished the world's largest air show. Yeah, yeah. We we were moving in. We drove past all that as I was coming in. There were the flybys as we were moving in, like pretty much like hour, hour by hour. Eighty no. percent of my para friends were just there. Okay. Oshkosh, Wisconsin, for you guys that don't know, is like mecca for plane nerds, and, and <laughs> like like they all go there. The dozens make their pilgrimage. It's a real happening place, <laughs> dude. You don't understand. Like there's um there's an aviation nerd culture. It's a little different than aviation professionals or like military, but aviation nerds, guys who just freak out, look at every kind of plane and helicopter and what have you. Oshkosh is, I think, like this little podunk airport that for one week a year becomes the busiest airport in the planet. In the planet? And uh, like bigger than London Heathrow, LaGuardia, like busier than any of those other airports. The, the, the advertisement, they're like, there are a few cities that are known for a thing. And they're like Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And, and you know, like, like, like that was it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that little place amongst aviation nerds is a So mecca. it goes Jerusalem, Bethlehem, <laughs> Oshkosh, and then Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... What pulled you to Oshkosh? So uh, my wife just finished her PhD. Uh, so she graduated. Her first job is she's teaching in a college not too far from here. Uh, we're here for a year. Um, the place she's just doing a visiting assistant, assistant professorship somewhere. So uh, I'm here just because it doesn't matter where I work from because I stream. And uh, we're here for her job. We're here for a year. Can you explain um, you professor so levels? Like, what is ad, is it adjunct, then assistant professor, then professor? How does that work? So, um, when you're in a tenure track, you're looking at adjunct as as you're coming in on this, right? Like, you're starting. Actually, I'm not sure that's 100 true. I have, I'm not sure I know is the answer to that. Mm. This is for her for this position. This position is they're looking for someone for a year for this, and she is wanting to do this for a year, but unlikely to want to stay for this. So what she wants is this is her first job out of out of college. This is the one the, the teaching job. This is um, it, this this university is a liberal arts small liberal arts school and it doesn't have enough of the research side for her in likelihood. So it's probably not where she wants to be for doing something like a tenure track position. But for this is close to her family still or for this year, et cetera. So it's kind of convenient for that. Um, so what she will do this year, she goes back on the job market in September, is she'll look for a tenure track position that will start her as a as as a position where they're potentially going to give her tenure if she's there long enough style thing. So right. sometimes they convert. So sometimes you might go to do a visiting assistant professorship for a year and then they'll offer you a tenure track position uh, based on that. But that's not what she's trying to do here to the best of my knowledge. Roger so. that. Did she study God, I'm gonna get, did she study human sexuality? Am I wrong about yep. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Yeah. Uh, just just because I want to poke you just a little bit on this one. We, this is uh, lucky number 13, the 13th time I've been on PKA with you guys. Is that right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah so, one uh, of these days I'll learn, you know, pronounce right. your name, what your wife does. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I was going. <laughs> Instead of uh, every time like, all right, let's relearn who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's our guest, Filthy Robot. Uh, <laughs> so you're still playing video games, but. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Uh, 
Yeah, well, that's no, really that's... cool. How are you liking Oshkosh so far? Or have you not um, been there long enough to get a feel? So uh, I've been streaming nonstop. So I love my new place. My new apartment's amazing. I, I've been, I'm, it's a room with no windows at all. So it's absolutely fucking perfect. There's no light mess ups. There's no sound issues. It's just quiet and constant lighting. Got the studio lighting up and it's just great. So um, Oshkosh as a whole, 450 beers. Can't beat that on fucking draft, which is nuts. And uh, Wisconsin's a big uh, drinking and food culture, which is great for both myself and my wife. So um, I've, people have been incredible. The management's been great at this place. Everyone's been, like I thought like the Midwesterners, I, I sometimes get annoyed with it, like in the, in the Midwest people. They're too nice. They want to talk to you for fucking ever. You can't get in or out of a store without having a conversation with a clerk or something like this. The, the one that drives me the most, everyone's sitting at the stop signs. You know, it's a four-way stop. You go in order. That's how it works. I don't want you waving me ahead. That just cost me like, 30 seconds of my life as I registered that you weren't just going to slam into me because I'm going out of turn. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want these types of things. And the Midwest people are generally like that. And that's, that's what it is. The people up here are like three, like you just ramp that up. Just keep going with that. Mm -hmm. They're so insanely nice up here. It's, it's been wonderful. They've been great. Everyone's been really fucking cool. Were you Chicago so. area before? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just outside Chicago. Yeah, not, See, if you leave the main cities, the Midwest is a very nice place for the yeah. most part. I grew up like in the that's, that's where all the people that are weird uh, to me. Really? People are just a little too polite. I think they're it after feels something like they're when they start a or like they want something. Like what you, what I don't tell you my personal details of my life. Fuck off. Like <laughs> You know no. what's rough in the Midwest? Fucking Uber drivers. Every one of them like just starts a monologue as soon as you get in. Like yeah. they just start telling you like like in your head, you're like, God, I hope that this 75 year old is doing this for fun because his wife died or something, because God, it would just kill me to think if he was you know, oh, social security, not quite as much as I thought, you know, and then he has to and do this. And you only ever interact with them at like four in the morning for a red eye flight or like, you know, you come back. It's like two in the, you know, two in the morning. You've landed again on the other side. You don't want to talk to human beings at that moment. Like this is all you really want to do is be shuttled to the airport while you're mostly unconscious and then get back on a plane and go back to fully unconscious. That's your goal. And yeah. like they want to engage you in a like a, 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 they want to compare life histories. And you're just like, I don't I don't know if I can do this right now. Like. Maybe. You know what you don't want to do in an Uber ride by yourself, drunk, on the way home late one night, is when the guy goes, like, just off something else. I barely remember, because obviously I was taking an Uber because I was drunk. And the guy mentioned fighting in Korea to give oh, you uh, an idea of how old he was. And I made the mistake of going on a 25-minute Uber drive with 23 and a half minutes remaining. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to hear on. the whole history of this he guy's experience. Over experience in the war <laughs> well son you have to understand you know <laughs> yeah that, yeah that was uh i didn't learn anything <laughs> nothing from that guy i learned he does not care for koreans still yeah. 70 yeah. years later yeah you wouldn't think so 65 right. years later maybe it was vietnam i was tanked i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he was fighting asians though <laughs> it was the vietnamese the koreans one of them he didn't care no no so, yeah, super nice people up here. I can't complain about a thing up here yet. So, well, actually, I can. I, I can definitely complain about something. No climbing. There's no fucking climbing around here. And I've been doing that as, like, one of my favorite ways to work out for the last seven or eight years. No indoor nope. facilities? Nope. So, uh, we, we're checking out, like, the no. Y. Because they, they bill it. The Y has, they, they have a climbing gym. And I'm like, great, fantastic. I can, I'm happy to go to the YMCA and climb there. You go in and look. It's this little tiny room. It's like 20 foot tall. It's like super close, like super small. And then on the on the side of it is the hours, right? And the hours are in there. And they're like, it's just like an hour and a half per day for like five out of seven days. And then 
the worst part, the part that threw me for the loop the most was um, that's labeled uh, open climb and then there's adult climb, which means it's that those, those three five hour those, or those five three hour segments or whatever they are that they're open. It's just going to be children. It's not going to be like real climbing at all. It's just going to be little children getting belayed I, on it for the first I just time. Imagine you in there. You've got like your chalk. You know, right? like, <laughs> you've got your climbing gear, and then there's little kids just swinging around on the ropes and stuff, getting in your way. Yep. So that that was a bit of a bummer. We'll have to see. But uh, I watched a a YouTube video about like grip strength on one of those like uh, power wrestler not power wrestlers power lifting channels uh on youtube and he went to a climbing gym and this guy's like six two and built like a brick shit house like was it buff dudes no it was some other guy i, I saw it in the rec- recommended for you section so i checked I it out it and uh oh you saw this he was like yeah. uh okay i'm gonna you know go to this climbing gym and bring this strength, not strength, uh, grip training things where you basically attach weights. I'm sure Filthy knows exactly what I'm talking about. You attach like a straight uh, metal dowel, you know, a, a rod to these weights that you put on it. And then it's just a little circle at the top that you can't grab with your whole hand. You have to almost pick We've it up. Doing a lot of- like if you were like a Gatorade cap sized thing. Like if you were just picking up the Gatorade cap pinch. by the cap, it's a pinch move. And okay. you have to see how much you can lift. And this dude was the size of the three climbers combined. Yeah. And two of the three climbers, or maybe it was just one of the three, I, mean, I think it was two of the three climbers were able to do the same amount he could with grip. And this dude said he was like 230, shredded, enormous. And one of the guys was like 5'9", 140. Just teeny, I thought one of them was 110. Oh, 110. Yeah, it was yeah, something they were, ridiculous. They were literally half his size, but, mm-hmm. but like they... You know, that muscle yeah. in particular was strong as fuck. Yeah, he even and, showed their hands next to each other. He was like, you know, having a big hand is going to help you with this grip thing. And his hand itself was 50% bigger than the guy who was 110 pounds. And still the 110-pound guy was picking up the same amount. It was really an eye-opening thing of like, fuck, rock climbing actually really makes you, your grip strong. Hand jobs must be terrible for you off oh. the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always have to be a little careful. You don't want to ever squeeze too tight. Cause and damage. just the calluses, you know, you're like, <laughs> how about just your mouth again, honey? You know, <laughs> uh, have you ever tested yourself with something like that? Filthy just to see uh, just what you could squeeze do. Squeeze it till it pops. You're saying not the cock. <laughs> 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 just really get those veins popping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I've never done anything. I've never tested it for something like that, but I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the things that you're thinking. Not, I'm not thinking about it like that. I mean, I, I climb to stay fit. I don't, train to climb better if that makes sense like you see the people who are like super gung-ho into it are training to get better at climbing and for me the the fun of it is this is a workout that i like um but definitely you're worried you're you're aware of the uh weight weight to strength is a big thing there so like some of the best climbers are not necessarily the biggest guys they're often smaller guys and they're guys who are very lean for their their muscle and because they're just they have super good like surprisingly children are really good climbers a lot of times because their strength to weight is like out of control compared to to like an yeah. adult of that size. A lot of times yeah. the, the very, very elite on the women's side are kids. Yeah. Huh. yeah. What's, what's, the, even, what's the yeah. highest you've climbed like, like on, a, on a rock face? So um, as so you get so for, for me, what, what I've found is if you're going three times a week, you're improving, you're going twice a week, you're about maintaining. And if you're going once a week, you're getting worse for for me for working out there. Um, 
just this last summer, I got pretty big into it. I go in phases, like I'm always climbing, but I, I get phases about how psyched I am about it and how like regularly I'm going, like if I'm going three times a week or two times a week style thing. The last that I just came back from, I was doing 511Cs were about what I was comfortable climbing. If I'm doing like a, a D, 11Ds that are starting to be a bit of a challenge, that kind of range is what I'm climbing at. Yeah, you're speaking Chinese. Yeah, so they, they rate them. Um, they're all five something. The higher the number after the five, the the more difficult they are. Um, I'm by no means a great climber, but, um, that was what I was climbing at. Those are a challenge for me, but kind of look height is that? Cause like as an amateur, the thi- what I look oh, it's at, not a I, height I, thing. what do the rocks look rate. like when they do that? Like, are they little pebbles that don't have flat tops? Yes. They're little tiny. I mean, it depends. So there's different types. It's interesting because I hadn't even thought about how do I explain difficulties to someone who isn't climbing very much for this. Um, so there's a lot of things, a lot of it is going to be repeated fingers. So, so the way they rate these things is you'll rate them on the hardest move generally, but a lot of the types, especially when you're in the gyms, it's about sustain, right? So it's about each set of each of these moves all the way up, especially if it's on a shorter wall, because they'll cram it into that. It's about a series of difficult moves to do. So a lot of times you can do a set of moves if you're taking a break in between, for example, or if you're doing it out of seat, like if you're if you're doing a couple of them breaking or hanging for a minute or doing a couple more or something like that, that might be because the route is essentially too hard for you because it's rated too hard consistently across that. You can do any individual move, but you can't and do like three or four of them in a row. Um, when you're getting at, like that level for me, I mean, always as that's the whole point of having these different ratings is as you're climbing, they're going to be hard for you. So how do I answer how hard they are? I don't know. They're going to be hard. Like there's little tiny, there's little tiny holds, but oftentimes it's positioning and movement as body balance. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's a, stuff like that. How so realistic is, is get... the movie Cliffhanger? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, trick right. is to get Hulk or Taylor down there belaying you and just hoist you to the top of the wall, climb after climb. I could do any He's of He's not going to get any better. Next All time right. you guys are in Chicago, <laughs> look me up. We'll go climbing. There's some really cool gyms in Chicago. We'll bring you. It's, it's a, such a fucking amazing sport. So if you're ever interested, just let me know. I, right, anyway. I mean, that, that YouTube video uh, really made me want to try it because it's one of those things that, like, like the, the little guys were so much better than the huge guy. And it makes sense. The huge guy is stronger than all three of them combined, but he's also pulling up an extra hundred pounds of muscle on every little thing. Whereas you watch like the lithe skinny guy, like, like I always pictured like good climbers as like just basically running up the wall, like those goats. Like I'm sure some <laughs> can do that, but it was more impressive to see like the meticulousness and decisions they were making of like smoothly moving their feet around the side. Oh, how do I grab this? Let me think for a sec. Oh, I'll have to angle my weight backwards to make sure that I can walk up this way because if I were to try to attack it head on, there's nothing to grip. And it was like, it sounds so novel, but that like the weightlifting guy was baffled, like trying to do one of those uh, lines where you was climbing. He's like, what am I supposed to grab onto? What? What? There's nothing to grab onto. And the guy yeah. goes, here, do this. You have to lean back on it as you're going to like use your own weight to give you some some grip. And it was like, oh, that's that makes sense. And that also looks impossible. And then you just jettison yourself to the other side. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's where you lose me. Yeah, and you're gonna do some. Of, some of them are gonna be. Some of the routes are hard because the moves are physically taxing. And a lot of times, if they're real overhung, and you're doing a lot of those in succession, and they're hard moves with weak grips, so you're you're spending a lot of effort on each of them. That's one way that they can make a route hard. Another way it can make a route hard is the balance and the positioning. So it sounds like you know, like the guys who are super like strong guys are not gonna be sweat. I mean, if they just have jugs all the way up, like big deep grips that are you know, potentially overhung, that's not going to be such a big deal for them. But if you're looking at some of the skill and finesse of the the sport, where it's going to be body positioning, it's going to be weight distribution, it's going to be where they're pulling from, it's going to be grip strength, then those routes are going to be particularly hard for people who aren't doing that a lot. 
and yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't. You're saying the short guys. I get some advantages out of having. I'm six two, and I have a fairly decent reach. Oh, no, not so. short guys. I was meaning like live, like yeah, skinny, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, lean. Power, power to weight again. Yep, yeah, yeah. You know who's curious, like, better at this than you'd expect? My son Colin is fairly good at it. He's been bouldering for like seven years now, yeah. and uh, you know, like, so my my son has special needs, and it's easy to think that he, like, it's easy to underestimate him. But then he goes on the wall and you see his form and his belly's right up against it and everything is perfect. And you're like, huh, he's actually good. And that's Colin. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. What other yeah. muscle groups are you getting benefit to other than like, I guess, forearms for grip strength? Yeah, so... Um, but other than that, I'm thinking I never of, thought about it. I, don't, I guess I, I don't do weightlifting like you guys are doing it. So I'm not thinking of like training groups of that. I can think about talk about where I get sore and where I'm thinking about in that. You see it in the back and shoulders and neck a lot. You see it core. Core is real solid uh, for climbing. So a lot of core work for that. I mean, a lot of when you're talking about them going slowly, for example, like that is a lot of that is because you don't want to swing your weight rapidly on these things. So a lot of the stuff is a balance as you slowly shift your weight to that while you're hanging on to some ridiculous thing that you shouldn't humanly be able to possibly mm -hmm. hang on to. And that that those are going to be a lot of core stuff, a lot of um, fine-tuned stuff like that. Yeah. Do so. you ever watch monkey videos on YouTube and be like, God, we're not even good at this? Yeah. <laughs> not not often, but I can't say that. Yeah, I've had that thought. Like, you watch some of these other animals climb, you're like, huh. Yeah. But it changes the way you look at things. Like, when I first started getting into it, it'd be these things. Like, you go outside and, like, you're like, I could climb that. You're, like, looking at a building. <laughs> you know, like, you're, like, parking garages. It's always that way. Any, like, apartment building where it's, you know, like... There's just the layers of stuff. I, I have, since I've been climbing, multiple times climbed into an apartment of mine that I've locked myself out of, like climbed up a balcony and climbed into it. I'm like, yep. I did it once with, uh, we were visiting, we were up vacationing somewhere with my wife's parents and her grandfather was on oxygen and they had the key to the room, the, the hotel room wasn't working. And he like locked himself out of that. And I Need your oxygen, it, Gramps. I'm going climbing. I, just, I, <laughs> I climbed up to the side. It was the second story. Like, and I climbed up and op went in through our balcony and unlocked it on the inside. Felt like a badass for that. I'm like, yeah, climbing. <laughs> See, that is pretty so. badass. I would have had to be like, God. All right, call a locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, can't you scale the facade? No. Tess, you, did no. you still no, have a ladder? No, there's no way. I'll climb on that guy's car hood, I'll dent it, and then I'll have to apologize after the locksmith arrives. So I'll just wait. <laughs> those, uh, those guys who do free climbing, uh, and sp more specifically the ones who do free climbing for like speed records, yeah. nothing gives me sweaty palms like watching those guys go up a rock face where there aren't any holes. It's just like there's a crack. There's just mm -hmm. like, a, like, like one sheet of rock is overlaid onto another kind of thing and there's a crack between them and he's sort of like reaching in and pulling back and then just running up the thing mm -hmm. it's it's terrifying when i see that i don't recall a, where the guy was climbing or what his name was i remember that he was scandinavian or european or something like that a and lot like of people do that yeah the yeah. inside of the guy's house was a rock wall like like he had like these big vaulted ceilings and the entire ceiling was covered with holes with holds and he just spent his time up there like batman upside down practicing <laughs> And and he had like practiced this speed run. I don't remember how many times, but it was at least a dozen or more before he like broke the record. And and still like the the this massive speed record that he set was like three or four hours, whereas normally they would do it in like a day and a half. It was one of those things where like they get like three quarters of the way up and they put one of those hammocks that hangs off the rock face and sleep. And then yeah, we'll finish tomorrow when we're not so tired. And then this guy is just running up it like Batman. I that's yeah. terrifying. Do you follow that's it enough, Filthy? Do they die a lot? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> like not like I mean, so I, I don't follow it a ton, but I, I am like on I think our climbing and some other like Reddit things like that. And you see the posts, a lot of posts. A lot of times it's not that. I mean, you do see people die from free soloing, but a lot of times it's just gear related stuff. A lot of people do like they repelling off stuff. They haven't they, they forget that the end of the rope where the end of the rope is the rappel mm -hmm. off shit or gear. Not That's so what I would failing. never It's almost forget. always human error. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's surprisingly easy to do shit like that. Like, like, is there so, not on it? I guess not. But you can you can do that. But <laughs> I like, guess not. So, <laughs> so know, one of the things you're trying to do when you climb outdoors, make a post. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you're trying to do when you climb outdoors is you're trying to do as little wear and tear on the rock in the gear that's fixed to the rock. I do a lot of sport climbing, so mm -hmm. that's that's outdoor stuff where there's fixed bolts in there, and then the top there'll be protection of some sort. So you climb up, clipping to your bolts, and then you're basically running rope through that. But what you're not supposed to do is you're not supposed to run weighted rope through gear fixtures like that because if enough people run weighted rope through that they'll damage the gear and it, you can see it you'll find these places with these metal bolts and there'll be little indents in them where the rope has worn away the what, steel a weighted rope is that a heavy rope or a rope that's been tested or it's a rope with someone on it which is oh okay. it's, it's okay. a rope with weight on it so one of the things you do with that is as you climb up you basically you transfer gear over and then drop the rope with no weight on it then you rappel down it so there's no movement of the rope over that and it protects the gear but to do that you come off of belay entirely so you're up there you're switching from the rope which is belayed you to get up there which is your safety to a fixed thing generally um what am I looking for? I can't even think of the word of right now. Basically a cordage that you're using to attach to that gear. And then you drop your rope, then you get back on the rope, and then you go down it. But that requires you make two switches. And the switches you go from your rope to the protection you just set up, and then you go back from the protection to the rope. And that's so, two chances to fuck up and die. So did and you people learn, do that. Did you learn more knots from climbing or from bondage? Uh, bondage, definitely. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of knots in climbing that I need to use. I don't do a lot of setting up my own gear, so mostly you just need to know your your basic, you know, uh, figure, double figure eight to tie into that. And yeah, so bondage, you're gonna need a lot more knots. You gotta tie people <laughs> to people, people to things, things to people, Truckers, things into people. Knots, half hitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot more for bondage for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, I can see somebody Great. new to bondage with a bunch of ratchet straps. Like, I can't figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> no one seems to like it when I do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I don't do it, but I follow wingsuiting, and those guys die a ton. People think yeah, wingsuiting... so cool and so scary. People think wingsuiting is dangerous. It's really not. It's proximity wingsuiting that it brings yeah. all the danger. There's a whole group of people. Richard Ryan's one of them who only does it high in the air. And that stuff's, you know, it's okay. It's, people don't die too much. But, man, when you talk about skimming across the surface, it's really easy to just get it wrong. Oh, th those guys, you mean, there's that video we watched... On a PKA at some point, the guy who's like weaving in and out of a forest, like there's like a so forest cool. path, and mm. it's really cool looking, but I also just want to like, be like, what, does your mom know you're doing this? <laughs> like, does your family, do you, does your wife, do your kids, like, what are you, this isn't Diddy Kong Racing, motherfucker, like, that's a real oak tree, or a real pine tree, right there, you're gonna crash yeah. it, it's like, it oh, so just, cool, it, it would like... be, it would be almost as much fun for him to just do it the way Woody just described, but that's not good enough for this adrenaline junkie. Oh, but at least I their know. kids will have a t cool story to tell their classmates about how their dad died. Dude, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> they look like, like I, they look like Iron Man or, or a superhero or something, and, and they 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 have so much maneuverability, and they're going so fast. When you consider they're just a person with nothing strapped to them, right? You know, I I think it's like 150 miles wings. per hour or something crazy like that. It's 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 terrifying.
Don't they have like <laughs> an absolutely terrible like high, like what is it called a glide ratio? How far you can get on that? Yeah. Is it like you're you're it's basically controlled falling more than I feel like it is. Yeah, but they pick really <laughs> ideal spots to do it where yeah. the sort of the the decline sort of matches their glide ratio, so they they can seemingly go for ten minutes or something like that while being thirty meters above trees and rock faces and such. What what they yeah. Is in my world is speed flying. I, I have a video. It's queued nine seconds in because one of those channels GoPro so many intros. But let's watch this for forty seconds or so. I think it is as crazy as speed flying. Uh, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Three, yeah. two, one, play. So I have my muted because I'm betting there's like music on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm muting it. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, this bozo's. Yeah. Got a got a parasail. That, that's oh, yeah, it, it's a paraglider like I fly with, except it's smaller. And of course, he's doing proximity stuff, so he's just a little bit away from death all the time. Oh, this is so stupid and not <laughs> nearly as fun as the paragliding. <laughs> like, like his legs would be shattered into a dozen pieces each if he were to make. He'd never uh, walk again. You know, I want, I want all the danger of flying without the fun. Well, this is a great <laughs> hobby for you. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Like, I do. I, there's nothing in here that I don't do regularly. I just do it at three thousand feet. Yeah, where there's no danger of of dying. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. the danger is a, a, a tiny percentage. Like like any mis when he did that barrel roll, I'm mm -hmm. assuming it was. Yep, that's exactly it. For for one thing, it was the reason he did it was to look cool, and that's a stunner, whatever. But also, he lost altitude when he did that. You know, because the the shoot was upside down for a moment. He had to know that, like, I'll lose just enough altitude that I won't die, <laughs> but it'll still look cool. Like, like, I don't get it. This yeah. looks very fun. This is this, this looks exhilarating, but really, yeah. Oh come almost, on! I've almost, see... I've, I've almost died climbing. I, I this to me like the wingsuit stuff looks fucking amazing. That looks to me like you're like so, you're so close to flying. Right. Like this just feels like this feels unnecessarily risky to me for something that probably isn't that much more fun. It's almost like you're doing it for this. Is, it feels like you're doing it for the camera. This yeah. to me. Well, he is. If I want this amount of fun and risk, I'll buy an alligator off the deep web. This is retarded. Uh, Th these are the kind of people like this proximity flying where like when they die, I don't have a modicum of empathy. You oh. knew exactly what you were doing. Oh, it, it's like if someone was like, yeah, I have a hobby. You know, I play Magic the Gathering. I play video games. I juggle rattlesnakes. Um, I do quite a few. <laughs> it's like, what? What do you do? Uh, it's just an exhilarating thing. You know, you see, you see the bite coming down. It's a really loud experience. They're always the coming at you. I of snakes with my penis. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. You know, you're just really living on the edge. But only the constrictors. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I see how it grows, though. Right? Like, like to use your analogy, it's like first you stick your dick down like a boa or something, and it's not that big a deal because they don't have the kind of teeth, and 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 they're not, you know, they. And then you stick your dick down something else that eats rats, and eventually you're fucking venomous snakes because, like, you know, like, yeah, my skill level is now appropriate for you know cobras and uh, and rattlesnakes. Snakes ab just like a, you know, PSA to everyone. Snakes absolutely have teeth. They do. Uh, do yes. not stick your penis in a snake, people. No. But I, 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 I made this Wait, up, perhaps. What? But I feel like there's it's different been a while kinds since I've been of on teeth. PK last, but you yeah, but the constrictors have more teeth. 
Constrictors have like a gripping set of teeth to hold mm -hmm. them in place as they're getting crushed. They don't have yeah. like the, the and they're know, like curved backwards to help draw the prey down their throat. Yeah. It's the venomous snakes that don't have a lot of teeth, except for the two fangs that inject all the Those poison. Those are the ones in. that I worry about. I feel like they're incompatible with my penis. Whereas there's probably some herbivore snake that would be kind of nice. There are there, no herbivores. There are no <laughs> I'm choking Wait, the shit out of out there, like, bush. Berries? Are you telling me I've been fucking salamanders all this time with my tiny penis? <laughs> it's just a little. It's just a snake with a with a path of ruined berries. <laughs> Those snakes did not last long. Snake. Shh, quiet, quiet, quiet. That's a shrub snake. Look at it. It's crushing that shrub. You know, this... God, why would you? No. No, all snakes eat animals. <laughs> I didn't I'm know that. Sure. I'm not sure. I'm a thousand percent sure there are no herbivore snakes. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. extraordinary. Oh, yeah, that's that lion that eats leaves. They call it the gardener snake because it eats radishes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Sure, it's not garter snake. No, 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 no. <laughs> garter, you hate you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, as a, so Kyle's right, and it, based on my quick Google search, I don't think there's even any omnivore snakes. Every one of them is pure carnivore. I didn't know that. Yep. Yes, most uh, most reptiles are like that. Well, I'm going to keep my dick out of them then. Mm. Or no, most reptiles aren't like that. Just most snakes <sighs> are like that. I thought he liked me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it just oh. feels like this, this is, and I think it's going to be different for different people, but this is one level that's too close to death for my exhilaration, right? And I know this shit, I know that as you do these things, you get better at them, like that, that, that moves away almost as quickly as you approach it, as your skill level improves with this. But when you get to a point where there's just so much shit that can go wrong outside of your control all the time, I think this when I'm rock climbing, there's, I have had rocks break out, break on me as I'm climbing them. I've had, you know, water, like, water on the side of the rock and my foot slips off and pops off. I have, you know, fallen numerous times when I am well within my comfort zone and not expecting a fall and have that happen. Any of those will that kill you if you're doing that without. Yeah. Yeah. You only get one strike. It's like, oh, you'll get better and better at it the more you do it. It's like, well, if on time four, you get a little overconfident, there's not going to be a time five. Yeah. You in that have? moment where your foot slips or your grip slips or whatever, do you have that massive rush of adrenaline? You, do you <gasps> just pull your chest? Just, <gasps> like, so it like, depends. Different types of climbing like that for different things. Lead climbing is um, – so I do a lot of top roping in the gym. So the, the ropes will already be up or um, you know, someone else, or out, outdoors you, you, you do lead climbing where you're climbing above your rope. And the falls are different. When you fall when – when your rope is above you and you fall, the falls are fairly short. When you're climbing above your rope, you fall the distance you are above your last point plus – you do that twice, basically, because you have yeah. the extension above the point, and then you have to fall to the bottom of that. Those falls are longer and, and deeper falls, and they feel different when you're doing that. And there's definitely, for me, a different fear response based on that type of fall. When you I fall think in the harness, how painful is that? Not, not painful at all. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's a lot of people aren't worried about that. A lot of people find no difference. A lot of people find difference between lead climbing and not lead climbing, but some people do it enough that it really isn't a big deal for them. Like leading is for them similar. For me, I don't do it. I do it when I'm outdoors and I do it sometimes in the gym. I do lead climbing. So a lot of time I'm just top roping. For me, it's a different experience. I'm a worse climber on lead climbing than I am on top roping because it's enough in my head as I'm doing it that it impacts me negatively. To me, like the free climbing would be the terrifying thing because I've been in one of those climbing harnesses before 
uh, and I've I've used like really good climbing rope before, and I just have supreme confidence in both. Like like I I, I hung upside down in a climbing harness, and it's like I'm not gonna fall out of this. I would have to I would have to try to like slip out of this thing. Like I would have to want it to happen. How does happen. it fit on? So it obviously goes around your two legs. And then what else is there? So it has a waist strap. It, the harness is around your waist, and then it has basically stuff around the legs. But the legs isn't particularly tight. So it's the waist that's doing all the holding you in for that, basically. Yeah. So, but yeah. you're not sitting like on your inner thighs? Like if you sit in the mm. harness? Not really. It's, oh. you, you get a little pain on the thighs, but not, not much. Well, not it doesn't really. have to be painful. Like, like okay, on, on a paramotor, there's two straps that come like sort of on either side of your nuts and click to the sides of your hips. And it's not painful at all to sit in those. You could sit in them for 15 minutes, I think. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I told I, you about the time I almost died climbing, right? I've told this story before here. I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I I'd have forgotten so. by now. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm filthy. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I was doing the climb, right? And it was morning climb, first climb of the day. Uh, we were at a, down in uh, southern Illinois climbing at um, Jackson Falls. And uh, I had a guidebook for this. And so I'm looking for a climb that's within my skill level that, you know, a warm-up climb, not too big a deal. We find what we think is that climb, but they've added climbs to this area since the guidebook was written. So I'm actually climbing something that I'm not familiar with. I uh, hadn't climbed before and uh, wasn't the route I thought I was climbing. It was much harder than the route I was thought I was climbing. And again, the bolts are on the wall. So your first bolt's maybe 20 foot up, 15 foot up. That's your first piece of protection. Um, and then as you keep climbing, you know, there may be another one every 10, 15 foot, maybe a little bit further, depending on how good the protection is. Mm -hmm. So I get to the first bolt and I clip in and I'm like, this is harder than I was expecting. Um, but whatever, I'm going to go for it. I clip into that and I'm going for the next one. And I'm at the max extension now. So I'm at the second bolt. I've climbed up there and it's an overhang and it's fucking hard. And I am like at the edge of my strength, like if I'm going to make this clip or not. And clipping is a little bit strenuous because you're you're reaching the rope up to clip into something above and beyond just the move. And I'm hanging doing this. And I, in my mind, I'm sitting there like, you know, it's just a lead fall. I've already, I've already clipped in. I'll fall. It'll be fine. It's not that big a deal. I'm not sure if I'm going to make this. And I almost let go once or twice. And I'm like, you know, this, whatever, it'll be fine. And I, I decide just for whatever fucking reason, I'm like, I'll just try one more time. And I'm clipping it and I get it and I sink it. And I just sit back on the harness and say, take, and I'm fine. And I look down and I had, un, I had, somehow fucked up my first piece of protection clip. Shit. So the one beneath me, so the one at 20 foot isn't clipped, the one I think I have protection. I'm now at yeah. 30 or 40 foot, right? Yeah. Over, on rock, over rock. With yeah. no knowledge that I, I made a decision based on information that was wrong. Yeah. To, 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 and I almost, I, 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 in my head, I can go back to that moment. I was within... I don't know how you describe that milliseconds, moments, whatever, whatever that decision is, how close I was. It was like a 51 point, you know, a 50.0001 versus a 49.99999 to, mm -hmm. to decide to tough it out and hit that clip versus not do that because I was in my mind totally protected and it would just have been a lead fall and a lead fall is not a big deal. And there were people watching, you know, who were part of my party who didn't warn me. And they told me after they didn't warn me because they were worried that it would freak me out if I knew I wasn't protected that and it would cost me that i don't know i'm actually not sure about that it would have freaked me the fuck out because i was on the yeah very but then you would have been dedicated to getting that hook in but is that a better thing i know i climb worse when i'm on lead than i do when i'm on top rope because it's in my head would Could that they, have been like, the difference between not making it because i was in my fucking head because i didn't know i was on protection or maybe climbing down isn't that always an option Possibly, maybe I could have down climbed a little bit or, or something. Or they could have but... climbed up and like secured you or something. I, I uh, don't know. Like, like just being like, well, he'll either die or he won't. Don't worry. <laughs> I would have wanted to know. I, 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 I processed know. it because I definitely understand your viewpoint, right? You know, like it, it, 
I, I call it in paramotor and being like in the yellow or in the red, you know, you, you might be half the pilot you are. Otherwise, if you're a little freaked out, you know, if they've iced the kicker and uh, I could see how that would happen to you. But I think I'd want to know because you might take risk. Like you, you were like, hey, it's no big deal. I can fall. It's good that you know you can't. I yeah. think. Yeah. What, what, Maybe. What if you made the I, decision I of just dropping it? I don't know. I don't know. In retrospect, I still don't know. If you were in that moment, ask me. Like, if you ask me now, what I what do I want from that? I'm pretty happy that I didn't fall and that I clipped it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would want anything to change that because of how fucking close it was in my head whether or not I made that clip. Yeah. Like, they would have felt terrible if you had internally made the opposite decision and they had to watch you shatter on the rocks 40 feet below. Yeah. We got you. We got you. No, he's dead. I, don't <laughs> I haven't been back to that route. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember exactly how high up it was. I know it was two clips up and two clips up on an outdoor route. Uh, any of these places tends to be pretty big fall. I don't know. Do people survive those heights for falls? Yeah. People survive heights from those, those types of falls all the time. But I don't know if I would have survived there and I don't know. How much damage would have happened? No, I don't. I don't. Oh my rock god! You'd have died. You'd have died. Yeah. So. Jeez. Yeah. So, anyways, for me, that that one always comes back when I think about like one of like a near death experience for me, and also when I think of like climbing safety. When I'm looking, so I feel when I watch climbers climb, when I watch like extreme climbing videos or something, anytime I watch anyone climb, and generally actually with height stuff, I my feet tingle. Like I get uh, like a tingle up the, the the sole of my foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it's like this it's it's, it's sympathetic uh, firing right because when you're climbing you do a lot of gripping with your feet and you're in the climbing shoes of, of that I basically my body like responds to the visual stimuli of that with the kind of like response it's not a fear response that one but it, it's it's physically noticeable when I'm watching climbing a lot of with that. people yeah. that don't climb like me think that doesn't happen to climbers you know I might get that looking over a balcony in a fairly safe environment like that sense oh of- no not the fear response like i get don't get, I, don't get me wrong i get fear responses with uh with climbing like uh-huh. I, I get the identical fear response with um with leading when i'm above my rope as i do i got i got pierced one time like two uh, uh pole style pierces piercing like big fucking uh, oh, we're talking decorative skin piercing no i'm talking you put weight on it you hang off them um so i got pierced those and that the fear of getting pierced like that was the same fear for me i get the same fear sweat of that when i lead climb but no i'm not talking a fear response with the feet tingling that's just like a pure body like physical response of when i'm climbing my feet would be doing xyz style kind of i can't be the only one that doesn't understand this piercing thing i I think i know what he's what he's saying It, it like those videos on youtube or they used to have it on like fucking discovery channel or whatever the hell is it one of those that. things where like they hook you through your flesh and they yeah, yeah. suspend Ever seen you a hook pull, like by... a native american like sundance style stuff like a hook yeah. pull yeah it's time to go on a vision quest yeah Wait, you did that yeah on purpose they hooked through your flesh i wasn't sure like because we're it's I in the context sleep, i woke up and someone was like it's yeah, in no. the context of a climbing accident and he's like you know i got pierced one time and I, i'm afraid that'll happen <laughs> and i'm like the fuck like no he's get... waking up in jigsaw's compound so what was that like were you just hooked twice through the chest where were all the hooks and what was the yeah, suspension so like I didn't do a suspension, so I uh. put weight on it and pulled and pulled on them and pulled against other people and pulled against inanimate objects and had I've done that a couple Hang times. Some cans Never of done paint. a suspension. Say what? Hang a can of paint, maybe. No, I don't tend to. Uh, there's lots of people who do that. I know what you're talking about. They put like fruits through it or hang stuff off of it. But no, I haven't done that in of itself. But no, tried that. I found it to be. Um, 
I don't want to sell it short for people who enjoy that. Um, a lot of people around me found that very relaxing and very like therapeutic. But for me, um, I found it a very hard way to get the same buzz I'd get off of half a six pack. So I found that to be, I have a very hard time. Right. You gotta be hanging from a mesquite tree for a no, day it or took two. Fucking, it took fucking forever to get there. Like you pull it, you're like, this fucking hurts. This fucking hurts. And you do that like until like, it still fucking hurts, but you're also kind of riding that endorphin. So it's a different style shit. And I, is it there takes any you know, long ass time to get that way. So is there any fear doing it? Because when I watch those videos, I haven't seen the kinds you're talking about, like the leaning and like tug of war, which is what it sounds like. But yeah, I've yeah. watched the ones where it's like the guy like laying back and he's just got hooks all through him and he's hanging there. Yeah. What is there no fear of like your skin just tearing through or like so they do I, occasionally... I never understood the appeal. Yeah, they do occasionally tear through. Um, generally not if they're pierced well. Generally the depth uh, uh, and the skill of the piercer will make that less of a thing. But sometimes, um, depends on how you do it. If you do it with supervision, people are going to be like, okay, you need to stop because you're going to tear that if you do it. Um, yeah, you don't want to get pierced by a carny or something. Like, all right, <laughs> keep your feet inside. Hey, come here. Let me hook you. Where are you going? <laughs> I just feel like the, the, uh, I feel like the guide quote unquote, for this kind of event would be the kind of dude who has like two ball bearings implanted on his temples yep. or yeah, like on the top of, of his head or something. And he's There's got like a lot a, of... his, his tongue is bifurcated. And it's like, I don't trust you to do anything. Look what you've done with your life, sir. Yeah. So <laughs> Chest um... full of scars. Yeah. So yes, actually a lot of times there tends to be a lot of overlap with the body mod community for sure. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen suspensions of like tattoo parlors style stuff. And I've also seen them for like more of the ritualist stuff. I've seen it with like the more spiritual stuff. I've seen it a couple different ways for that. But yeah, a lot of times the guy who's doing the piercing is, I, I actually think that would be for me, that's comforting. <laughs> the guy, he's done a lot of piercing. Yeah. Like, that's a good thing. You, you want the guy who's familiar with, you don't want some <laughs> squeamish guy like, all right. Um, yeah. Because yeah. for, for a lot of that reason, you know, I don't want to rip chunks out of my chest particularly. Like for I sure. prefer to that be. And, uh, and yes, it is for me. That's the scary part is getting the piercing. It's much the getting the piercing is the scariest part of that because for me, it's the most pain. Did it of leave it. a scar? Uh, yeah, little little. It's like two white dots, and I have a couple on there. They look like little, just like a white dot on a couple of my parts of my chest for the the entrance and exit of the the, the needle. Huh. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty fucking like, hard. Now that you're explaining it, I do think I would rather have the bifurcated tongue guy doing it because I was picturing who else would be guiding it, and you don't want a guy to come out in a tie who's like, "I'm head of accounting at Deloitte on the weekends. I do this," and so and it's like, like you what, want. What if his other job is like plastic surgeon? It's funny because I the guy one of the guys who does does this or runs this uh, there's an organization called Edgewalkers uh, and uh, they do uh, a lot of this and they do it all over the country and one of the guys who leads the organization is Elwood uh, he's a lawyer and he has a forked tongue and he has piercings all over him so and it is hilarious you're like what's his other job he's a fucking lawyer. <laughs> Your Honor, they asked me to put the hooks in them. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he sound normal with the? I don't know the word bifurcated tongue. Like, did, did, there you go. Did, yeah, yeah. Did he pronounce yeah. all the words properly, or did he have a list? Even better, he yeah. can pronounce words you wouldn't even. Can you spell it back? <laughs> <laughs> My hourly rate is okay. half. He's a great guy. So, but did, did, did could you just by listening would you know that his tongue was abnormal? Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. Maybe a little bit, maybe sometimes, but most of the time, no, no. Hmm. Why did he, what's the rationale for doing that, cutting your tongue in half? I, I, I would imagine, and, and this is just my mind, that you would be much better at oral sex uh, if, if you had that going on. Um, I, I, I'm sure that a lot of them just want to be unique, though. And 
Yeah, he's a big body mod guy. They do like he's um, you know American Primitive Movement. Like, uh, what's his last name? I just know his first name because he's a friend of a friend. Not, uh, Fik- I'm not familiar with American Primitive. Oh my god, I'm. I don't want to say his name wrong on a publication. So let me just. <laughs> it's it's cool. Nah, he he would just join the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, It'd be a whole montage of me and then you make a guest entry. There it is, <laughs> Right. I just wanted to make sure I was saying that right. So this is an American primitive movement that kind of brought back a lot of this. Um, this has been I don't know 30, 40 years, 40, 50 years of this. A lot of body mod stuff with this. A lot of extreme piercing, ritual related stuff um, for this. And this is kind of the descendants of that teaching is where I encountered it like that. I don't know. It's fairly, it's fairly interesting stuff. It doesn't do a lot for me. I find it a lot of work and a lot of effort for the altered state that you're, you're looking for. Yeah. And getting I, a sweat lodge if you're, if you're going to go hardcore. That's, yeah, that's and, You've, and have I'm you not done a that? spiritual guy. I haven't done a sweat lodge. No, I'm not a spiritual guy. So like for me, it's like, I understand if we're chasing a body experience. Sure. I, I like alcohol. I understand about chasing a body experience. I like sex. Sex is a body experience, right? Like this just doesn't surprise me that there's mm-hmm. another way to do other extreme body experiences. And I know people who are thrilled on these, who like love their suspensions and love their hook suspensions. And it's just, mm-hmm. never is, really... is any part of you think like, ah, this is a little bit like self-harm or self-destructive or nah, do you think it's think more it's... like what they're looking to get out of it? I feel like this, to me, this is why we segued from extreme sports. I mean, this is some of the research that I did in graduate school. And my wife still does. This is looking at um, extreme ritual as another type of, extreme experience that people seek out and go towards in a similar vein to things like extreme sports. So to me, the segue was very similar. It's a way of doing those extreme body experiences, but without the risk and without the harm, which is crazy because you think yeah. you get needles shoved in themselves. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't generally think any of that is related to self-harm. Like you might find the people cut themselves and like, that's a totally different thing. The people doing these at these events aren't generally there for those reasons. So, okay. I, I yeah. don't have an opinion either way. I don't know shit about these communities, but it's, I know it's not for me. I can say, like, when I've seen Tried those it? specials on, like, Nat Geo. Do I need to? And it shows a bunch of yep. people in, like, a backyard. Really? Like, Kyle, you, Kyle, are you unsure this, if it's for you or not? I had this conversation, right? We were um, I could definitely see the appeal in it. I would want to do, um, like, like the old Native American-style thing where, like, yes, you, you suspend yourself fully and go on, like, a, a, a spirit journey. Like, like, you actually, like, sort of hallucinate i suppose but but you go you, you have a whole like an out of body almost experience from the whole thing i feel and, like and I'm, there's this I'm great sorry. guy i know well go ahead go on what he said i was gonna say like if there is if there is some opportunity to do like a drug-based out of body experience i'd be way more down for that than a piercing based one but mm-hmm. you're presumably you you're enjoying the flying, right? You've been doing that type of stuff. And presumably there's some like body, like physi- physiological response. You're doing some sort of probably adrenaline stuff and probably some enjoyment of that. There's like, you're chasing a body high of a type there anyways. And maybe it, sure. it clearly isn't as one-to-one as that. There's going to be other things you enjoy about that. But it seems weird that you're like this one, totally not. But these other ones, maybe. Well, what you know? I think like if I was like Woody, like my thought would be, all right, I can go up and do my paramotor and get that adrenaline rush and most likely return with zero injuries, no nothing to to soothe or take care of. Whereas if I do this other thing, I have a guarantee that I'll have you know some puncture my wounds. Favorite experience of that was actually post that. I was my, like the so I did it I think three years, four years in a row, and did it once. <laughs> you kept going back. Well, yeah, because I'm like okay, so come, I want to do a couple things. Like the, I can't believe the, you've never brought this up. One of the first times I did this, right, like before that, we were sitting in a hot tub the night before. Uh, I hadn't done it before. 
and uh, I was sitting there with my wife and one of her friends, and we were sitting out there. It was an apartment complex hot tub, right? And like this, 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 these two guys came over and joined. They sat in the hot tub, and they're kind of. One of them was like a Canadian cop, and one of them was his son-in-law, and they were down there, right? And we were just chatting. They're kind of like, "Why are you in town?" And we're talking about like this, this conference. And I'm like, "One of the things I want to know is, does this cure a fucking hangover?" So we were drinking heavily in the fucking <laughs> hot tub, and I'm like, "I'm gonna let you guys know tomorrow. We'll look you up when we get back from this. I'll let you know if this cures a hangover." Um, but I gotta say, but to to no joking aside, like one of my, you're like the 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 after effects of that, it comes out pretty easy. They heal. They've healed fairly fast, little tiny scars, and the actual couple hours after that were actually the most peaceful and euphoric element of that for me for that experience physically. Like I found the actual. You knew act nobody was getting... coming to hook you again till next. Yeah, year. yeah I know. It was, like, it was like a real, like chill, like relaxed body. So you feel. I have like a hobby of, of banging my can... head against a brick wall, and when I stop, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> I didn't. It was not the absence of pain. So. <laughs> my favorite part like about a, my hobby is when I stop doing it. <laughs> Do you think you would have had uh, the spiritual aspect of it if you were a spiritual person going into it, kind of looking for that? Do you think so kind of is, not believing in that this disqualifies one, you? One of the complaints that um, we occasionally got from the community when I was back in graduate school doing research with this was that by explaining some of the physical things that were happening in the body from like BDSM or other extreme ritual stuff, that it would detract from that experience for people or take away the magic or you know, by trying to explain the woo or the spirituality of it, you're detracting from it. And that just never resonated with me as an explanation. Perhaps it's because I'm a fairly logical, rational guy. Perhaps it's because I have all the the training for logic and science and education like this. But for me, it's like, because I understand it doesn't make it worse. It doesn't remove that ability to happen. In fact, generally for me, I would assume it would facilitate that. If I understand why it's happening as it is and what's causing that and what sets it up and how to make that happen easier, then presumably I can get around a lot of the shitty elements of that by doing it better. So like you need to add like peyote and dehydration to this and really <laughs> right? go on a fucking trip. Right? Like Sounds and you're like awesome. you went back a couple of years. Yeah. I'm like the first couple of times I did it, I'm like, this is this can't be what what's all the fucking hype about this? This kind of sucks. So let's keep doing it till I figure out what the fuck is why these people are enjoying it. Because I, yeah. I bet it did cure your hangover. Because nothing would cure a hangover for me faster than a guy approaching with a sharp steel hook <laughs> going, all right, we're going to get you. I'm, the the worst second that comes out, I'm no longer hungover. It's I'm on edge. I'm, I'm like a fucking Navy SEAL, you know, laying in the Vietnam jungle. Like, I, I know I'm noticing, you know, people's blinks. <laughs> <laughs> because cause when you get the piercings done, right, like they, they warm the flesh up a little bit. There's a lot of pinching and fucking hurts a little bit style stuff. And the first one goes in, it sucks ass because it's like, you know, you can feel the hook. They're almost like hollowed hooks, hollowed out. It's like a, it's a steel rod. It looks like it's hollowed. It's like an angled thing. You can feel that going through your fucking skin. Of course. You can feel that digging through and you're like, that sensation is damaged to my body and I don't like that fucking sensation. But the worst part is right before the second one because they do it in pairs, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're doing, I mean, I suppose you don't have to always do them in pairs, but if you're doing suspensions or pulling off, they tend to do them in pairs. And it's like, you felt the first one. The first one sucked. You're like, yeah, that really fucking blows. And then the guy's like, I remember the first one where I had it done, right? He's like, all right, breathe with me. And I'm like, fuck, no, I don't want to breathe with you. Just get it through there right the fucking hell because that first one sucked ass. And I don't want to sit here anticipating it because the anticipation the anticipation was at least twice as bad as the fucking sensation. The yeah. sensation sucked, but the anticipation mm-hmm. was way worse. So, I don't know. No. Fuck. Ah, that sounds like something that I'm going to leave to you. That just sounds really not fun. Did you... Uh, <laughs> 
did you watch the more extreme people do it? Like, was this just everybody was doing what you did, or did you see like the real deal hanging from six hooks, swinging kind of thing? around like a total yeah. world? I've done data collection at a couple of these now um, with the extreme um, suspension stuff. Yeah, and some of them play on there. Like, a lot I of blood one, again. No, actually, not a lot of blood. But <laughs> I remember this one girl who went up on these, right? She got pierced and she went up there and she was playing on it. She was like swinging from it and giggling and laughing and like acting like, I mean, like for her, that was clearly she either was much more experienced with that. It was very likely the way she's doing it. She's very experienced with that. And clearly she was better about getting in the headspace to take those body sensations and go somewhere with them for me. For me, it takes me fucking forever. Well, yeah. No way that she's feeling what you're feeling as, as, you know, like, I don't know, 180 pound man versus 110 pound. I haven't done suspension. I think that would, I don't, I don't like the loss of control and I don't really like that. That pain stuff really hasn't done a lot for me physiologically. Like (laughs) I told you, the most relaxed I got from that was post those out, like mildly euphoric, just felt super chill, (laughs) super relaxed for a couple hours after. And I felt like, you know, I can have a half a six pack and do that for four bucks and a half hour, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's, not, it's a different, yeah. but, but that's clearly not the experience that a lot of these people are, are getting out of it. Or but, other but people guys, do, it. do you guys know about Natty Light? <laughs> <laughs> well, come with me. But it's a skill set, right? Leave like the it's a skill set behind. like anything else. <laughs> like, it's, it's a cheaper body too. skill set. So yeah, it's cool. Have you ever seen that? I was trying to find it here. Like that old internet picture of that dude, like, laying backwards and he's like hanging by his nutsack and his nutsack is like a foot long it's so stretched <laughs> and like his balls look like they're just concord grapes just about they're so purple do you know the image i'm talking about Chiz, yes. pull up. hey jamie uh get that image of uh nutsack uh, suspension uh, yeah yeah that's, Chiz, uh, keep searching uh, until you find it out. concord grapes c-o-n-c-o-r-d grapes if it takes the next three hours when you search testicle suspension you really get some good results yeah i don't know that i'd want to do that (laughs) well but i mean that would really put you oh that's not suspension that's just ruination yeah no he he can't sit anymore oh if you put in testicle suspension these are just underwear that help your balls stay in the where they're supposed to be that is some some of the search results do bring that yes it's probably for like the elderly. I, I I don't like this Google search. I I'm stopping. I'm tapping out already. Yeah, that that's that's very hardcore. Uh, that's very extreme. I'm surprised we haven't spoken about that before because that is one of the like like rock climbing is interesting, but but, but. <laughs> is yeah. is what you did the entry level point for that, or was there like yeah? Well, no, I, you could go. There's easier. You can do. Um, a lot of people do them. They'll weave. They'll do like they'll do a small piercing on like the arm or chest where it's it's basically fishing line. And they'll and there's like a bell on it or like a, a lime is the, the traditional oh, like Indian one is like lime stuff right like fruit of some sort I don't know quite why that is oh wouldn't lime burn um, I don't know maybe that's part of the thing I don't know but there's it a lot of absolutely would burn I've cut myself with a lime knife it burns like crazy it's not okay. fun it's acidic yeah so You're I think there are like does, lime it, does, uh, does it clean the wound or does it just hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Because I never understood that. I'm like, is this like helping right now? Is it better that I cut myself with a lime knife? Because I've done that too, making drinks. Mm. I mean, but this shit happens. Lime it? is not a disinfectant, Chiz says. Chiz, I don't believe you. Yeah, and like we'll some of this is ritual, right? Like, and the ritual is like, for me, has no appeal whatsoever. I don't give a fuck about the ritual. I don't care what religious practice has come up for it and what it, the relevance of that is. That's not relevant to me. But the, the physical elements of it were interesting to me. And I, I wanted to try it. I wanted to experience it. Like, Have you seen those guys that smoke or... I think vape is a uh, is closer. Uh, the toad, 
It wouldn't be venom. The toxin oh, off of the hallucinogenic toads. Yeah. They they <laughs> they put it in. Um, it looks a bit like a crack pipe or something like that. But it's made for this seemingly, and they sure. they vaporize the toxin from the hallucinogenic uh, toads. And the effect is many, many fold what licking one would be. And it is absolutely instantaneous. It, it, and it hilarious is, if you're not the one who did it. They, <laughs> they, they take a big hit and they hold it in their lungs like it's marijuana or something. And when they exhale, they have transcended. They, it, it is, it, they're in another planet where things are very different. The guy but don't is, say transcended because that sounds like they went to a better place. They have sure. descended into the ninth <laughs> yeah. circle of a demon universe where they <laughs> writhe around on the ground like a fish out of water while moaning, vomiting, but at the same time saying, I love you all so much. Well, that's one of some of the research that I did in graduate school was transient hyperfrontality. This is literally like some of the things you can do. Some of these are drugs. Some of these are physical states where the, the, that one, because that one you just said is one of the ones that I always found the most amusing. So transient hyperfrontality is short-term blood flow reduction, basically, right? Mm -hmm. The part of your brain that differentiates you from others loses blood flow to it as the brain diverts it elsewhere. And you literally can't, you, you, that's the feeling of oneness, feeling of togetherness is you, your brain doesn't separate it out anymore. And it and wouldn't just be me, people, it'd be with everything. Which is like, fucking like, hilarious to me. Like people are like, I feel one with the universe. I'm like, yeah, you know what's going on with that physically? It's because you turned yourself damage. a little retarded. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's not, <laughs> it'd be like smoking that, something else and you're like, I can't even read anymore. <laughs> like, like, to me, like, sure, like, just like I can animal. understand. Yeah, this, I'm like an animal. <laughs> the state is pleasant. You enjoy that state, sure, but stop attaching the bullshit to it. You didn't go anywhere. There's no, like, you didn't punch through the barrier between this world and the next world. You fucking mess with your brain chemistry. Yeah. Like, maybe. But you try telling those people that. I've had friends who did stuff like DMT, like, swear to God, like, they saw, like, real shit. And it's like, no, you haven't. Because I've talked to Ted, and he was there, and he said you peed yourself on his couch. Right. <laughs> By the way, you owe Ted a couch. Yeah. <laughs> but we're all one, man. It's just as much my couch as his. Uh, no. No. No, he's, that's not the way. You're not hiding. He's making those payments to rooms to go, just so we're all clear. You're going you're gonna to want to talk to Ted. Oh, I don't, I don't associate with people who use Rent-A-Center, Kyle. Oh, it's rooms to go, not Rent-A-Center. It's completely different. It's just a furniture store that delivers. Oh, I thought you were meaning like he hadn't. I have. I got five more payments on my couch, man. He is. <laughs> like they finance the furniture, not rent mm -hmm. it, but finance it. Different. They will, or you can pay, or you can just pay for it. Oh, I didn't but know they rented. To to me, the the nice thing about rooms to go is they've got like an entire room set up, like any other furniture store, but they deliver well, and and it's cheap to get it delivered. I feel like all furniture stores deliver. Mm. You have to pay That's extra. I feel yeah, like Kyle sh shops at Rooms to Go or pawn shops and chooses Rooms to Go because it delivers. <laughs> yeah, like... if you go to a furniture store and you're like, I want this couch, do you deliver? And they go, not usually. You go, all right, then I'm going to go get my couch somewhere that does. And then they will, they will deliver your couch. I, I, uh, I read this long Reddit thread years ago about a guy who worked for like a rent-a-center type place, and his job was to do the repossessions. And he talked about the disgusting... Uh, condition that like mattresses and things like that would be in when he went after him, like covered in roaches and stuff like that. And, and it's like, at that point, do you even want it back? You know, but, but he has to surely take it's it gotta in. be punitive at that point, right? It like, is. They didn't pay it, for it, we're taking it from you. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's like, I'm, we're taking it, but we're gonna burn it. 
you know, like, like, like we're just taking it back to burn it so that, you know, to punish him for not paying us his $8 a month for his twin mattress. It's now caked oh. in semen and, and roach shit. Sleeping on other people's mattresses who you know is a little skeevy sometimes. But to guys, buy guys a used sheets, mattress. Right? Oh. I'm yeah, aware but there's still, there's still, okay. uh, the, the germs are there. The history's there. They're in there sure. deep. Yeah. 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 You never want to take the sheet off and examine the mattress because you no. never know what those stains are. I've, I've heard people talk about like, you know, the, the, uh, the black light over like, uh, you know, a hotel room. I've never yeah. wanted to know. Like I'm, if I rented the hotel room, I'm probably here because I plan on staying there, and I don't yeah. actually want to know. I've done it. I, I, the... I went off of Amazon, and I, I just don't care. Like I literally don't care if there's a semen stain on the bed as long as it's not wet. Like, yeah, right. like we're okay here, because um, like I'm not gonna like lick it or anything, and I'm gonna take a shower in the morning. So well, how are you gonna make fuck. sure it's semen? Well, I, I, if I'm not sure, I do. I do taste it a little. Frankly, <laughs> oh, salty. This could be semen or period blood. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's see if it's saltier uh, like pennies. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I've definitely done it, and uh, I never saw anything catastrophic, like like, like nothing anything terri- nothing terrifying. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's probably good. It's what you hope. It's what you hope to hear. Hmm. Yeah, what you don't want to see is like everything's blue. Like like there was just a murder there, and now everything, just everything is covered with it. it just, everything bi- luminesces. I, I'm still I'm still picturing the, the the people hanging from their balls and and hooks and such. I, I I'm not going to be able to stop picturing it. Hmm. Well, but filthy. Think about the spiritual awakening they're having, realizing children <laughs> right. are longer in their future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cheaper but slightly more drawn out vasectomy. Vasectomy. Yeah. Might be cheap, but where the border? How much is a vasectomy? I don't know, but I might be finding out soon. I'm considering doing that in the near future. Yeah. Oh, you don't want any kids? Mm-mm. No, I don't. I don't think children and I would get along very well. Oh, I'm sure that would change once you had one. I yeah, just like I, I don't want the that last, to change. In the last like two years, my opinion on the whole thing, because I used to be like, no kids, no you know, wife ever. And sure. then just knowing more people and seeing like couples who are single in like their late thirties. Or even like mid thirties, late thirties, early forties, where they sorry, don't have any said, kids. Oh, couples who are single is no kids for you. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I said that poorly. Uh, couples who don't have children and they're like in that, kind of, frankly, beyond childbearing, like very late thirties, sure. early forties, and there's something that ticks, especially in women at that age, where it's like you can almost feel regret and a, like a kind of sadness of like you know, and of course. Some women just don't want kids. I don't really care, but they've been fed this whole life of like, you don't need kids. You don't need kids. You know, they'll just weigh you down. That's extra money you could spend on you. And it's like, I feel like once you get older, it's like, fuck, like the whole reason I'm here as a human being to propagate the species, I didn't do it. Like, I don't have any, I don't have a legacy. I don't have anybody who's going to care for me when I'm old. I didn't have anybody to raise to try and make better than me and provide for. Like, I do think that's an integral part of the human experience for a lot of people. And if you, and if you don't have that, you get women like Chelsea Handler who take that innate maternal instinct of controlling. Don't touch that. Don't, don't do that. You'll burn yourself. You'll hurt yourself. And they go on fucking Twitter and try and direct that. You do what I want (laughs) instinct towards the masses where it's like, no, we're adults. You should have had a kid. You dried up old shrew. So is this one of the conspiracies you're selling or? No, 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 that's, that's an observation, coming later. Uh, adding 
with a little humor and hyperbole. <laughs> so uh, just some eggs, right? Like, 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 and that way, if you're even if you're 45 and and, and you're like, ah, oh, I, I, I kind of want a kid now. Let's just do it. So I uh, tell her in about probably a couple years, I'm gonna hit. I'm 34 now. My wife's yeah. the same age as me, and uh, we're gonna be hitting that that late 30s before too much longer. We'll uh, we can in do like a blow by blow. I'll I'll I will try to maybe capture this on camera as the light of hope dwindles in her eyes and slowly fades, <laughs> and then like regret begins. And then, that like, happened when she saw the hope. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't even have to go that long. Women go rotten at 35. I've said that many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 19 or so. Really. You should set up a live 19. cam <laughs> when she's 34 having her birthday. Yeah. Kyle's like, as soon as they can buy alcohol legally, <laughs> now what do they need me for? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's just hanging out in front of a 7-Eleven, like doing his own Hey Mister thing. Did you guys ever, do you guys know what Hey Mister is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where, yeah. It's where you find an adult to buy you liquor or beer. Where like, you wait for a homeless guy or something, you go, Hey Mister and hope that it's a skeevy enough guy to buy you alcohol. Yeah, we were joking about that in the Hangout the other day, how it's kind of bizarre that like an 18-year-old girl can drink my semen, but not my alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't do have a problem with it. You do the military equivalent too, right? You can go die for your country, but you can't have a beer? Really? Uh, well, if they're dying for their country, I believe they can drink, If uh, they can buy beer at the commissary and uh, if, if they're in the military. So so an 18-year-old who's who's in the military can buy alcohol is that like, at, like restricted to the base or something though like they can't like go to a bar like downtown and like have a beer no yeah definitely. no but, yeah. but i think they can buy it at the commissary was where it's duty free anyway which is where you would buy your beer right and and uh, I, i'm pretty sure about that I, i'm not positive but I, I think that's the deal but yeah that's fucked as well that, that you could go and literally literally die for your country and so many have but they can't buy yeah it seems alcohol. weird i think a good drinking age would be lowering it to 19 but I, I feel like reason it's like, being not 18 is that that would turn every high school just bananas overnight. Mm -hmm. Like, because suddenly every senior can buy I, liquor for everyone there. Whereas in 19, it would be a little more Wouldn't that make a couple, like, underperforming seniors very powerful? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly everyone's on, you know, loser Steve's team. You know, <laughs> yeah, I guess he's yeah. got the ID for it. Like, 19 seems like a good number. No, um, I, honestly, I think they should raise it to 25. Alcohol is 25. Like, alcohol yeah. is a training thing. Like, again, it's you getting used to your body and how you react to stimuli, in this case, alcohol and the drug of alcohol, right? So, like, training for that is kind of important. Like, if you, you want to do fucking stupid shit and get, and, and how do I say this? You don't want to end up doing really stupid shit. And a lot of people end up doing really stupid shit because they go from nothing to having access to it and with no experience along the way. Like no training, no having had a couple beers at home true. or no having had a couple glasses of wine or something like that. And it's could, a totally different body experience. You could go the other way, right? Isn't it like 15 in Europe? Am I making this up? And yeah, it's like 14 it, in Italy or some shit. I think Germany's 15. I'm not positive. And uh, there they just don't place the same taboo and sense of like... There's no aura around alcohol because they always had it. See, and like I, yeah. I totally agree with what Filthy said that it is a learning experience. But at the same time, like our culture isn't going to get reversed on that. Like you go to Italy or something, and it's like, yeah, I've been having glasses of wine with dinner with my family, you know, drinking reasonably, maybe a glass or two with dinner since I was 15. And then they turn 21 or whatever, and they continue doing that and whatever, like that. It, they're fine. Whereas in the U.S., even if you, if you change it to 18 right now, people wouldn't start going, oh, I'll have a beer with dinner. I'll have a couple beers. They would, 
immediately go balls to the wall because that's what U.S. culture is. It's like alcohol has been seen as this last little bastion of adulthood so that when people get there, they don't build up the way Filthy was talking about. They go bananas and get shitty. You know, I, yeah. I just don't think we could reverse that cultural trend, especially given like, like you can even see on like internet forums, people like people in Europe apparently are like, oh, you really have rager parties with those red solo cups where everybody gets shit housed at like the age of, you know, 21. It's like, yeah, that happens all the Every time night, here because everywhere. that's the culture yeah. of it. Culture like, would once change you're 21. 10 years though, right? You know, yeah. like 10 year olds knowing that eight years from now they'd be able to drink, it would, it would just resolve itself, right? That's how I feel. I, I, I Maybe, suspect yeah, it, that. It might. I just don't think that pop culture would revolve it, resolve itself. Like It's not like movies and TV shows would suddenly stop depicting alcohol use that way and normalizing it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but it, it does sound like a, a fairly surmountable problem, right? Like, like you're like, yeah, it wouldn't change overnight. Agreed. But it does feel like that, that could be something that could be tackled, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's the same with like... Like, like 18, 16? Age? I, I don't know. I, I think... And I don't know what the laws are like for this now. Like, what are the laws about consumption at home? Like, are you allowed to consume as a minor if you're, like, in the care of your parents? Or is that, like, in, in your some parents states, can be... Yeah, like, in Louisiana, you can drink, I think, at most ages, as long as your parents are with you and approving. Hmm. Yeah, so, like, something like that seems like a fairly, surprisingly... I can't... It feels like a Louisiana joke in there somewhere, but I... I you got, know. like, a lush of a mom who's just, <laughs> yeah. just getting you wasted, <laughs> fucking your friends. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a good way to... Where's the line between child abuse, like, you you know, your two-year-old daughter, like, you get her drunk every night so she shuts up, versus, like, you're starting starting the starting the training process. You know, is that, like, three? Like, when, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you got to build up her uh, dependence, right? Like, you know, you, you want to be able to have some control over this kid. That way... If it gets in trouble, you take the liquor away. She starts getting the shakes. <laughs> yeah. They used when to I was give like 12 in, uh, in Mexico on a family vacation, like a table next to us, like we left the resort area and went into fucking real Mexico one of the nights and went to one of the restaurants where it was very difficult to order. Uh, and there's a table next to us. And even at the age of like 11 or 12, I was like, that girl is noticeably younger than me. And the beer in front of her is the size of my head. <laughs> like and Damn. that was like a man this is not this is maybe a little little ridiculous like a 10 year old getting, getting she's, she's got a straw yeah <laughs> they used to give the water TV babies whiskey it. like on their gums and stuff to to help with the pain yeah, yeah I, I, I guess i'm okay with that to some degree i just i think yeah. it was bad for them oh then that, that see that yeah. then you get evidence-based yeah, stuff and then you go well yeah, evidence-based says yeah old fucker yeah. No. Think of how Again, dope medicine like, was way back in the day yeah. when they were just like, ah, try uh, old time reds, uh, heroin drops. Yeah. <laughs> get you to sleep. No, no time clap. Yeah, it's just, it's just like that would be great. Did Coca Cola really have cocaine with, in like, it? Is that a wives' tale or a real thing? No, that's that's real. That that's my conspiracy for the night. <laughs> uh, what, what was the question? Did Coca Cola actually have cocaine in it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It started, you know, all all of the sodas, like the big sodas, began as like these uh, health tonics, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and many of them had bizarre ingredients that that and they supposedly cured like a, a vast. Sugar and Coke. What's healthier? Yeah, well, Dr Pepper's name makes way more sense now. No, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But like, I mean, it it becomes a relevant conversation again, in part because of like legalization of marijuana, right? Like, how do you? How, did, how and when should that be allowed and how should that be? I mean, if this is, again, a legal way that for now a portion of the country, a legal way for people to experience another type of high, this is another type of body high, different one from needles in the chest or yeah. suspensions or alcohol or whatever it happens to be, how do you 
how do you go about setting that up in a way that is sane, like that allows people to adjust to it and not abuse it, but also to experience it? I'm not as worried about kids getting way too into pot and causing a nuisance or hurting themselves as I am with alcohol. You know, like it's just two different substances that lend themselves to different behavior. Like uh, an 18 year old who smokes way too much pot probably isn't going to be going out on the town causing, you know, problems or endangering someone's life. Just look at the problems that alcohol causes and marijuana does none of those. Like, Like whether you're talking about a girl losing her inhibitions and, and getting taken advantage of that won't happen. Are you talking about a, a kid getting in a car and, and hurting someone with that vehicle? That won't happen. Or, or you're talking about someone getting violent because different people react in so many different ways to alcohol. Some people yeah. are, you know, become a big teddy bear and some people become a literal monster that they didn't mm-hmm. even know existed inside of themselves. Also doesn't happen. So yeah. they, but the I, I want to offer like, is not a, a marijuana. Like this, I'm out of my depth here, but I, no, no. So yeah, one like, thing see, I've heard about it is that's the opposite. Like alcohol makes you think that you can, I don't remember where I heard it, but alcohol makes you think that you can do things that you can't. And weed makes you think that you can't do things that you totally can. So mm-hmm. like a high person will be like, should I walk across the street to CVS and, and get a Arizona iced tea? No, they're going to know. They're going <laughs> to know for sure. And a drunk person will be like, can I drive across town to get a burger? Well, I'm not going to not do that. <laughs> you know, like, and then they'll, they'll do it. My yeah, and nobody's getting fucked like, because they, they smoke too much weed. Like, like there aren't any girls like, yeah, I just smoked too much weed last night. And I, I blew everyone. That's yeah. not happening. That's not happening. Well, my my, my wife's not not in response to that non sequitur here, right? Like a little yeah, bit. Yeah, keep going. Uh, my <laughs> wife's body, body chemistry is so fucking weird with like substances. Like she gets it like her mother's side from this. Her mother can't have more than about two glasses of wine, and then she'll be physically sick and throwing up. And my wife responds very strangely to alcohol and very strangely to marijuana. Like that for that just fucking the re- and it's the THC in that because you know what, we, what does marijuana do to her? It makes her extremely, extremely socially paranoid for even a very small amount. And mm. like she's suddenly like in tears because she's not sure if it's OK to like open a cabinet style stuff like it just like it, it's a response that is that's so terrible. You, yeah, yeah that's not even it. remotely she's, fun. Hates that. No, no, exactly. It's like for her, like that was like a tried it when she was young style stuff. Doesn't want to do it again because that's the type of response she's had, except that then her her sister's out in Colorado. So she's been out to visit her. And then she went into the store. Her sister's a big fucking pothead, as far as I can tell. And uh, they basically were like, would you like, you know, that sounds like a response to the THC. Would you like to try a low THC and a high, what is it, CBC? What's the other one? CBD. CBD, right. And a high CBD one, which she tried. And for her, that was super mellow, super just body high of like a, like a light experience. Totally different. So like, but again, to, for me, this comes back to how would she like imagine she just tried that for the first time out socially somewhere right as like a kid as like 17 or 18 has access to it tried it and like for her it was so fucking debilitating and so like it reduces her to like a child almost so she's in tears like scared of everything like super like you know that too would be a horrible fucking experience so like having some physical training for that ahead of time having experienced that to understand how your body's responding to these things becomes relevant so i don't know let me, uh, let me do an advertisement here. Tell everyone about Postmates. This episode of PK is brought to you by a company that we have a lot of personal experience with, Postmates. You know what's great about eating your favorite thing? It's your favorite thing, and you're eating it. You know what's not great? Getting it. And the only fast things that deliver are not what you're craving. Introducing Postmates, the app that adds a delivery option to your favorite restaurants. Imagine anything you want to eat delivered. You don't have to drive, park, or even talk on the phone to order. Just download the app and order 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you, uh, will bring you what you want within the hour. You can, you can even see where the food is and track your driver. 
Uh, if you forgot your eggs, your milk, no problem. Craving a tasty burger? Check. Looking for the perfect bottle of red wine or a summer beer? Order up. Postmates is your new long-term Munchies booty call. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app today and use code PKA. That's code PKA for $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. Save the hassle, get the food you love fast at Postmates with code PKA. I'm, of course, a massive, massive fan of Postmates. Number one customer. (laughs) I mean, I've got to be up there in the top 1% for sure. Uh, I've, I've ordered all kinds of stuff from there. I, I always use po- uh, Postmates when I have the option and, uh, it's a great way to like, you know, if you just move to a new area or something, it's a great way to discover, um, what the food options are because they, they deliver from so many like hole in the wall places. And, uh, I, I can't, I can't say enough how much I love Postmates. Big fan. Yep. Very high quality service. Also, a little word here from get quip when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. Uh, they've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. And guiding pulses uh, alert you when it's time to switch sides, making brushing the right amount effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a, as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or your carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash PKA right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash PKA, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash PKA. Check, Check them out. out. I use it every day, twice a day. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 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 In conjunction with my smart mouth, which we'll talk about later on. Yeah. Yes, we all Complete. have excellent oral health. You guys ah. would not believe how perfect. We have no gingivitis, no tartar, just, we have beautiful teeth. The I entire cast here, filthy included. When, mm. when it's smart mouth time, I'll wait. Mm. Solid. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Good planning. Can they incorporate that? They, I love that shit. Filthy, our sex expert. I have a so, question I've been saving. Mm. Which one here? Which one here, what? Uh, it, oh, it, it's I just easy to say. Oh, right? Yeah, we've done this so many times. Time man. Yeah, that's. That's... Uh, not with not with filthy. I don't know if we've done oh. it there before. What's he gonna do? Fuck that elbow roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have to choose one. This is like a, you can't just be like you know. I'm just gonna go masturbate today. No, can I is... go like play with sharp hooks in someone's backyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know like, why. Can I get so my body high about... elsewhere? I don't know why everybody's so squeamish about this Thai man. He is clearly about as feminine as it gets. Uh, I've seen more manly looking actual women. Uh, I'm definitely going to fuck that oh, time in. If you look at the body, you're regret sure. You look at the body, yeah, that's a much more feminine body than that ogre, that butter golem seated above. But at the same time, that body on the bottom has a penis hmm. and does not have a vagina. The penis so is you practically can't... gone and there's a vagina substitute if you position her right. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And what is the clitoris but a tiny penis anyway? <laughs> Dude, that's some... Other way around, right? Isn't, it, isn't the way it develops, isn't the, the penis... It absolutely a, is. 
Yeah, it so absolutely it's, is. It's not the clitoris is a tiny penis; is the penis is an overgrown clitoris, right? Yeah, absolutely. You and say if, tomato, if you've I watched as tomato. much pornography as I have, you have seen some of those enormous <laughs> clitorises, mm -hmm. and you're like, "That's a little baby dick. That yeah. is a baby uh, dick." Clitorati. That would take a minute to get. <laughs> I think that would take a minute to get used to if your partner Filthy, had did a you answer? very large clitoris. Uh, do I have to? That, I mean, we there's all have rules. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I made them up, but I'm just not responsible for them. Yeah, you have to answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's um. That's a tough one. I can't, gotta imagine it's gotta be Thai man. I think I think, I think I'm on we're that. We're unanimous okay, on the dude. Yeah, we're all fucking so. the dude. Yeah, we're all fucking the dude. Like, I mean, but like, again, like Woody, we've had this conversation about this is sexuality on a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and like maybe there's, you know, like I don't know, like where is if I place these two on a spectrum of attractiveness, the one one the one. Ban looks like a girl to me. Like yeah. she looks quite attractive from here. Like yeah, I wouldn't she, know it was a dude unless you guys had told me. For all you'll know, know, it's yeah. it, it might not be a dude. It's, oh, I know it might be. It's a just a thing. picture on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, I could find you a dude that you'd fuck. You know, we could do that. You know, this well, is a uh, theme, but like we could totally find. Kyle, lay, lay it out. Yeah, what well, are the so so the 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 person right, on the me, bottom does not have a vagina. Person on the top does. So this is like around. So what if so instead of just that being a picture of an attractive woman saying Thai man above it, what if it was just a picture of a dude there? And you guys, like if, you're, if you're giving man. me that, yeah. If which just, dude? All right, which dude? I don't know. Just a regularly, a let's make it filthy. Dude. It's right. me or filthy. That's exactly what I want to experience. Is whether or not <laughs> yes. each filthy, how hairy are you? Are. Let's talk <laughs> about body that. hair. Do you have? Yeah, yeah. Very. Would you take you know, your not shirt a lot off? Of chest hair, but <laughs> I think your beard looks spectacular. I'm not yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I mean, if, if, I, I'm very curious now. Right, just I pick like your regular, I'm, normally yeah. fit American dude or this. Because I think what you're actually talking about is not sexual arousal. You're actually talking about. I feel like we're doing the negative here. This isn't we are. how attracted you. It's like, what are you more repulsed by? Yeah, yeah. I'm more repulsed mm -hmm. by the butter golem. Um, yeah. Because first of all, disgusting. <laughs> Second of all, you know that like, all right. So the fatter you get, the more difficult personal hygiene becomes. It's just a fact. There are folds. Okay. There's sweat. There's it's more difficult to clean yourself when you do shower, and fat people get overexerted with minor day-to-day -day things, so they're going to be more sweaty more often. If if you you could take this fat girl right out of a hot shower, you ever get out of a you ever work out, take a hot shower, and get out and realize you're still sweating, and be like, I yeah. need to get fuck back in there and turn the temperature down. She's like that every moment of her fucking life. She's like that all the time. She is always leaking out of every pore in her body, and based on her size. That is not a good diet that she's intaking unless she's eating a whole lot of fucking salad. And I don't think that's the case. That sweat is going to stink. She has body odor that is gross. And her pussy looks like an abomination. I fucking guarantee it. All right? There's no Ugh. way. There's, she could be on labia's gone, not gone wild, but labia's gone fucking bananas. <laughs> it's going to be disgusting down there. And it's going to stink. And I bet there's some schmegma. Uh, like, like, like in the folds of that crevice she calls a pussy. That's, so I will fuck. If you can even make it to the pussy through that fleshy oh. cave of, of disgusting B.O. Oh, you're going to be afraid that I it, it like it's a book. Hoist you it know, up. It, it'll be like swiping <laughs> on Tinder. Just like, uh, and there's like another one. And another and one. Yeah. See, oh, like yeah. my, my thought here, because we're doing it like Filthy was correct, we're doing it from the disgust standpoint. If you were able to complete, like, so it's either anal with the, the Thai man or vaginal with the American woman. The fat one? Is that your, like... Yeah, yeah right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I feel like in the moment, you're going to be struggling hard to finish in that American woman. 
That that's a disgusting the 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 tank top or whatever halter top. You can't tell what article of clothing that is. It looks like it could be like a protective tire cover for a monster truck <laughs> to get around her. She's a disgusting, <laughs> revolting waste of space. I bet she hasn't stood up from that in forever. Can you imagine the sound it makes when you lift up that big fat flapjack titty and drop it back down on her resonating <laughs> belly? It's gonna sound like it, it'll sound. Some, someone a town over is gonna think someone's like big game hunting. That's what's, what's gonna happen. I want to know a loud track. I, I, I'm I'm sort of taking inventory as I look at her of the slime places, right? Clearly <laughs> under each boob, behind each elbow, uh, right in the crotch area. Uh, Would it be faster if belly. you listed the non-slime areas? Right, right. Like she's probably not slimy on her face. Uh, it's easy to clean, and it's you know, she's fat, but she's a, it's a regular face, right? Yeah, but she's gonna have sauce on her face. <laughs> like my face sweats sometimes. Like I, I'm not immune to it, and I'm not her weight. Um, and. And this, this, this out there and, is making this high man look pretty great. At the risk of not being able to, you know, get into bed tonight because my wife hates it when uh, we're trashing fat people on this show. Um, mm. Absolutely, <laughs> it's very angry at me for things like this. But you, you can't help but think about like self-discipline here, right? Like you yeah. can't help but bring that to mind too. And granted, th- there can be body reasons, like physical reasons, that people have weight conditions. Yeah, they eat too much. But a lot of times, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I hear yeah, you. There, so, again, I think you're triggering a disgust response here is what you're since, doing for me. Since it's very likely that the Thai man picture is fake, just substitute this man. This is a man? It absolutely is a man, yes. This picture so That's confusing. Big, it's hard yeah. to share. Here we go. Yeah, and I picked one that's, that's safe for work. You know, there, I was trying to find the right balance between an attractive man and safe mm-hmm. for work, which is Cal had to go into a couple of subfolders. For oh, not. <laughs> it was quick though. They're well categorized. This dude is not even stroke his dick. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's a good looking yeah, that... dude. I'd say. Yeah. What did um... like it all came down on the side of, of the tie man? What did Jordan Peterson say when you asked him that same question? Which mm. uh, which question? Uh, between the Thai man and the American woman. We did not. I think I that's what he's getting at. I, I, I think he's, he says, I want you to treat me like I'm Jordan Peterson. No, I was just curious if she said all your guests were doing this. I was just curious uh, how that one went down. You know, uh, we got Milo's answer, if that helps at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that Milo prefers a different uh, sort of gentleman uh, yes. based on everything that he told us. Yeah, apparently he likes strong black dudes and Kyle. <laughs> there was a meme going around about the way Jordan Peterson would handle like the tranny thing. He's like, and so you take your cock out, and she takes her cock out, and this is unexpected. This is chaos. This is... <laughs> <laughs> you need to return to the natural order. And it's just his silly little like meme phrases and shit. Yeah. I'd like to have I, him on I the show I love the again. Jordan Peterson shit posting. Like people, some people are so good at writing and his voice style, it's, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to have him on again too. He's, I, I really don't keep up with him that much. Like every once in a while, I'll like check his Twitter, but... I went I'm a Sam a, Harris fan, so I, I, I kind of came across him that way. So I went he's just—he's a—he's just such a such a not controversial guy that people pretend is. It's like settle down. No, that's—I don't think that's true. Really? What? Like, what does he say that's controversial? Uh, so, he has a lot of 
Bizarre it's almost about- like he avoids controversy because everything he says, it feels like you already knew it. Like, that's his superpower. He's able to describe that, like, women prefer a strong man that can be their protector. It's a biological need built into them. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I guess I already knew that. And, you know, that's actually a position that a lot of women would find insulting. I mean, but he's not saying any... I feel like what he's really doing... We've, we've, I won't spend too long because we've, we've dusted over this before... Like, he's really just giving a lot of men who grew up without a strong father figure in the home basic advice that a good father would have given. You know, like, get your shit in order. So, you know, you're 25 years old or whatever. Stop putting off things that you know you should be doing. That feeling you have of anxiety, of depression, it's not something you need a pill for all the time. Sometimes it's that you know there are things that you need to be achieving in your life that you're not taking the initiative to get done, and this anxiety you're feeling is an outbirth of that. Like, really... He seems more like a self-help guy than a political guy, based on the stuff I've seen from him. Yeah, he can he can he can err on the side of a, uh, being a bit Freudian sometimes with the way yeah. that he sort of finds union, right? He makes these connections between so many things and brings them back to uh, I don't know a starting point that maybe isn't he big on the archetype stuff as well, like the yeah. union psychology? Yeah, right. Okay, so yeah, yeah he I I agree with most of it. Kind of a lot of it makes sense. But you could also see how someone who thinks differently than, than, than you do could find it to be insulting. But look, if you're not getting insulted, you're not fucking living. Stop being a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Something, something offends me daily. I don't, you know, I don't make a blog about it. You yeah, should I start. I would love to follow your blog. All the little umbrages you take. <laughs> <laughs> My third trip back to Zaxby's. You know, like, <laughs> they Dude, had still I, forgotten the curly fries when I returned home. I need to learn to check the bag as I leave. They were onion rings. Oh, it, I checked the bag before I leave. Fuck those fucking Zaxby's. <laughs> Never mind. We don't need to go into whole Zaxby's rant here. Like, there's no reason to get angry. I think I've it heard this to, one. It was two years ago. Why am I getting angry now? <laughs> <laughs> the things that are like the funniest to me as far as like YouTube rants and whatnot aren't anything serious it's like seeing people get genuinely upset over laughably small things or things that only matter to them you know like i think i even mentioned in one of my youtube videos from years ago how much it upset me when people like put their hand over the fucking counter and they point at the burrito ingredient that they want like little things like that i get a hoot out of jim norton on the opie and anthony show is the best at that him and uh his rants about animals Telling them that they're they're uh, after the Valdez oil spill, he had like whole rants of like you know these are they're thieves, they're oil thieves. We have to pay for that oil. They just walk up to the beach and get it for free. You know, <laughs> staying all warm in our oil. Someone doesn't have to fly south this winter. You know, like, just, like, little angry things. Like looking at, <laughs> look at him swimming. In. Yeah, it's like a picture of a dead bird covered in oil. Look at him, look at him spreading more oil on his thieving goose feathers. Thief, thief. You know, it's, it's like it's so. Not, I, I love shit like that. <laughs> silly nonsense. I've been watching a lot more ONA as like my background stuff recently. Like it's always on my on my cycle, but sometimes I get way more into it. God, what a classic show! So yeah, all right. So we we've definitely uh, we all agreed that we had fucked the uh, the transsexual. But would you fuck an animal before you fuck that big fat fatty? All and right, because uh, well, it's euphilia either way. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a big fat whale. Yeah. At some point, you can you can reach you can be like, would you fuck that woman or would you fuck that woman who's one pound lighter? And at some point, you're just to the point where you're you, it's all these all 
you're never doing that in real life either way. You're never no, in a but like, where, I would like, fuck that woman that. before I fuck like a pine cone, right? So, really, I don't know how you fuck a pine cone. It sounds painful and scratchy. I'm so. not gonna be the bottom for some random pine cone. I'm telling you that <laughs> right? right now. Yeah, I guess I'm. I guess I'm more comfortable with a little physical pain than I am with like the emotional disgust that comes out of that. I am not coniferous sexual. Okay? <laughs> Would you rather fuck that dude in India who has been growing his fingernails for 65 <laughs> years, or have someone pull out your pinky nail with like uh, pliers? Right. Like only one nail though. Only one pinky nail. Right. Sometimes so like, they don't grow back. No, we'll assume it's going to grow back. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, take I'm, my nail. Yeah, I'm probably on pinky nail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm on, on the pinky nail. So yeah, I'm take, gonna, take my I'm nail. Pinky that I shit. prefer to do it myself if I could pull Ooh. my own out. No, I don't want to do that myself. Sorry, I'm a stickler. It's someone else that you don't know. <laughs> and looks I feel like that's getting a shot. Like, you just don't look. It hurts like a fucking bitch, and it's over. Right? It's okay, Kyle. He has like, I don't uh, tug it ball out bearings in his forehead. He's totally qualified. That's right. I got you, man. I've, I've declawed many a human. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's got special pliers. Uh, yeah, that that I don't want to fuck. Like when you talk about fucking a gross dude, then it's like a double kind of kind of negative thing we're going through. Like 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 the gross woman, I, I think is is got to be your starting point. I'd rather fuck a goat than that woman. But it's funny because like you look at it when so I've done disgust research. Yeah. Again, like yeah. this is my my thesis was. You ever on seen goat disgust. pussy? No, never seen goat pussy, but I, I imagine that's pretty bad. But it's pretty popular in some parts of the world. I feel like, like you're yeah. being culturist. So, <laughs> <laughs> disgust has domains, right? So, like one of these domains is a sexual disgust domain, and one of them is like a physical. It's it's like this other one isn't sexual is not the only domain, right? So at some point, like you're you're talking about this stuff and you're saying fuck, but it, probably you're not internalizing that actually as a sexual thing you're looking at like how disgusting is that like her as a woman is almost worse to me in some degree because it's triggering sexual disgust right where you're like mm. well how disgusting is it have your fingernail pulled out there's a body horror there there's a body disgust there but it's not a sexual disgust and it's a different kind of for me feel of that so like yeah. i don't know man like there's a there's a, like a the fact that you're like your sexuality and this person is somehow that's an added disgust element because of that yeah, sexual yeah. domain for me anyway. So. Yeah, that, definitely so. I would a, definitely fuck the animal, though. I, does, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Does a woman that size require, like, is there like a, your dick must be this long to ride this yes, ride? Thing? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's just a matter of angles. Like, how, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm just processing it now for the you, first you've time. You've got to get, like, like, I feel like the, the easy is if she goes like spread eagle, mm -hmm. like, 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 I feel like maybe that doesn't come into play as much. But like doggy style, I, I don't think I have enough dick to fuck Kim Kardashian, for example. Like like if it's one of those girls with those gigantic fake asses, it was like, Jesus, the the amount of flesh between your pussy entrance and end of the flesh is like nine inches. I'm gonna have to really hit it hard to stay in there. <laughs> Dude, I can't stop thinking about your thought of like that big fat beluga whale having to have like a couple of winches attached to her legs and a couple of four by fours in the background to open it. And no matter how much you spread those legs, you're not gonna see pussy. It's gonna be family friendly and safe to show on mainstream television. There's gonna be no true. visible vagina. Yeah, that's not true. If it's that's hyperbole, but but. Dude, look how you fat know, this woman is. There's going to be belly fat hanging down standing. over where the vagina would no, no, be. No, 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 because her upper body is much heavier. You would be able to see pussy. Now, if she's standing, then she definitely has a fat roll over her pussy. Like, like she, you probably could look at her head on and not see vagina. That, right. that I would go with. Right, there's, there's look the really the fat guys that like the joke about seeing their dicks, right? Because there's a huge fucking gut hanging over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're crying on the inside, though.
Yeah. Well, I'm on yeah. Bing. Uh, a, a quick search near. of morbidly obese vagina solves this question, Taylor. And uh, yes, you can get to the pussy. But don't put like morbidly obese. Like, what's worse than morbidly? Like, deathly? Dead. Deathly obese? Dead? Well, Marine mammal. Yeah. You need to look up fattest woman ever. I'm Make definitely at large cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that he's using Bing for oh. this. Oh. I'm no rookie. <laughs> you know, I know where to find your naked people pics. It's all about oh, Bing. Wings would know where to find the best obese pussy. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a funny one. Instead of plenty of fish, he's on plenty of whales. Oh, Jesus. That's... I looked up uh, <laughs> fattest naked woman, and there's just a picture of this guy in a pig mask, and he's the fat one. So I enjoyed that. Oh, nice uh, he's not face. even that fat. He... All right, let me What? Tell... He's... But he's not. I I I feel like I see someone that fat every day. Yeah, but that. Oh my god! It's, I don't know though. He's laying is, down, and that's giving him the benefit of the doubt, like spreading that, letting it flow to the sides. His junk. His crotch is so disgusting. Like, look at those bumps on his like inner thighs. Look at how sad that penis is. Yeah, oh, it's that is like, a very small penis. And I recognize little... that fat makes it look smaller, but. Oh, it's I, tiny. Like, yeah. like it's the diameter of her thumb. And I'm not like a big fan of all the. I get back down to the... his birth weight, and he's still gonna have a little dick. <laughs> That's disgusting. His original no, size. Goddamn. I'm not a big fan of all the uh, inner thigh pimples either. Yeah, that's the worst part of of this picture. Like, like, like that. That's super gross. You gotta exfoliate, you fat fuck. It took a second for me to realize he was wearing a mask. <laughs> he's wearing like a halloween pig mask yeah i couldn't show that picture thank god <sighs> I, you never know when you're just gonna like you know go into it and be like oh yeah guys look at this because like you know you're, we're all looking at the guy's dick and it'd be easy to share it with the audience i'm sure just to, like get into that that motion of doing it. it it's possible to lose track of which layout i'm using too yeah. and just be sharing something you didn't want to oh woody that second picture is terrible but visible. I mean, I mean, I really feel like I've debunked the can't get to the pussy thing. I'm not yeah. looking at that. This I, is like uh, you got to click on it. I'm nope. not clicking it. This is just like this is like fucking freshman year of like of college where people are like super big on like you know like you know the two girls the cups the two girls one cup shit there or the like you know the gross pictures of like you know there's one it was like. Uh, zoomed in of like some like advanced yeah. venereal 13 episodes in of... and you're catching on yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah first year of college we're getting credit for a lot of maturity here <laughs> it might be yeah. undeserved what I think is that like past. dark shitty discoloration on the entire like <laughs> it, it just ass asshole region yeah yeah that's, no what that's... causes it what is oh that? Like, i don't friction, know like is a fire almost starting with every step <laughs> <laughs> No, I've, well, I've, I've, I'm familiar like... with that discoloration before I even click, and I don't know what causes it, but it's like their ass crack is permanently stained a bit brown. Is that what you're saying? Is that what it is? Because well, I'm not uh, clicking. No, no, you got to click the second one down. It's not as bad right. as, as he's acting. Yeah, it, it... you're lying, and I'm going to click it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so it's sort of a bluish hue around the edges. And you know what I really <laughs> don't like? And, and this, you see this not only in enormous... People who are going to die any moment. She could be dead. This could be. She could literally yeah. be dead. Um, but you see that line that goes from the. Would that make you feel better or worse talking about her? By the way, I, oh. for me, it's better. I, feel I would better. like it if she were dead. 
but that's not going to make me feel either way about talking about her. It's just mm-hmm. that I wish that she were dead. Um, but that little line that like sure. goes from the bottom of her vagina to her asshole, that little seam, mm. is so pronounced. Mm-hmm. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. That's is that just a morbidly obese thing? Or no, like... I see that. I see a lot of assholes on Reddit. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. you. I don't skip a not safe for work post. They're the when I clicks. see when I see a butthole that's got stuff hanging out of it or something, I'm it, it's it's like and it's, I'm not talking about hemorrhoids. I'm just talking about like extra skin down there. That, that's a big turnoff for me. I I, I yeah, want everything to be clean a, down there. Needs a precision little balloon knot thing going on I don't, there. I don't have anything hanging <laughs> off me. Okay, that shouldn't be. All right, everything's everything's where it should be, and then I'm I'm looking for the same out of you. What so if it's a very very cute girl, nice vagina, I'm nice ass, you. nice little body, but she's got a a pronounced anal uh, a taint seam, We're done. as they call it in the medical community. Done here. You're done. Done here. How much is too much? Just a little little seam? Would you just fuck her in the dark instead? What yeah. what angle are you looking at that you're going to be paying that much attention to? What about eating her pussy? Whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking at that vagina from all kinds of angles all the fucking time. All right, I can't I can't I can't be like I, I don't want to be like have this thing this this like look of chagrin on my face every time I go down on you. Like like, like but think I need a pretty riddle, riddle me this. You're as your filthy nose. Kyle does not like uh, flip floppy vaginas or roast. Uh, he doesn't like large the Arby's style. Labia. He yes. doesn't like large labia. He likes not the little. It. You know, folded in innies. Innies. Yes. What if this girl has just got your ideal vagina? Just you you see it and you're like, ah, magnifique. I love this. This is the best vagina. Ah, a slightly pronounced uh, anal seam. It's it's just as much of a problem to me. Can we get a picture of this? Like, with, is it like on this enormously large woman? That's like no, no, no. He's talking about normal size. I, I understand. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm kind of curious. Is like maybe I don't know. Is this what you test Chiswis? Can we like find like a a shot of a relatively attractive girl with like this the scene that you're talking about, but I'm, I'm not yeah, sure I can visualize. Ah, can you give yeah, us a couple I, anal seams of hot girls? I don't. I don't even know what the Google search term would be. Maybe you just do that. I don't know. Uh, gross buttholes. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking right now. Like, yeah, it just I don't know. Like again, like getting a lot of good ones. This is, you're not nearly as picky about that region as Kyle is. Like, for me to be turned off by it, it's got to be out of control. Like, it would have. To... And even then, like, I mean, if, if you she's ever, got like, a, she's got a of, meaty like, pussy, who really cares? Have you ever thought, like, objectively how ridiculous the penis looks? Like, just as a as an org, like as, as a just just aesthetically how ridiculous penis. It looks look. very silly. Yeah, like at some level, I'm like there. It's like this is. I, I appreciate an attractive uh, woman who takes care of herself. That's important to me. I guess this minutia of needs to look like X, Y, Z is kind of feels a little ridiculous to me. Like I'm a dude. I have a penis. The penis is a ridiculous organ. Like it is. But like imagine like flip turn the tables a bit. Imagine your filthy robot, the female version, and you meet a guy and he's you know, things are going well. You're going to let him in, so to speak. And okay. you Realize he's got like a gnarled up, shitty little dick that's got like a lump on it or something. And when it gets hard, it looks like a one of those trees that have like in the mangroves. It's just like a root, just like twists in different directions. It's not. It's not a good looking oh. dick. Like you're not going to give him the benefit of the doubt of this is a penis. Do Penises you, are odd. You you're going to go. No, thank you. Do you remember the first time you saw like a labia? Yeah, not I didn't like it. Time, I, I was. Uh, I was at my. How old were you? Were you like prepubescent? You know. 
Um, like, no, I was probably I was probably like 12, 13 or something like that. I saw it in a porno, uh, like a magazine. Uh, my cousin had stolen his, his dad's magazine, and he had like a stash of them. And I remember being like, what is that? What's going on there? Why does it look like there's a there's like butterfly wings in this lady's <laughs> pussy? Is that what they all look like? I because I, I that's not what I pictured. I pictured just a, a slit that I stuck my dick in, and, and this is not this is not what I like. I didn't <laughs> like it then. I don't like it now. I won't stand for it. And look, ladies, if I had this, if I had some grow, I, I joke around about uh, non-circumcised penises. Some of them look fine or whatever, but. We all have to agree that some of those uncircumcised penises, when there's like a, when it's like an ant eater and there's just like shriveled up, like I'm, I'm uncircumcised. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I bet yours is beautiful. I bet mm, you were one amazing. of the good ones. I was a fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely penis. Probably tastes yeah. good too. Woody, Woody took like it like a candy. champ. No <laughs> complaints whatsoever. A little it, resistance at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say it was easy, that. but, you know, after a while. But by the end, better. you made the it, one pushing back. Am I made, it, <laughs> made it feel easy. Power bottom. <laughs> no, if, if, if I had an unattractive penis due to, you know, sometimes the foreskin doesn't go back. Sometimes it's weird and, like, really long. Sometimes it looks like, a, as Borat said, a wizard's sleeve, right? <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> I would get an adult circumcision. I would go in and get it fucking circumcised. I get surgery on my dick to make it more attractive. And by the same, and I hold women to that same standard. If you have an ugly labia, you should be getting fuck it no. surgically fixed. No, what the fuck is an <laughs> ugly labia? The labia is a ridiculous. The labia is ridiculous as the fucking penis. These are human sex organs. Like this is. But there are ugly penises the same way there are ugly labia. This ugly is ridiculous. Labia. How much time it, do you? Like, wait, this wait, is, filthy. This is the... this take, uh, I feel like you're defending the ugly out of kindness and that you do secretly in the bottom of your heart know that some vaginas and penises are better looking than others. I'm certainly attracted to some vaginas more than other vaginas. But like to say that like, that is like an objectively good looking or not good looking seems ludicrous in this scenario like it's not like the same as like you know that girl's got great abs because she's been working her ass off it's not like a human health thing like a lot of times like attractiveness is like that 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 step for the evolutionary like um uh, what's the word i'm looking for like uh replacement for health right mm -hmm, like the mm -hmm. symmetric faces like the the uh the the hair with the sheen in it this type of stuff these are these are markers of health and this is part of how the attractiveness is done like so you see, you gauge this differently. You see this as, oh, you're, this isn't an indicator of health, so it's being silly. Whereas if it was like a female dwarf with spina bifida or something, you'd be like, well, yeah, clearly that, that those are indicators of no Wait, health. But, okay, but, so when I get to like, why is this hardwired attractive or not? Like part of the, like the, the indicators of health make a lot of sense to me when I'm like, you know, but when we're talking about something that is so, there's so much um, variability between people in this, and these are all healthy variability and it looks weird or different or not attractive to me doesn't mean that like this is like the girl needs to go get surgery and i know kyle is clearly hyperbole but like on some level <laughs> i'll pay for it <laughs> <laughs> like, that just seems like such a ridiculous statement to me like no, I don't know. Like, like i sent you two pic pictures here now obviously i was i was doing this quickly but the top <laughs> picture already hedging <laughs> right, the top picture I, i'm not down with that I, Dude, I would, I, that, I, that is a turnoff. That was a, that's a turnoff. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have sex with this individual, but I couldn't date this individual. I couldn't have because that of the labia. Be, because I, of really, the labia. Really, that one. 
No, I, I cannot much. disagree more. Not there's nothing. There's nothing at all wrong with that top vagina you linked. Okay, nothing at well, all. Yep. Look, we're talking about me right now. You you keep your sure. opinions to yourself. This bottom vagina, <laughs> that's a top tier pussy right there. That is perfect. That is perfect. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I, I want. I suspect I'm the norm in this, in that I do prefer the bottom to the top. But in terms of like what matters about a woman to me, this is the hundredth most important. This is thing. like top three. I care more about her cooking than her labia. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Like I said, it's got to be out of control for it to matter. And this that top one is fine. I wouldn't even notice. At, I wouldn't notice at all. This was one of the top posts on Labia Gone Wild, by the way. The one that that Taylor wouldn't even notice was a little out of hand. You would notice. Oh, there's. That, you know, a slightly like large labia, but it wouldn't be like, ugh. It'd be like, oh, just just different flavor of the week. Oh, it's all brown on the bottom. It's it brown on the bottom. I need to re-click. Me too. <laughs> it is. Oh, who cares? Right. Oh, oh, now it's who cares. Yeah, that was what it, that's what it's been the whole time. The thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a fair oh, it's a little... It's a little brown. All right, no she problem. has a big lady. I even suspect it might be Photoshop. Sure, man. But what I noticed really is that the rest of her seems very fit. Yeah, she's... Right? Yeah. She looks like an attractive girl. Yeah. That seems terrible. Now, here is an unacceptable pussy and asshole. Okay. Either one would, 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 get, would just sign you right out. No. What a, okay, so... Okay, well, a, the pussy looks a, like it's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's yelling at me right now. <laughs> Uh, and the asshole looks like that. looks like the the gate of Helm's Deep before <laughs> the last blast through of that battering ram. It's weakened and they're standing there afraid with spears, but they know it's not going to hold. It looks like a big rock hit your windshield. It, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the corner really of old, like Vietnam vet's elbow, oh. <laughs> or someone who does yard work. It looks like uh, you guys don't watch Preacher, but there's a guy who. There's in, in Preacher, there's a guy who committed suicide by putting a shotgun in his mouth, and now he's in hell. But in hell, he resides as an asshole-mouthed individual. Actually, before he ended up in hell, he his mouth looks like a gaping asshole all the time, like puckered inward. To me, because it makes he, Preacher hard to watch. And he spits a lot. Yeah, and he's got a butt face. Is he called butt face, maybe? Um like asshole face or ass something ass like that. I don't remember. Face. That yeah. show gets better as you watch it if you give it more of a chance. Like I'm in, I'm in season three now, and I'll make this quick. We're not going to talk about this show, but I'm in season three now, and so far Jesus Christ, God Almighty, and Satan are all characters, and I, I I like how each one of them is portrayed. It's it's hilarious. Satan is a scary motherfucker. Have you watched Breaking Bad more than once? Yeah. Oh, because I'm I'm only I on my second well. watching, and I'm finding Skyler. To be more tolerable as the, oh, on the next really? iteration. I, no, I fuck that her. chunky whore. No, <sighs> you support your man. God damn it. She it does doesn't eventually. She no. Eventually, she goes full the other way. And Walt Jr. is a shit tier piece of shit faggot kid. All right, that's a. That, oh, I I hate Walt Jr. so much. I'm glad he has that disability in real life, just because of how annoying that character is. I. Hate Walt Jr. So, he turns his back on his father. His father. He finds out. I don't Oh, Dad, you're a bad guy. I can't be your son anymore. But, Get so the fuck out just, of here, you crippled bitch. Let me just pitch an alternative explanation, right? <laughs> uh, Walt Jr. raised with what does he have? Cystic, uh, 
it's not cystic fibrosis. Cerebral palsy? Is that what he has? Yeah, he has cerebral sure. palsy. Um, like a little good CP. So he has cerebral palsy. Let, I mean, and he's not a tough guy, but he's had to be tough to deal with this. People make fun of him his entire life. He doesn't have a rich friend structure because of this cerebral palsy. Uh, they make fun of him at the retail stores, etc. His father gets cancer, and he's not sure if he's going to treat it. And Walt says, Dad, you're such a pussy. You're a pussy, Dad. Like, I have dealt with harder pussy, shit Dad. my whole life. You know, the, the, the physical therapy I've been through so that I could learn to walk. You need to get chemo for 12 weeks and you're a pussy. You won't do it. You're just going to quit. <laughs> right? So that's that's who Walt is. That's who we introduce. Walt Jr. is. And then he talks his father into having this, you know, life-extending chemotherapy. And then he finds out his father's a bad guy. And now Walt Jr. is faced with the decision of either lining up on team bad guy. And he is bad. He kills people. Might have killed children. You know, like it. Walt Senior is bad. He's he didn't kill any corrupt. good people. Uh, who killed the kid? The no one killed the kid. Uh, he poisoned the kid, but the kid was you know cured right after. He he was never gonna let the kid die. He made a kid sick. Who wasn't oh, shaking oh. a kid a little too so hard? He, he, him sick. he made a kid sick. In that show? Oh, I uh, like them. I like the bad guys. Yeah, I like Walt. Walt. I like Jesse. But Walt's the, my fucking hero. But they're bad Jesse's people. Jesse's a scumbag bitch. Ooh. I didn't like Walt let's, or Jesse. Let's circle back to that. It was really hard to watch because there was no one there who resonated with me Walt as someone Jr. who I enjoyed watching. Walt Jr. was tough and he was Hank. principled. Doesn't make him... I mean, he's a pretty, pretty honorable guy. He's a stupid guy. kid that doesn't know shit and you support your father because he's bending over backwards to make sure that you have a future, you crippled little... It started you that and your way, but he's, he mom. kept going and got worse yeah. in his crimes just because he liked being a big shot. No. He's just providing I mean, the, 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 mo- the thing I don't family. like about He stopped Walt doing that a that long time ago. Is that, like, the whole time... I'm in the like, empire building business. Mm-hmm. Walt could have at any time went back to his, like, Steve Jobs friends and been like, hey, I need help. And they would have been like, all right, 100% taken care of. Take an easy job. We'll take care of everything. Your family's have you good. no shame? I what I'm saying is that it would show some character if he put aside his personal shame for the sake of his family and the people who that's, stole that's not shame that's ego the people right? who stole from him who took his company from him his his brainchild and then became incredibly wealthy they from didn't it. he's going to steal go it they, they the bought from they him. bought him out he didn't want to do it anymore like he he was he was he did bailed they buy out. Him out? I, I, yeah, I they did. They it bought was, him out like, for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, and, penny. And, oh, 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 pennies on the dollar. And then they built a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Is that the part that we forget? Like with, right with after he left, they built they built a multi. If that dude who was in like Microsoft's garage goes to uh, and, and got bought off for like twenty grand, whatever that story is, if he shows up at Bill Gates' house today and goes, hey, 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 where's my cut? Gates is going to be like, uh, I, I built this company and me and all the people I'm affiliated with, we did it. Like, you exactly. left. I don't and owe you anything. Walt doesn't go to them and ask. He tries to build his own thing because fuck them. I'm not begging them for money when I'm sick. He doesn't want pity. He, yeah, sure, he's got how ego. How is selling meth principled in that circumstance? <laughs> how, is, how is it not principled? What's so wrong with meth when it comes to, to morality? It's, it's not even just the meth. It's the, it's the rest of the bad stuff he had to do when he was in that business. What was the worst thing he did, though, right? Uh, well, maybe the kid sick wasn't so good. The worst thing he ever did uh, was he, he didn't was save he that had, Oh, he, he had Gail kill. Gabe? Gail? Gail, I think. That, he had Gail kill. That's probably the worst thing he did. So He, he also the, saw Jesse actually, sleeping next to his girlfriend, and he could have saved her life, and he just let her oh, uh, die on her own bomb. Him, he killed her. He ruined Jesse's of. life. 
by by letting her die, he saves Jesse's life and can and 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 takes care of himself at the same time. Just in, in an alternate reality where she goes on living, she milks Jesse for all he's worth, and then they turn Walt in. Well, yeah. So, um, because I've seen it really recently. Maybe. He didn't just observe her ODing. He actually rolled her onto his back. He was responsible for her choking on her own, her own vomit. She was laying on her side like a responsible OD. And, uh, but she only choked on her vomit because Walt Sr. put her on her back. She starts vomiting, and he allows her to die. He didn't mean to put her on her back. Like He like leaned over the bed or something, and she like, like rolled over. But then you see her like start to... And then he like goes in like he's going to help just instinctively. And then he like... I think oh, he, maybe not. Maybe I'll let her choke to death on her own vomit. And then he just slinks back out the door. Like, he did yeah, a ton good. of shitty stuff, but the biggest thing I dislike him for, because all the shitty stuff is entertaining as fuck, I dislike him for, like, having such an ego that he put his own ego ahead of the well-being of his family that he was apparently sacrificing so much to to provide for. Yeah, you know, it's like, you're, you're, you think you're going to make as much money with meth? Like, oh, we're making hundreds of thousands. It's like, your friend is going to take care of your family. Put aside your ego, like he's worth billions. Like it's gonna be okay. It's not about you right well, now. He might it have is made about more you, money but it's not on about meth you. in the end. Like he seemed to be making twenty-two million and stuff. Like it, I don't think his friend yeah, was gonna I, hand I, but, him eight digits. But I would, Walt's my hero. Be making I, I'm a, a big fan of everything Walt did. Um, he he did what he had to do to take care of his family. And and look, I'm not saying it was all right. Much of it was incredibly immoral and and evil. You could even say the show is called Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's about a man breaking bad. What I have a problem with is Walt Jr., the man's son, immediately turning on him. I'm telling you, if my dad was like, Kyle, oh, I, I never told you, but uh. I'm the biggest cocaine distributor in the world, okay? Mm. And we gotta get out of here right now. I'm like, oh shit. Well, let's go. Let's go. You got a plane or what? <laughs> we gotta hurry. You got you got any coke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much right. that do you support though? Like you're in your life, you have your life, and you're you know set up as you are. And like, what if he's pulling your life down around? Like, how much? When the support is passive, like you're like, yeah, okay, you're doing that. I'm not going to turn you in. That's one thing. But when the support becomes active and interferes with your life, where's where's your cutoff on that? Uh, Are you I like, I give up my yeah. entire life for my dad's drug yeah. stuff? And what if he's doing it for fucking ego? It's not looking after you or looking after the family. It's for his own fucking thing. You're still going to give up your entire life for that? Yeah, I think family is is, is paramount. Pa- family is like the most important thing. So so nothing else matters. That That's the number one thing. And like I would rather like live my life on the run with my father, even if that life is another two years, than rat my dad out and be and, and like Wait, call the cops and did walt do that because i'm still rewatching it no not they didn't rat oh. him out but like the mom calls the police and he's like and he's like get out of here dad you get away from us we're called we're ratting you out now and taking immunity or whatever you know i i, I poor shit no i don't know families do shitty things to each other all the time again this shitty is... families i i, yeah, I sure I, I'm not but down you, with but but I, I there's, a, there's a term that I like. It's called chosen family, and it's a term that again it was in the BDSM community when I was you know doing the research with that. And that this is basically like it's people putting together the people they want to associate with. You put together the life you want to have. You put together the people who are important to you. And yeah, blood blood comes in as a kind of starting point to make that easier. You grew up with these people. They care about you. They've invested in you. You've done the same. Although you hear these families that are fucking horrible. You hear these things of like parents doing so shitty to people and these estranged relationships that grow up. At that point, I don't think if you're at that point, just because it's biologically this person bore you or this person's your, you know, the semen donator for your for your existence, I don't think that's a bond. Like, yeah, I, but think, I, but I think it, it might facilitate making a bond, but I don't think it's a bond in of itself. I agree. But, but I feel like 
Walt had done so much for his family and his son, uh, setting the the drug empire aside, just like the way he interacted with his kid on a daily basis, the love that he clearly had, the support that he was clearly giving and, and everything. Remember when he bought him that car? He didn't buy that car out of, out of, out of ego or making himself feel good. He was, he was like, no, my kid's not going to drive a piece of shit car. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do something. Yeah, for that's, him that ego. Love. that's ego. You don't see that as ego. My, my son's not going to drive a piece of shit car. That's definitely that's, that's, I, I'm, I'm coming down. Well, with maybe on phrase this. it exactly like that and, and make it like, I don't want people seeing my son on a piece of shit car. But that wasn't it. It was like, I want to give him something good. Everything he's got is shit. Well, but and even when part, part of that was the ego of him being like, I'm going to I'm now not the teacher guy. Everybody's got to know. Like, this is like a billboard for me. Wow. The whites must be killing it now. Like, that's kind of how I saw that scene. Like, of course, there's like the yeah, me and my son having fun. But he also knew in his kind of heart of hearts, we can't keep these cars. Like, Skylar's going to come down, and then Walt Jr.'s going to hate Skylar because she'll be making the rational, smart decision of, are you high, Walt? You sell drugs, and we are, are like getting assistance from neighbors. They're bringing us casseroles. We can have two brand-new cars <laughs> sitting here. Like, that was the sillier thing there. I, I hadn't considered Philly's ego point as much, but, yeah, it, it was that I saw is a little despicable because it was a clear tactical attempt to align his son against his mother. Fuck Skyler, that chunky whore. By the way, I've been watching NYPD Blue. You know, it starts in 1993 or 94 or something. Skyler is in there as like a 19-year-old version of herself. Hmm. So hot. So like 19 or 20-year-old Skyler is smoking hot. Just and very thin, very very athletic looking. Uh, hmm. I think she was a crack whore. Which, and she, yeah, it looks good. It's a good look on good. people, yeah. Oh, yeah, just... Just thin and early, early crack horn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first few weeks, um, she looks smoking hot. Um, but but yeah, fuck Skylar, that chunky whore. Like, get in shape for your husband. He's got an empire. He's running out there. Like like you can, and he's, you can at least. Well, wait. Who's more fit? Maybe Walt looks oh, more fit in clothes. Come on. But when you see him in his tidy whiteies, he's in fine shape for for much better than average. I think. I I, hmm. I definitely think Brian Cranston. You know, even in the whitey tighties, he's got the tiniest of a belly. Like maybe he could lose. He's like five, skinny fat. Yeah, he could lose. If he lost ten pounds, it might be too much. And 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 like he, he could get a little bit more muscular, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's not exactly like he doesn't exactly have time to be working out. I don't know if he works the kettlebell routine into his to his day with Gustavo and and uh, and his in his other uh, requirements, right? Skyler is fat. I like, I like Gustavo. Yeah, I liked I how meticulous Gustavo. he was. He seemed yeah. like the only him and Mike were my yeah. two two of my favorite the only characters. Only people who had their shit together at all. Like Mike's every time something unexpected Saul. happened. Like yeah, it I didn't was like, like Better Call Saul. yeah, Better Call Saul is good. I like how Mike has a bigger part, but I liked mm-hmm. how Gustavo and Mike. Anytime shit goes awry, it was never like running around like a chicken with its head cut off, like Walt and Jesse did. It was like, all right, we're gonna do this and that. Mike, I need you to go here and do this. I'm on it, <laughs> and then he goes there and he does it quickly, and then like I like I Mike. Know, they they were like the guy. efficient business. Like Mike is the baddest guy in the show because he makes the best decisions. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's an expert he in comes that out field. As competent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I had a very hard time with that show. I watched, I watched all of it. My wife got quite into it and I watched all of it, but I just, I didn't like the characters who were the main characters are not characters I liked. And I had a hard time watching. It's like the hard time, like reading like, um, like Naked Lord Lunch or something like that. Or it's just like, you know, you're like, I fucking hate everyone in this. They're all making terrible decisions. They're all disgusting to me. It's like, I don't want any, like, I have a hard time watching that. Like, I, I want got no problem the, with villains. I, I got or, or or like um, I tend know, to empathize more, with the villains a lot. 
I, yeah, I, I don't I don't like people who are incompetent and and emotionally motivated and, and, and that sort of thing. Like, like like the people who will like flip out and then do something that's clearly gonna mess everything up just because of some emotional problem they have. Jesse was super annoying. I hated yeah. Jesse. If Agreed. I'm Walt, I rub Jesse out around mm, the third episode. Yeah. And but but Walt on the other hand just obviously Breaking Bad, right? And toward the end he becomes pretty bad, more bad than good. But early on he's just he's literally trying to provide for his family the best way he knows how it seems. Um I, I liked Walt for like 99% of the show a lot. But but I hate most of the other characters. Hank's a cool character. Hank's a guy who's like got his shit figured out, you know, Uncle Uncle Hank. Uh, I like how Hank does things. I like how he operates. I like that he took Walt Jr. I found him like, a bit of a moral prick to me. Like he was so like, he was like the like I I I've had some bad experiences with cops in my life from time to time, and one of them that he reminds me of is like growing up. Like I was at I was at a white I was at a girlfriend's like parents anniversary, right? And they had asked, and I was in college. I was under twenty one. I was like nineteen or twenty, and they asked me for help to um, to uh, set up the keg, and I did that, set it up for them, and. Uh, you know, it was a house party. We were spending the night there. And I asked the, you know, asked the mother, I'm like, you know, would you mind if I had some beers? No, no, no problem at all. That'd be fine. You know, you're welcome. You're like, you know, you're with family style thing. Right. And then like a couple, like maybe an hour later, I'm in the kitchen having a beer out of, you know, sipping out a cup. And like, I'm left alone with like the two sisters come in and one of the sisters husband is a cop. And he's like, you're being so disrespectful. You need to pour this beer out, or I'm gonna call my friends at the station and have them come down here. You're underage, and I'm just like, holy shit! Like, the morality of the the the, the adherence to law outside of a rationality for that was like something I can't, I just can't stomach that. Like, yeah, that's bizarre. Following rules for rules' sake is the fucking stupidest thing ever, and it triggers the shit out of me. And I get that vibe pretty hard off Hank. As like rules for rules sake as opposed to necessity or or for morality. That's so. why I loved it so much when Walt made that blackmail tape. I love that moment so much. When Hank and his wife me? are... Um, he, he, he records that, that whole uh, video of himself basically blackmailing Hank. And, and he gives it to Hank at the Mexican restaurant. And Hank goes home and he watches it with his wife. And they realize... They've been they've been played like 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 they've been outmaneuvered by Walt. There's no way they can turn him in now. What was I don't his blackmail material? Do you I don't recall? remember the exact con. It, it's Walt basically lying on camera, and I and and I think he's saying that Hank is the drug kingpin, and that he's been um, forced into doing all this work for Hank or something like that. That's that's what he says in the in the video. And Hank is just stuck. There's no way that he can now like turn Walt in without because he's got enough like puzzle pieces to make that seem viable. But, yeah, you know, it's it. They're yeah. completely outmaneuvered. Let me let me let's watch a. Oh, I think there's music on that. I, I'll find. It. I, I'm gonna. I'll do an ad read and then I'll I'll try to find the the funny video that's kind of related to that. Okay. Yeah, Squarespace. This episode of PK is sponsored by our friends over at Squarespace. Whether you need a domain, website, or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. With easy-to-use tools, you can create a beautiful website with Squarespace's all-in-one platform. There's nothing to patch, install, or upgrade ever. You can create a beautiful website or online store with an award-winning template. Squarespace's award-winning templates are the most beautiful way to rep uh, present your ideas online. Squarespace also offers a unique domain experience that's fully transparent and simple to set up. They're trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. Squarespace is used by a wide range of individuals. 
uh, creatives and people, including musicians, designers, artists, restaurants, and more. Everybody needs their own corner of the internet today. So get started and start your free trial today at squarespace.com slash PKA to get 10% off your first purchase at squarespace.com slash PKA. Begin the next move in your career today with Squarespace. Check them out. Don't pay for, you know, some big expensive project when you can hop on, do it yourself. Easy to to customize, easy to do. The modules are very user-friendly for people like me who don't know anything about uh, computer programming or building websites that are easy to use on mobile and things like that. So starting a business or just want a website, this is great. This is what they do. They're professionals. They'll help you get your site up and they'll keep it up. Yep. It's also brought to you by Smart Math, of course. Bad breath is a gross, embarrassing problem that impacts everyone at some point in their lives. Fortunately, it isn't your fault. Smart Math Mouthwash knows that the real cause of bad breath and uh, they know that just two, two rinses a day can solve it for good. But first, what is bad breath? Bad breath is a natural consequence of bacteria living in your mouth. Naturally occurring oral bacteria consume protein in your mouth and give off sulfur gases waste. So when you smell that rotten egg, bad breath odor, you're actually smelling sulfur gas. Using alcohol to just kill germs or trying to cover up the odor with a, with a minty mask won't solve the problem. To solve a real problem, you need real science. Smart Mouth uses a clinically proven patented two-liquid system. When poured, the clear sulfur-eliminating solution combines with the green zinc ion solution and activates. The activated zinc ions seek out, seek out and bind the bacteria in the mouth, stopping them from being able to consume protein or release sulfur for 12 hours per rinse. No sulfur gas means no bad breath. Find Smart Mouth in the oral health aisle at your favorite supermarket, pharmacy, grocery store, or online at, or online at Amazon. And now this is the important part. For a limited time, go on over to smartmouth.com slash PKA and get a free $3 off coupon for any Smart Mouth rinse. That's smartmouth.com slash PKA to save smartmouth.com slash PKA. We switched over, my wife in particular, switched over to the Smart Mouth toothpaste. And uh, that happened a couple months ago and she went to the dentist and got like a glowing report. And she, it was one of her easiest cleanings ever. And then it was like, ah, oh, she's... Honestly, goodness, good luck with that. So yeah, yeah. There's nothing better to pair with the Smart Mouth uh, <laughs> mouthwash than the Smart Mouth toothpaste. I've used that for years as well. It is fantastic. It's it's got a really like, like I went back to a different brand like at someone's house and I stayed the night. Uh -huh. And you don't realize how mild the Smart Mouth one is. Like it doesn't stick in your mouth. It doesn't taste bad until you go back to one of like the mainstream ones and you're like, oh, this tastes like just you know, peppermint patty shit on my tongue. Like <laughs> tw twenty minutes afterward. Like, it's a very unpleasant thing. So, yeah, the toothpaste yeah. is excellent. You should definitely check that out as well. She switched. I, I learned a long time ago that people are most loyal in their life to toothpaste and cigarettes. That, that That's the hardest thing to mm. wrestle people away from. And uh, yep. Smart Mouth did it based on her experience. There we go. Glad she's liking it. And, should we okay. uh, try? Should we do some of our conspiracy theories? Last week, of course, it was suggested that... Uh, we each pick a conspiracy theory, um, and then we come and try to convince the others that perhaps there is some validity to that conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And there will be no second guessing in your presen presentation of the conspiracy. No. You will present it as though it is fact. Mine is fact. That's the point. <laughs> yes, that you have to. Mine, mine are both facts, too. All of <laughs> are facts. Uh, before I start mine, I just want to say I'm going to present it as if it's fact. It's not a fact. You don't is have it? to hedge these things. And Kyle, you're giving away your conspiracy. What is it? <laughs> or do you, would you want to lead or what do you want to do? Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. There are no pictures, plans, or wartime documents dealing with gas chambers or any plan, or, or any plan to exterminate the Jews. 
during the, during the supposed Holocaust. And we can't use the excuse that the Nazis destroyed all of that evidence because after we broke the German codes, we were able to intercept their secret transmissions, including those from Auschwitz. There were no plans ever discussed, no numbers discussed, no uh, techniques, no orders given. Zyklon B was in widespread use throughout Europe at the time for pest control, and it's found in all of the concentration camps, including those that are not said to have had gas chambers in them. Aerial photos taken of Auschwitz during the war show no signs of people being gassed, bodies being burned, or the stores of fuel that would be required to power the crematoriums. World War II lasted a total of six years. Assuming that Hitler started gassing Jews since day one, that makes for uh, 3,153,600 minutes. Six million Jews killed during 3,153,600 minutes comes out to 1.9 Jews per minute. That means Hitler killed roughly one Jew every 30 seconds. In Auschwitz, the most famous and biggest concentration camp, there are 15 crematoriums. According to Auschwitz survivors, Jews would go into the chamber, gassed for 15 into 20 minutes, then put into the oven. It takes one hour to cremate a body using modern furnaces, which operate at much higher temperatures than the traditional ovens at the camp. However, let us say that the ovens were operating at a level that we see today. That means it would take one hour, 20 minutes, to gas and burn 15 Jews, assuming they were all burned simultaneously. This is, of course, disregarding the time it would take for the gas to empty the chamber, uh, for the bodies to be transported from the chamber to the oven. Uh, the elevators used to transport bodies were very slow and could only take up uh, seven bodies at a time with their weight capacity. However, for our greatest uh, ally, we're going to assume that the bodies were magically teleported instantly from chamber to oven as soon as they were deceased. That means 15 Jews were gassed and burned every one and a half hours. That comes out to exactly 300 Jews every 24 hours. Assuming the gassing and burning of the Jews was happening every hour straight without stopping for six years on an uninterrupted basis, the total number of killed Jews would be 657,000 for those six years. The official uh, tally is that four million Jews were killed at Auschwitz alone. Even at the other, even at the other official story of 2.5 million, only then it adds up, uh, but assuming for 3.1 million minutes of 24-7 gassing. That's way more than existed, of course. We would need some time mm -hmm. travel. Supposed gas chambers do not have gasketed doors. They do not have fireproof switches, bulbs, or wiring. The gas is flammable. And the inlets in the roof that are said to have been the point of introduction for Zyklon crystals were, according to senior officials, added after the war. Dr. Uh, Francis Piper, the senior curator and director of archives at the Auschwitz State Museum, admitted on camera to David Cole that CREMA 1, the alleged gas chamber at Auschwitz main camp, was in fact a reconstruction built by the Soviets after the war under direct orders from Stalin. This includes the fake chimney that is not even connected to the crematorium. There's pictures of that. In 1988, an execution equipment expert, uh, a gentleman named Lupter, uh, who, crea who created the, the famous or infamous, perhaps, Lupter report, conducted forensic examinations of the gas chambers. He took samples from four chambers at Birkenau, the one at the main camp at Auschwitz, and a control sample from one of the disinfectant chamber, uh, excuse me, not disinfectant, it's uh, the disinfestation uh, chambers that we know used Zyklon B. It was used to deal with uh, the louse problem, the lice problem. The, uh, the gas chamber showed almost no traces. 
whereas the disinfection, the disinfestation sample went literally off the scale. In 1990, the Institute for Forensic Research in Krakow attempted to refute these results, and their own tests came back with identical results. Denying the Holocaust, by the way, is a criminal offense, and it carries a, pri a prison sentence in several European countries. The Holocaust is the only event in history to be enforced by law, and it's the only conspiracy theory we'll talk about tonight that simply suggesting is literally against the law in 15 countries in Europe. 15 countries? So there's a really wow. interesting points about that. Like, can I just pick that for a second? I don't want to. No, you're not allowed. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to pick it one way or the other about like arguing against it because I, I, I just want to pick at some of the principles at that because there's a really cool part of that. So there's reciprocity at play there, right? There's the reciprocity element of this is it's a psychological persuasion technique. And part of this is you give up something small and the, the kind of psych, the impact of that is other people feel kind of it's not obligated, but they feel that same response to also make some um, like kind of reciprocal. What, uh, what concession are you talking about? I, I think I'm so part of what they're part of what he that 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 statement is it does a lot of like, OK, well, let's assume this scenario and this scenario is uh, too big. So we'll be like, for example, the elevator stuff uh, was a reciprocity thing. It's like a it's like, a OK, well, this would be super hard in this, but we'll assume that this element's not a problem and it still has problems. And there's like th three or four of those throughout that that the reciprocity stuff that jumps out at me. Another one is the facts thing. It's really interesting, right? Because we've had this conversation before here. I think it's really hard to refute facts on camera without any, especially in the in, in real time, without some citation and the ability to actually examine that citation. You could you said a number of facts in that that who knows if they're fucking facts one way or the other on that. Right. And especially when you're doing things like the report from such and such an institution. Again, like there's like an authority exchange there. You're being mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was going to bring a citations page and a lot of links, but I thought that dragged the show down. I most of it checked out, unfortunately. Huh. <laughs> it's just really it's really cool to like because you, you hear that and you're like, this is fairly persuasive. And I'm like, why is it persuasive? And it just to me, like, well, well uh, did, uh, going in uh, on that. The, the like rhetorical devices used is interesting, definitely. But like, what about the actual content of what Kyle said? Like, I'm trying to think of. I, in fact, one thing I didn't know that they said that four million Jews died just at Auschwitz. Is that right? Yeah. Just one at the of the one interesting place? things, and I was going to expound upon that was the was the varying uh, number of Jews that supposedly died over the years at various uh, camps. They began with the number six million, and, and that number six million goes back to like 1917, um, a publication in uh, the New York Sun, where they were uh, discussing the six million imperiled Jews in uh, in Europe, and then it, it, throughout the years that number was repeatedly used to describe how, and it's basically a number of how many Jews there were in Europe out of the that there were about 12 million in existence at the time, and um, there just weren't enough Jews there. To, to get the number that they're suggesting from most of the stuff I've read. But they, the numbers for Auschwitz fluctuated rapidly uh, between the years of like 1946 and the years uh, like 1988. They kept fluctuating from anywhere from 350,000 to 4 million. Meanwhile, the total number killed was never changed. Uh, that, that was mm. another point that I was going to make, but it was just a little weird to get around. Okay. It, what was that? What was the number you ended up saying for that presentation? Four million is is it, right. It's so like two point five to four million is the number that supposedly died at Auschwitz. That's alone. uh that's so, not of like, Jews though. The, that's of everyone, right, Kyle? Jews. So okay. 
even like an immediate, like for just like checking the facts, like I understand this conspiracy theory. Like I don't think you believe that blah, blah, blah. Right. But like just even interesting for that. Right. Because it's like presented as facts in that. Right. But like a one second Google search for literally how many Jews died at Auschwitz. Like the uh, first thing that fucking comes up is one million. Like between. Oh, wait, wait, you can't trust that filthy. That's part of the conspiracy. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, but like the, the weaving of like numbers and sources in there combined with non-factual information what so was that, the number that you got to that like was feasible or i guess there wasn't like a feasible number because so many six hundred fifty-seven thousand, and that was assuming like that like teleportation clause or whatever yes. the fuck okay yes and 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 always having enough fuel to run they they kept referring to a fuel um that's it's coke c-o-k-e and it stands for, it's some sort of a a crematorium fuel that was that was used and there would have to there would have had to have been enormous stockpiles of that on site at all times to like keep them running and of course there would have been plumes of smoke in the aerial photographs taken uh by the <laughs> allies and at the museum they have those photographs blown up the, the auschwitz museum and then you know there aren't any clouds of smoke so i guess that day in particular they weren't running the crematoriums that's hmm. interesting that is interesting i'm gonna have to google more about this Really? You're tempted to Google more after that? Just well, like, I'm I'm like looking to Philip like has what all you his did, questions like, answered. Like confirming and denying and shit. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, just, I mean, it's uh, it's so much more work to refute something than it is to to accept the claim. Like this is this is something that there you are also no out. eyewitness testimonies of them that that didn't come from uh, you know either tortured Nazis or people who were really in no state to know what they saw right because how could you see the gas chambers and live did people say that they saw the gas chamber and lived i'm sure there were some that did i mean i, I did i did six hours of research here i'm not a historian it just seems to me that there's a lot fit I, I think the holocaust happened but i think the number six million may be inflated gas chamber survivor holocaust let's see Jesus. Let's hope this is not in the title of this PKA and hope that oh, it's Robot there. does not get associated this with this. This one on NBC <laughs> says, Auschwitz like, survivor uh, Gina Turgle walked out of gas chamber alive. You wouldn't think they'd let her. Ah, she made it! <laughs> Damn! I think they didn't gas them yeah, all, that's, too. That's didn't they originally odd. shoot it seems them? Like... I think the shooting came, came later. It would be... Uh, maybe... I'm getting it off a movie. I remember them saying that this. I mean, this... I hadn't thought about that, Kyle. Like, if you did escape the gas chamber, wouldn't they just go, "Oh, look, shoot that person"? Yeah, they. They. I read a whole thing about how um, supposedly they use diesel, but they explained that diesel would take so diesel fumes would take so long to kill someone, and they 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 basically said, "Look, these people were in coal burning locomotives, right, on a train." being transported there. Why didn't they just pull the train into a tunnel and wait? And wait, what do you mean? Oh, like with the, the fuse. Yeah, you, we've seen choo-choo trains, right? You know, all that black smoke rolling out the top. If you just pulled that train into a tunnel and waited 30 minutes, now you've got a train of dead people. You don't, even, you don't have to worry with the camp, with the apparatus, with all of the guards, with, with crematoriums, with, with gases, with gas chambers. Now I gotta fucking Google a diesel tunnel. <laughs> 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 trying to keep up with all this stuff. 
But that's uh, mine. I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, my, my job was to put forward. Uh, nobody, nobody's accusing you of anything. We, we know. No, but they will. And uh, and then my job was to put forward a, a conspiracy theory and, and and support it as best I could. And uh, and and I, I thought of that one uh, early this morning. That that one popped up to me, and I started doing my a little bit of research online and uh, watching some YouTube videos and uh, and took a few notes. And, and Did you come that, across any like clearly crackpot people? There is a website that will pay you. Um, they've got like a bounty for anyone who can like explain how it could have happened to get to those numbers feasibly, and they they'll pay like seven hundred dollars if you can, if you can, if you can write a paper explaining how um, the Holocaust as it's presented could be factual. I found that interesting. Um, they also sell SS hats. SS hats. <laughs> what so they have like they have like a merch <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying that's probably the sort of the people we're we're describing here, but, you know, uh, uh, the kind of people you'd probably notice in public, or maybe not. I have no idea. We blended well. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting, Kyle. I think you did a very good job looking for a conspiracy theory and then presenting it very competently, the way we are supposed to present conspiracy theories. Woody, did you have any umbrage you took other than what you said? Go to Germany now. Uh, no, no, I. It, it filthy nailed all of it, all the same points that I would have thought. Like you hear him, you hear him do citations and numbers, and like I ran the math. The claims aren't even true, and then one second of googling, it's like those aren't even the claims. You know, like it, uh, there's, well, there's <laughs> different claims. That's the thing they, they bounce that number around so much. The mm. the number of of Jews that died in Auschwitz changed so many times. I, like I watched this video of how many times it changed, and it's 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 like well, shit. They said three hundred fifty thousand. And then they said 1 million. And then they said 1.1 million. And then it was 2.5. And then it was 4 million. And it's so, well, which number do we go off on? And like, how are they getting to these numbers? Uh, there was a six-year year period recently when they started allowing this online thing um, where people can literally go online and look for mistakes in like, the number of uh, Holocaust um, uh, victims there were, if, if it's a family member of something. And a million names were added. Even though there aren't any records, that people just added a million names to the list, it, and and like at the at the bottom of everything I read, that one of the persons made the argument, like, is it any worse that it was six million and not one million? Is it any better that it was one million and not six million? Yeah, it's like five million better. No, it's it's an atrocity both ways. Of course, it's a it's yeah. better because the numbers are smaller or larger, but it's it, it doesn't it's make still it a genocide. Yeah, or any worse, it's still a horrible, disgusting, evil thing. Whether it was one million that died or six million. Now, uh, Kyle, uh, so it looks like Kyle might have been reading from an older source because up until 1988, it looks like 4.1 million at Auschwitz was the claim, sure. but and then in 1988 right? gonna, they said. Uh, 1.1 million. This reminds me of our my first encounter on this show with a straw man argument of some sort, right? Where if you're putting up if you're putting up a figure that like you, you'd be like, oh, we can claim we can prove that this wasn't the figure, and everyone's like, well, we stopped claiming that was the figure 20 years ago, like that's 30 years ago. Yeah, sure, right. Mm -hmm. 31. Yeah, Two. that's that's yeah, that's clever. It's clever. It's interesting. It's I mean, it's like if you just like take that for with no other like historical place to put that. Like, yeah, should. that's. That sounds kind of legit. Like these are these numbers don't add up. I'm like yeah, that's funny. Well, it's one of those things. Like that's kind of well, the, the fun numbers still the don't add up. Even yeah. even with modern estimates as to how many died at, at and they are estimates, of course, because where where are they getting those numbers from, right? Where where does the 1.1 million number come from? You know, it's an estimate. They're 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 guessing. Even that number is 
40% too high for what could have possibly been done with the, with the apparatus in place. Trying to find, like, it seems like an easy thing to do would be to, like, find a, like, a census for, like, before and after the war, right? But then you also remember, like, a ton of Jewish people left for Israel in that, around that same time, right? Yeah. Like, and they left to other countries, so you wouldn't know. That was one of the explanations, um, the, the number of Jews a... that fled. Maybe I'm getting my history wrong. Wasn't Israel founded as a result around there? It absolutely was. In now, 48, I think. Yeah, that, so how are they leaving for Israel? Well, I mean, it's it? not like they said, and it's founded, come on in! And then they opened the gate. It's like you start with a population, and then it became yeah, yeah, a yeah, state. Yeah, sure, but like... This is okay, how Israel you... works. First you move in, and then you claim it as your settlement, and then it becomes official. That's exactly what happened, and and the two reasons and the two explanations for why the Holocaust was um, dreamt up, if you will, were given as um, Soviet propaganda, obviously to demonize the Germans. Uh, uh, there's plenty of evidence of that. That's that's irrefutable. Not dealing with the Holocaust, but dealing with uh, Soviet propaganda against Germans. Right? There's the the classic photograph of the two German sh soldiers smiling, each with a goose under each arm. And there's a Jewish woman hanging from a lamppost behind them. Of course, that's a Photoshop, an early, an old-timey Photoshop. They show the original, and they're just two happy Nazis with, go with geese, you know, mm -hmm. like out on the street corner. Um, and then the other one, of course, is to, to gain sympathy for Israel and, and amongst the international community uh, to take the Palestinians' Palestinians' land from them. Again, Every time, like, with any conspiracy theory, like, I always feel like there's too many well not with any conspiracy theory because there are some that like like to deny that conspiracies happen is silly like people conspire to do things in secret all the time and they get away with it but like for really really enormous ones it's like it seems like there would have to be so many people playing along and like they'd have to have so many records protected and like or maybe destroyed or, or shit like that you know like that's always the limiting factor for me for any conspiracy that seems like there'd just be too, a critical mass of people that couldn't you know, keep their mouth shut about it if, if it actually, you know. I found it happen. interesting that there weren't any records uh, of anyone giving an order to exterminate the Jews. And their explanation for that was that, well, we had cracked their code, and so if they had been sending it, we would have figured it out. Well, that, and there just weren't any. There weren't any records, secret or otherwise. You know, no, no records were found. That I mean, there, I'm sure there were plenty of war plans that we found. Like, oh yeah, here's where he ordered Rommel to go to North Africa instead of the instead of the Western Front. All right, that's page three. Oh, well, well, here's the whole thing about Operation Barbarossa. This is where he gave the order right here and, and decided to to break his non-aggression pact with Stalin. Oh, he wanted that oil, huh? But there's not a, a page that says anything about the Holocaust as we know it. And even though we mm -hmm. broke their you know, secret code, and we, were, we were intercepting all of their secret communications. You know, everything from their, their little their, their weapons uh, shipments to Japan to... Uh, you know their 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 defense uh, strategies in, in the uh, uh, around Normandy. You know, it's I don't know. I, I found it was an interesting read and it was an interesting bit of research to do. Uh, I definitely think the Holocaust happened though. <laughs> I'm glad you got that out. I want to visit Germany someday. Yeah, <laughs> there's this. I watched this one documentary. Could you not? If if, you, if they I don't, thought you were being serious, dude. There's this one part where they're interviewing this Catholic bishop or priest or something like that. He's an older uh, white guy, maybe 60 years old, and and they ask him about it, and he's like, "Oh, I, 
I don't believe it happened in the numbers that are suggested. I, I clearly believe that this, this, and that happened, but six million is just far too much. And, he's, and then he, st- he pauses and he goes, I hope you're not trying to bait me because here in Germany, I could be arrested for this. And then at the bottom, like text pops up, he was arrested and then like, like, mm. like, like, like sentenced to, it, it was either a fine or something like that. And then, and then later commuted. But then uh, at one of the videos, there's a whole list of scrolling text of all of the uh, people who have been arrested and the years that they've spent in prison for denying the Holocaust. It, it's Wait, a, how many years was it? Was it like Some of them was 12 months. Some yeah, of them was six or well, seven years. Is that, was that the intro for Taylor's conspiracy theory right there? <laughs> how many years have been spent behind bars denying Holocaust? It, it's it's, it's no, hundreds, I would mine. say. <laughs> Some of them spent six, seven years in prison because of it. That is a long time in prison. Yeah, it was the Swiss seemed pretty uh, aggressive with their sentences in particular. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. It is odd that you can be imprisoned for like talking about any kind of historical, you know, event. No, there's there's plenty of free speech in Europe unless you talk about that subject. I've heard this before though, like from because I have a fair number of German viewers and uh, I've, I've heard yeah. this broached up broached before and I actually thought it was kind of an interesting way of doing this this is like their country's way of being like we're not going to try to sweep this under the rug or deny this we're going to teach and educate about this and this is a requirement of our education to talk to talk about this and we're not going to allow stuff like this to happen again so these things are banned and you're not allowed to deny this should happen you can't do this and it's deliberate as a as a on a policy level to to make that definitely deliberate but it's in many other countries right you know Switzerland it doesn't really you know, need, is it really 15? That. That's another one of those facts. Let's that's, look that up. That's it used to be 15 at least because I saw the number 15 three different times. How many countries is Holocaust <laughs> wait, denial wait, illegal? Wait, did you say I saw the number 15 three times? Therefore, it's a I, fact. I don't. I don't mean that I just saw it randomly displaced in an article. <laughs> I mean it was okay, no, no, as no. of uh, as of 2013. There were 17 countries, and Italy was looking to uh, thinking about joining. According yeah, it's, to it's U, UPI.com. So yeah, that one's mine. Uh, um, you know, that, that's 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 the one I came up with. I, I looked at a bunch of conspiracy theories, and none of them really grabbed. I, none of them really grabbed me, and none of them were really as controversial as that one. Right? That one. That one really breaks people down a line. There are pe- the people who 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 think that 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 the Holocaust did not happen are over there, and the people who know it did are over here, and there is no mixing the streams. Right? Um, but so, so I liked that one a lot. I thought it would be. Uh, a good one to to, to do. What did you do, Taylor? Well, mine has something to do with uh, gas as well, except Ooh. it's in the modern day. So mine is about uh, Bashar al-Assad, who is the leader of Syria, uh, the elected leader of Syria. And the reason that it jumped out to me is we all know how divisive the media is and how much like Fox and MSNBC hate each other. Like it's rare that a story will break and that everyone will be on the same page without fail. Every single time, uh, Syria comes up, people on the left, people on the, or rather news sources on the left, news sources on the right. They all are like hinting at the idea that we need to get more involved in Syria. We need to have more troops over there. It's not so much a yes versus no. It's a, to what extent? you know, conversation of, do we need this many or this many? Who knows? But we definitely need a lot of people over there. And the reason it seems odd is you have to look at the timing and know the context of what's going on over there. So basically in Syria, there's a civil war going on between Assad's forces, the the forces of Syria, 
and the quote-unquote moderate rebels that the U.S. and Israel and Western powers uh, pump up with those brand new Toyotas and guns and you know pallets of money to allow them the ability to fight back semi-effectively against uh, Assad's you know pro-army forces. And so this has been going on for a while, and these. Uh, quote-unquote, moderate rebels, which are not moderate at all. We call them moderate rebels because it sounds more palatable in the media. These are Wahhabi uh, Muslims, and those are the actual— like, Wahhabi Muslims are the ones that regular Muslims are like, oh, do, 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 do. no, no, thank you. Like, they're the extremist, you know, cut your fingers off, shoot you in a line, like, like, basically just an angry dog that can be wielded by a stronger power and turned against— They're the Mormons. The, the Mormons, sure. And every time— the civil, so the civil war now and for years has been going back and forth, but it's always been on the sod side for the most part. He's winning against these moderate rebels. And every time the war starts to turn down, uh, it happened under Obama, happened under Trump. Uh, they're like, oh, there's a gas attack. There's a gas attack. And they go, well, that, the line has been crossed. We got to uh, send more troops there. We got to lay the hammer down. And my uh, contention is that the reason that these gas attacks happen at these specific times is because they know that the moderate rebels are losing to Assad. They want to destroy Assad and have a power replacement there. And so they need any excuse at all to get the U.S. or Israeli or any real military's air force, because al-Qaeda, ISIS, they don't have air forces. They're going to get trounced by real air forces. And so the U.S., these Western powers, want to be able to go in, do some real fucking damage to Assad's army, and then back off and let uh, these moderate rebels go in and cr create havoc and and destroy this place. And what people don't know is, you know, Assad is is popular with his people, and he's uh, even among uh, you know they paint him as this like crazy madman, which Woody and I uh, we, on the show we talked about it before. You know, oh this previously rational actor who did things in their self interest. Uh, what they're doing this now? He's gassing his own people when he's winning the civil war. Well, it's just madman. Don't look any further into it, madman. Don't think about it. We got to do this. Uh, but every time the tide starts to turn, a, a gas attack or something like that happens in a totally non-strategic way, and they use that as rationale to funnel more money, more arms, more trucks to these moderate rebels to fight against Assad. Uh, in addition to that, you have to think about the context of the war and what Assad would have to gain from these gas attacks. So Assad is winning. What does a guy who's winning, who is popular with his people, and this most recent gas attack was during an EU inspection. <laughs> the EU was there to confirm that he didn't have any more gas. And as they were there, they go, gas attack, gas attack. You know, 70 uh, people died over here. Was it a strategic area that he needed to hold? Was it something that he there was any incentive whatsoever to do? Was Assad going, man, this civil war is going so well. I'm going to take on the U.S. Yeah, I'm going to take on the U.S. and Israel, you know, two of the most powerful militaries in the world. I'm going to take them on. Like, no, there's no incentive for him to do that at all. Uh, even the way that they cover it, you can tell that it's partially BS. You have the white helmets that you hear about, which are really just the PR, you know, front-facing arm of al-Qaeda. They're not the good guys. Uh, those white helmets, there are footage of them, you know, cleaning up the wreckage of this gas attack, and you see all these bodies laying out that were apparently just you know, uh, in the process of being killed by gas. You know, some people are dead, some people are still twitching, and they're walking around in their white helmets with, like, T-shirts and shorts on, touching these people, like, moving them, picking them up. You know what you don't do when there's a gas attack? Is you don't gallivant in there with your shorts on and start touching things. You don't do that. You're going to die. Like, it, it, gas isn't like movies where it's like, oh, is that last wisp of smoke out of the air? <laughs> oh, okay, I'm fine. No, that's lingering. That's there. You walk into that area way later, you're going to be in some serious shit. And so these, these, I think it's false flag 
of Western powers, namely the U.S. and Israel, who think that it is greatly advantageous to them to destabilize the Middle East and make themselves a stronger presence. And over and over and over and over, you see that it just doesn't add up. It does not make any sense at all for Assad to be doing what he does over there. He he is not this... Uh, and even... Even then, it's not even pumping up Assad like he's some great dude, but he's way better than those moderate rebels who the people who live in Syria are fucking terrified of. The people in those, in those cities are, are normal. They're not Wahhabi Muslims. Those Wahhabi Muslims hate those Muslims just as much as they want to kill the Christians. You know, Assad protects the minorities in these cities for the most part. He uses his army to make sure that they can't go in and start slaughtering the, the minority Christians or the, the uh, normal Muslims. So... That one really jumped out to me, and the more I read about it, unlike Kyle, I actually do think this makes a lot of sense. And I, I looked at like a lot of different news sites, and I started to notice the pattern of no critical analysis. It's a foregone conclusion that it is Assad. A gas attack, it's Assad. How do you know? Because there's footage right here of uh, ISIS soldiers with gas cans that have Turkish lettering on it that they somehow came across. Like It's not... It's clearly fucking these moderate rebels realizing, oh, man, we're losing. And if we give uh, that, quote, red line excuse to the Western powers of U.S. and Israel, then we're going to get more supplies. We're going to have a much better shot at winning this thing. And so it, it just does not add up one bit the way that the media covers it and the rationale of, of Assad to do these these atrocities. It's also interesting that Iran is, of course, bordered with Russia. One more, and and Assad is allied with Putin, so it just gives us even more reason to knock him out and put our own puppet in, eh? Yeah, it it, well, from from that point of view, yes. Yeah, I, I buy into that. I, I I so so I wouldn't think that the U.S. would would have dirty hands in in that, but I do. I could definitely see us being complicit in it, allowing that, it to happen. That's why we, or even... we fuel the moderate rebels. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's known. Oh, no, we do. Yes, of course. I, I've seen this uh, this graph that shows all of the groups that are fighting in Syria and how each of them are allied amongst one another. And it's a literal spider web diagram where where there are curved lines connecting all of the groups. And this group is opposed to this group. And this group is mm -hmm. allied with that group. And like, it, it's absurd. It's uh, so complicated. It's almost impossible. Because the Saudis are there as well. The Saudis are the, the the Saudis have people there. There there are mercenaries from all around the fucking globe there rep that are representing a, yeah. a dozen different countries and 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 groups of countries. Right. It's it's very and, complicated and you have thing. To remember, these are the same people who told us there were WMDs in Iraq confirmed. These are the same people who told you, oh yeah, anthrax. That's all coming from Iraq. That, that's where it's coming from. They've got like factories and shit there. So it's not like there's not a precedent to, to lay this on. You know, it's there is a pattern of lying to the people, lying and implying and seizing that foregone conclusion thing. Because if every mainstream media outlet is agreeing that it's Assad, most people are going to go, eh, must be. They're not going to look into it and see, wait, what? He's winning this war handily and he gasses his own people, but he's still popular with them for the most part. Like it, it doesn't add up. Like in this most recent one, it happened so soon after Trump had his like, you know, speech or whatever, where he's like, we're going to get out of Syria as soon as we can. We're getting out of there. And then lo and behold, 
you know, a little a little gas attack that doesn't make any tactical sense happens to try and, you know, make sure that that's not a possibility. It just, it does not add up. It doesn't. Yeah, I'll co-sign with that. There it is. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> I won! Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was afraid to agree with mine. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Lefty's been yeah. sending me swastika emojis this <laughs> whole time. Well, the difference is I actually do believe mine. I think that it makes a lot of sense. Do you have anything to weigh in on it, Filthy? No, I have no idea. No, no knowledge of any of the facts of that. So that Bad. that didn't stop me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have... I'm excited for Woody's. Woody has a PowerPoint for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, this is fu- it's fucking hilarious to me that you did this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My, I kind of cheated because mine's not so much conspiracy theory as much as it is simple observative, observable fact. Um, it's a piece of cake to prove. So United F- Flight 80, 93, that's the plane that was shot down in Pennsylvania on 9-11. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through that and explain how I know that it was shot down. First, we're going to go through the timeline. What's important to note on slide two here is the times. The World Trade Center went down an hour and 15 minutes before this flight did. There was lots of actionable time. The second one went down an hour or half an hour before this plane was shot down. There were 30 minutes, 31 minutes before this thing was known to be a problem plane and the time that it was finally shot down. On slide three, George Bush in his memoirs included that he gave the order to shoot down this plane. He actually thought that, well, in his book. Did he really? I've never heard this. Yeah, and it's in his memoirs. He says, I gave the order to shoot down this plane, and I was under the impression for quite some time that it was us who shot down this plane, which to me is the cover for changing his story, right? You know, like, ah, it turns out it just crashed on its own. Bullshit. Next slide. The F-16s were there. As I mentioned, 31 minutes had passed. Well, the F-16s were only 10 minutes away from this flight. At supersonic speeds, it was less than 10 minutes. There was enough time to go there, to try radio contact, to give it a go. There were 21 minutes after the planes arrived to deal with this, to make a decision on whether they shoot it or not. Cleveland air traffic controllers were on the record saying that the F-16s and Flight 93 were there together in the same spot. And then they became forbidden to talk about what was on their radar screens. That's it. They just don't talk about that anymore. It's done. And there are eyewitnesses that see the F-16s right by Flight 93. Next slide. The engines on Flight 93 landed over 2,000 feet from the crash site of the rest of the plane. That's half a mile. Now, when planes come drilling into the ground, the debris tends to be very localized. It's in one spot. The engines don't go another half a mile away if they hit the ground first. And where do Mm -hmm. you see this engine record? Next slide, wreckage. There is a giant hole that this engine created as it came pummeling into the earth. Next slide. Here's a close-up of the engine buried into the dirt like, what is that? Four feet deep? Look at so this. So it clearly side. fell from a distance. It's, it, it, the entire engine is underground. It, it, it like burrowed a hole. This is not a motor that slid across the ground half a mile and then somehow dug a half foot, a four foot deep hole. That's not yeah. how this works. Next slide. They found mail. So Flight 93, like a lot of flights, had U.S. postage on it. They found this mail 
10 miles from the flat from the uh, crash site just scattered throughout the woods everywhere. The official explanation for this mail is that the wind blew it. The wind was going eight miles an hour that day, which means that these letters would have had to have been airborne for over an hour across the ground through the woods. What kind of horseshit is that, right? That, that, that's not what mail does. If you dropped a letter in your front yard with eight mile an hour wind, it wouldn't stay airborne for the next hour and 15 minutes and find itself 10 miles away. It would drop at your feet. Unless there was a hole blown in the plane from 5,000, 8,000 feet in the sky. And then the mm -hmm. mail scattered across a 10-mile crash site because that's what letters would do. Last slide. In summary, the order to shoot this plane down was given by W. The F-16s were in the area with more than enough time to get it done. And the crash site debris is consistent with an air-to-air -air missile strike. The only other possibility is that... The plane broke up in the air due to the pilot, the 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 um, the passengers attempting to take control, grabbing controls, and then making it do some sort of maneuver. Because the plane definitely has to break up in the air yeah. to accomplish all of these things. So you think the passengers flew the plane in such a way that the engine flew off? Um, I don't know much about planes, but like, <laughs> but, but it. It sounds like the plane broke up in the air yeah, due to did. something. Mm -hmm. It definitely did. I, uh, I choose to believe Woody. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to go with any other conclusion on this. You know, the, the crash site is consistent with an air-to-air -air missile strike. Did they know if they the Flight 93 passengers ever made it into the cockpit or did anything like that? Or that's just totally unknown now. Because yeah, I know they, they, had some, the they recovered some calls. Well, not in the film. Yeah, there was more stuff I didn't include in here. Uh, the passengers did make a run, but they don't know that the passengers actually got in the cockpit. They also have a guy who was on the phone in the bathroom when the missile struck the plane. And he's describing the bang he heard. And... You know, they just, they don't really lay that out there. They're just... Wait, what, what was that? The, so there the was guy... a guy hiding in a bathroom because terrorists had taken over the plane. And while he's there talking to somebody on the phone, the missile strikes the plane and you can hear the bang. And he's like, I don't know what that was. And then it goes down. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility that the terrorists had a bomb with them? Which it does seem kind of redundant because they were using the plane as the bomb. Yeah. But... But why would... Okay, so maybe the, maybe when the passengers maybe the passengers were imminently taking control of the plane it was it was happening and then they set off an explosive device that could also be an explanation i suppose yeah, yeah that, although that I, I it just what is it occam's razor where the the most reasonable solution is the, the simplest one that, yes yeah, i don't see why terrorists would bring a bomb when they're trying to use the plane as a missile last resort potentially but i agree with you your, is, your explanation is the is the most likely to and me. and that yeah. uh, that alternative explanation is much trickier to slip past tsa than just some box cutters sure yeah, yeah. I, I i think that I, I think that it was shot down I, I agree with you i've always uh thought that honestly but based solely on the the, the debris field it was mm -hmm. so scattered um and and you know i you don't have to be an expert to like understand that if a plane hits the ground, then it's all right there where it hits the ground, not the spread out. The engine doesn't out. burrow itself in the ground a half mile from the site unless that yeah. engine came apart in the air. Yeah, yeah. it has to break up midair. And, and I don't recall what kind of planes that they were, but have you ever seen the footage of that pilot flying? I think it was a 747, and he does a fucking, um, what do you call it? Like, like a, a bar not a barrel roll. 
he goes like he does like a a loop de loop like uh-huh. like yeah I let forget me find what that's it. called but but like now that I, I I picture that I'm like no it doesn't matter what the fucking they did up there you can't make that plane break you They're... can't fly it bad enough to break it yeah don't take this right too hard we might just come apart <laughs> <It doesn't laughs> like, not, I don't think that uh, that's like maybe how like Ryanair works but not <laughs> you know not United Spirit 93 Airlines. yeah yeah that's that's really interesting I. I can't believe I'd never looked into Flight 93 at all. I've never even seen the film. It would be funny in the film if somebody edited in like a fighter jet, like in the corner that nobody <laughs> saw, and that just like then sunk back. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The stuff about like air traffic, air traffic control not being allowed to talk about what they saw on their radar. What's that about? That, that always inches me a bit towards the conspiratorial side. Is when people are instructed that they can't talk about it. You know, where it's like, hey, you can't talk about. Uh, what happened there and what you saw on your screen. We're not trying to hide anything, but you can't talk about it. And the explanation would probably be like, oh, there was probably some like, you know, classified high tech shit. It's like, no, do you think yeah. every other day they were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fellow, you know, air traffic controllers of Cleveland, remember to zip it up before you hit the bars tonight. <laughs> like, no, they, they, there's nothing. They're just organizing traffic in the air. It's not a conspiracy, you know, heavy job, I wouldn't think. Filthy, you look like you might have something to say. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of curious for each of you, like having done this, even with the intent of coming into this as research in a conspiracy theory, have have any of your views shifted at all from this? Like not necessarily like, I agree with this or is it more likely now having done this for you guys? Are you like a little bit swayed? Have you moved a little bit from the far um, one side to like a little bit more see, neutral? Like, from I, I guess I cheated a little bit because the Assad thing, like I was already questioning and like not, sold on at all and then just spending some time looking into it i'm like holy shit this is beyond the pale ridiculous the holocaust thing i feel like there are a lot of things in there that are going to turn out incorrect if you do a little deeper delve into it but you know i don't know i can't i can't even remember all the factoids um which is probably a very good rhetorical tactic to just you know gallop past people with a lot of you know i can copy and, paste and confirmed shit. by mm. the you know dutenheimen school <laughs> of 19 19- 1952 and all that shit. Uh, Woody's, I'd never considered before in my life. Like, literally, I've never considered this, never looked into it. Uh, Woody's points seem pretty salient to me. I, uh, right. Same thing happened to me. Like, it, so, like Taylor, I went into mine thinking that this could have been... I've always had suspicions about that one. And, uh, and then when I just look into it deeper and deeper, the explanations don't pass Occam's razor like the conspiracy does. Um, Taylor's, I buy into that completely, and I'm kind of inclined to buy into this idea that, you know, this world, that they lie to us when they tell us, this world leader who's been running a country, which is a pretty complicated task, is a complete madman who just occasionally goes off the rocker, yeah. off you his rocker. You mean like they did Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, like Saddam Hussein, just the same kind of guy. Another thing, Woody, you probably didn't know about Assad, he's been leader there for a long time, and it was either 2002 or 2004 that he put forward to the rest of the Middle Eastern nations, hey, let's all get rid of any kind of nuclear weapons or any kind of nuclear uh, weapon development, any kind of enriched uranium. Let's all get rid of any chemical weapons and move on from here. And most of the nations agreed, except for a couple. And I think it was like Iran and, uh, uh, or maybe it was Saudi the Arabia. Who were winning and, the no, race. No, it, it, <laughs> was, it was Saudi Arabia and Israel, I think, who were like, no, we're not doing that. And so by saying no, it like, 
all the other nations like, all right, well, I guess we got to keep enriching this shit. Like, we can't be the ones without it. Yeah, I feel like Syria, though, was it, it, not that it, this this doesn't debunk the idea that he's a lot more sane than, than people give him credit for. But it's like me, Aaron Foster, and, and Usain Bolt in a foot race. And I say, you know what? Let's stop racing. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, it's much easier to go, hey, everybody, let's just call it off, you know, from, from the back. Yeah, but, and yeah, also, yeah. Th- that wasn't, like, the point of that example. It was just to show this wasn't some guy in 2004 who was like, ooh, 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 uh-huh. ooh I'm going to throw a little gas over there today. And all the people are like, oh, my God, he's terrible. Are you going to vote for him? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and even Kyle's, which, uh, you know, you're not supposed to believe. It did make me question the numbers. You know, heck, <laughs> we did some Google searching and we learned that the numbers have changed here and there. And uh, I just wonder, like, huh, has yeah, it been? Find a few million here and there. It's not yeah, a few million bodies. You know, you lose them in the mix. Yeah, it's like it, it comes it just like illustrates two things so like clearly to me like the you know like what's the harm of fake news and then also like uh, and then the second one of, of just how difficult it is to prove something. Yeah, like it's so oh. easy to like just pull apart like the ways in which well that doesn't quite make sense or it doesn't pass like Occam's razor here, Occam's laser here, or or uh, you know whatever else like it's so easy to like pick those apart even when it's so clearly something that happens. That's, that's true. But there's also the reverse side of that coin where it's so easy for like this Assad thing, as an example, to be intellectually complacent and just yeah. be spoon-fed and be like, huh, ABC and CNN and Fox tell me that it's true. <laughs> what are you, some idiot? Some I, right. idiot? You know, like it, it, there's a term there's definitely a middle it. ground there. That it's like the bullshit asymmetry something. The bullshit asymmetry theorem. Oh, maybe? does it that's cool. I've never heard that. Oh, yeah. It, I've never it, heard that either. It goes like, like this. The amount of energy needed to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude bigger than it is to produce it. Yeah. And, and yeah. Filthy's been making reference I'm to counting that on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it takes so much research. That would actually help explain both sides of the conspiratorial coin in a way where, you know, actually, a conspiracy they put forward and they're like, oh, that's so obvious. Just a bunch of, you know, uh, Flight 93. Went down because there was an angry Muslim on it. You know, why would you question that? Well, well, I can't disprove that. Yeah. Oh, it went down because these planes shot it because they thought as a domestic threat. You know, it's something that nobody's happy about, but it was done to save more lives potentially. You know, like that, like both sides of those, you could apply that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, whatever you would call it. Just to toss it out, I've always kind of believed this, but I've never thought that our government was bad for making that choice. Of course not. No, they may have saved lives. They probably saved lives with it if that's what they did. Something I want to get out there before I forget. I want. Hopefully, you guys liked the conspiracy theory shit because this was fun. I I liked hearing you guys. guys Another one. I really enjoyed that. I I brought a couple, um, (laughs) but uh, they're they're definitely way sillier than the other (laughs) ones. Um, Which one was the most convincing to you? Oh, go filthy. Which one of these was? Oh, do you have one filthy? I didn't. No, no, no. I wanted filthy to answer the question. Sure. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. I guess the one, the, the less I know about it, the more easy it is to be convinced by arguments that I don't have the time, resources, or interest in actually Fair going enough. to look up. So, like, the one that was least convincing was Kyle's. And I actually thought he did an excellent job presenting it, but it was the least convincing to me because it's, like, so clear that it's bullshit, right? From so many other sources I have to be, to be like, this is bullshit. But the ones that I know less about, which are both of those, um, especially Woody's, because Woody's, like, for me, like, I know very little about Taylor's, but, like, the rationale I could see for Woody's argument is a without any other reference points of facts is a convincing rationale to some degree. So like, yeah. So 
I feel like I okay. just won something. And he had a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. I'm honestly disappointed, Phil. I thought you were going to pick me. So yeah. I thought he might. Yeah. I want no, the fans' I, opinion. Who do you think yeah. did the best at presenting? I think Woody did an excellent job. That he had materials there. That 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 goes a long way with me when you've got visuals, right? Uh, and which one uh, perhaps swayed you off of your original starting point on on said issue? Yeah. And if you guys have, like, more info on any of these, post them in the subreddit. Oh, I don't know why God. I had to say that. They will. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, if they've, got, if they've got, like, debunking info, we're like, hey, Taylor, your Assad take is half-ass retarded, and here's why. And I think it would just be fair if your moderators fact-checked everything that came through there, right? They should. It's just a standard oh, yeah. practice on the show. They should yeah, fact-check all this stuff. For yeah. a couple minutes of their free time. All <laughs> right, so the, the other two that I brought, I brought uh, the Denver International Airport which many people believe is a uh, not, yeah, a conspiracy, where it's uh, not actually just an airport. There are large structures underneath it. There's a lot of stuff going on, an Illuminati hub. Um, and then I brought that uh, getting women the right to vote was a long, uh, a long con by elites in order to disrupt the nuclear family. <laughs> I could do either one of those. I told you they were lighter. <laughs> I prefer the uh, I prefer the Denver Airport because I've okay. watched like some twenty minute YouTube videos about that. It is fascinating, uh, and um, every time I've ever been in the Denver Airport, I like uh, I tried to be observant and see some of the things I had learned in the videos. And uh, they, you know, I'm sure you're going to cover this, but it's it's way overbuilt. Um, yeah, some, it's 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 it. it I, fi I find that one very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it's super interesting. Did you have a vote on that one? I've never heard either of these, so I've never heard either of these as conspiracy theories. So no, either would be great. Okay, so I'll do the Denver airport one then. So uh, have I, I know Kyle has because I you picked me up there once. Uh, have you flown through the Denver airport, Filthy? I don't remember. Probably it's Denver, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the Denver airport was made in 1995, uh, and Denver already had a functional airport. It was it worked just fine, but they spent. Billions and I'm doing uh, the Denver airport conspiracy now, Woody. Thank you. Uh, so the airport itself is insane, insanely big. It is uh, 33,531 acres, 52.4 square miles, and its longest runway is 16,000 feet. It puts other airports to fucking shame with how big it is and how much space it takes up. Before it was constructed, there were a lot of fully finished buildings, five of them, that they had on that area. And they, they buried them all underground, and they, they just left them there. They left them all under there. They said that they weren't built correctly, and so they put them underneath the structure, is what their explanation was. And these were five fully formed, like a network that was underneath where the airport is. Keep in mind, this is an enormous airport. It's literally the biggest space under an airport in the country by a lot. Uh, that was one, this is one thing that, you know, I'm just setting the, the stage for what made people kind of conspicuous of this whole thing. Uh, something that, and it, this was featured on 2010's version of Jesse Ventura's hit show, Conspiracy, mm -hmm. and he confirms everything I'm about to say. And <laughs> uh, the Freemason thing. Do you guys know what Freemasons are? Yes. I, I could Perfect. use an explanation. It's basically like an elite group that a lot of people contend... Uh, kind of like the Illuminati, where it, they, they, they have, 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of lumped into that same mythology or, you know, assertion. Many of our founding fathers were Freemasons. Yeah, founding fathers, they have a a disproportionate amount of power. They can exert their influence, not necessarily directly. They're like a deep state, quote unquote, where they can manipulate powers that be in order to get their way. But they are staying in the shadows is what people would, would assume. And so the Freemasonry has a huge part at that airport. The capstone of the airport has the uh, compass and uh, sextant or whatever the fuck that thing is. Uh, compass and uh, something else. Sorry. Uh, did I write it down? I did not. Well, it's got the Freemason insignia on the capstone there. And it was sealed. The capstone was sealed uh, on March 19th, 1994, before it was opened. And on it, it says... To the people of Colorado in 2094. Oh, a square and compass Freemason symbol. That's what it was. And underneath that are two Grand Masters listed of the Freemasons. It also says uh, uh, a list, and it has New World Airport Commission. And people don't know what that is. But it says it has the Freemason symbol. It's the capstone of the building. It's got two of the Grand Masters listed. And it's got New World Airport Commission. If you don't know, New World Order is the thing that they always say those people are building. They're building a new world order where they're going to sit behind the shadows and conduct us like puppets. Uh, That kind of turned people off. The next thing were the statues. So if you've ever been inside the Denver airport, you'll know that the aesthetics of it are fucking weird. Yep. This is something that I noticed before I knew this was a conspiracy, where I'm like, I've never been in an airport getting my bags where there are gargoyles staring down at me all over the place. It is, it's a fucking strange aesthetic there. And so there are gargoyles all over the place on the, uh, in the airport, which is a Masonic symbol, I guess. Uh, they have a 30-foot horse out front that's blue, has glowing red eyes, yep. and they call it Blucifer. Because they think it's a demon horse. They use that, you know, the... the um, I saw it. The Freemasons do the whole Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse thing. And so they're like a poem or some shit under there. They think that that was a hint at that. Uh, people say it's cursed. And there have been reports of people having panic attacks and like passing out nearby the horse. And the horse itself was commissioned by an artist. Uh, filthy, I'm presenting this. How dare you though, snicker. I, I, I have, <laughs> this is serious shit, man. <laughs> I'll zip it up. Do you think I would joke about about a magic horse out front of the Denver airport? If you do, you don't even you don't even know me. <laughs> but uh, but shut up. So <laughs> so this 32 foot horse, as it was being commissioned and sculpted, it actually killed its creator. The head slipped off, gashed open his femoral artery, and he bled out all over the head of this horse that is now sitting out front of the Denver International Or Airport. was he sacrificed? You're reading my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's also the problem of the murals. In uh, So a lot of airports will have that aesthetic, you know, hey, come look at uh, Atlanta. We've got, a f- you know, cool, neat stuff. And, like, pictures of that. This is just a big mural, you know, multiple murals telling, like, a story. And the story is not very normal for what you would consider in an airport where you normally see like birds or like, you know, a nature scene. It's showing like predictions where, you know, you got, uh, they, they say it's about uh, the Germans taking over again because the, the first one is a guy who looks very Nazi-esque in a gas mask and there are people, you know, struggling and everything and he's clearly being, you know, assertive. He's going to take shit down. Uh, there's another one where... 
there is a Boy Scout who is clearly representing the U.S. handing his his weapon to a Bavarian child, clearly symbolizing Germany. You know, not a not a peace agreement, but handing the weapon to the the German. Uh, people do not like that. There was uh, there's another one of a devil jumping out of a suitcase. There's one. Uh, there is either it's either a statue or a, or no, it's a mural. There's a mural of Anubis, the Egyptian god of death. Uh, there's one of children gathered around a knife. Uh, there's kids in front of a burning building. There's yeah, those were all. And then America submitting to Germany by giving weapons to the Bavarian kid. And another thing they mention, flipping my page there, hmm. is that. Uh, the runways look like a swastika if you zoom out and look at it. You know, you got a nice-looking swastika shape there. And at first I thought, well, of course there wouldn't be curbs in a runway. You're setting planes off. And I thought, no, no, no. That makes too much sense. And so they're all straight. They look like swastikas. The other thing I mentioned early on, if you recall, are the underground bunkers that people assert uh, are under this thing. And it's not even an assertion. It's known that there are bunkers under there. Uh, when there was like some missile threat from North Korea during Obama's administration, he was mysteriously flown to, to Denver, oddly enough. that It's odd that he would go to Denver. People speculate or postulate that this might be a place to uh, uh, house undesirables in some sort of apocalyptic scenario where no one would know. Or they say that part of it might be to keep the elites safe in the event that something uh, were to happen that was calamitous. So the full final, spectrum, really, for these, these... Full spectrum. They're sure. multi-purpose rooms down there. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The five buildings were completed and buried intact, totally functional down there. Uh, there's also the 2007 incident that people believe that there is something electromagnetic happening underneath that building in one of those uh, finished buildings because 14 windshields on planes sp spontaneously broke on the same date at the same time in 2007, and it set the whole airport back, and there was no explanation for it given. Uh, there's also the 2012 uh, Aztec apocalyptic insignia above a couple of the um, above a couple of the murals. Uh, on one of the little statues they have there, they have AUAG on it, which are uh, chemical symbols, and they believe that that could be kind of a hint, you know, it's, it's gold and silver, but they say that it could be a hint towards uh, Australia antigen toxin, which is a weapon of choice for the Illuminati. So it yes. could be a hint, yes, yes, you act like I went to one site and, and read all this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, the Queen of England is also buying up properties surrounding this very airport. So I put you this, gentlemen, is it more likely... <laughs> an architect or a team of architects made a building too big and an artist with a bad sense of style was conscripted to decorate it? Or is it more likely that covert Germans working out of Argentina built the Denver airport to make sure that there would be a place to hide when it all goes tits up? Uh, option number two, I guess. I'm stunned. <laughs> compared to these other presentations i mean i thought a lot of these other presentations but they're very well done but this one <laughs> this one i think takes the cake for me there's almost no way to refute this like uh, nothing is even able to be challenged it's so clearly laid out step by step taylor you don't know this but while you were talking i put on the big screen all the different mur murals that Terrifying. you were describing 
Yeah, they're seriously fucked. They're, they're not good murals for an <laughs> airport. Have, that much is fair. I'm like, but like, there are gargoyles looking at you. Airport, right? Like, I've been to JFK and LaGuardia. I've been to LAX. I've been Vegas and Denver and, and Atlanta. And, and no all, Nazis. I they all they often have motifs. Right, you know, if you're in like the Southwest, they often have uh, a lot of Native American stuff and fucking Adobe looking shit. And you know, you you go up north and there's all kinds of like aviation stuff. That's bizarre. No yeah. other airport has that. Yeah, like here was, in Atlanta, we've got, weird. you know, sometimes it's a bit like it's like a local museum, a little bit of local history and flavor. Sometimes it's it's aeronautic history specifically. You know, that yeah. makes sense. And That's I could bizarre. Just... Well, I mean, the Illuminati or the Freemasons, whoever it is who are behind this, I mean, clearly had the same thought. They wanted a little bit of their local culture portrayed in the airport. I mean, they were that was what they weren't willing to compromise on. Sure. I mean, the shadow government, the hidden secret like puppet strings they're pulling, but not here, not giving up the tradition of the airport reflecting the local culture. That was not something they were willing to hide. Not something that's an American value so deep. So, so there would be a bunch of John Denver shit in there or something, right? Like, like what the fuck is that? Uh, this one that I linked I don't think to John you, Denver's from Denver. No, he? but he sings the song. That's all I care about. Oh. <laughs> this, this, uh, the one that I linked here, which ignore the InfoWars uh, banner in the bottom left, that's clearly like an evil stormtrooper oh. with a machine gun and a sword stabbing a white dove the symbol and, of peace and killing in the a background, symbol of peace perpetual in the background there are perpetual women holding dead babies and rubble yeah it's it's like the god of death or the god of war is what it looks like perpetuated that guy yeah. looks like a nazi to me like he yeah he, mean, he, a bit yeah yeah a soldier for sure like he's war if anything yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Kyle, See, do you like know that one? gun is that a gun that you can identify it's made to look like an AK-47. Okay. Yeah, it, it was... Uh, I've never given it any thought, and I looked into it, and it was very weird. But it's just... It, I mean, first of all, this is stone-cold retarded. If you actually... Like, you got to be stone-cold retarded to, to believe in a conspiracy like this. But also... Uh, and guess what? Like When I was reading about it, all it took was like five seconds to to undo everything that i just claimed i just right. didn't want to start with any of that it was like well they were trying a new baggage system to expedite <laughs> people's travel and it didn't end up working so now it's abandoned and they have a traditional baggage system it's like oh no no i don't think so lady i think that, it's, <laughs> that there are electromagnetic pulses you know and then those uh, 14 aircraft uh they were inspected by engineers or whoever you know uh, aeronautical engineers, whoever would do it, I don't know. And they were like, yeah, this is clearly caused by, you know, uh, rubble or something yeah. smashing into it. You, you know, the there were very high winds on that Show day. me the pig man! What's undeniable, though, is someone has a bad sense of art. Yeah, all this, yeah. Is, like, the gargoyles, the murals, that big, scary blue horse with the, with the, the fiery eyes. These <laughs> are awesome. arguably <laughs> the worst aesthetic choices <laughs> for an airport. Like, you're, are you trying to put people on edge? But yeah. anything like that brings tourism, right? 
Like, doesn't this type of shit, like, is, is this something that people are going to come and view? Like, this is hype for this. It's Why an are airport. we discussing this? Because to it's an airport hype. for tourism. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But here we are I'm going to about Denver. This. Where are you staying? Nah. <laughs> Not this guy. <laughs> Not this guy. Nah. I'm going to take a quick peek, couple of pics with me and the Nazi, and then I'm back home. So. <laughs> staying. <laughs> Next week, I'm, I'm, I'm visiting LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> I've flown through this airport, but only as a kid. I don't remember any of this. But now I'm I want to go back. I'm gonna buy a nine dollar beer in every airport across the country. I looked at the swastika and showed it to everyone too. I went to Google Maps and showed them that, and it does kind of look like a swastika. I see it, but as someone like who, Such whatever the little flying I do, you want to take off and land into the wind, and that's why they have like crosses, kind of, you know, so that regardless of the wind direction, you can probably go pretty much into it. Yeah. That. The swastika thing was the silliest part, arguably, because it was like, <laughs> what would you think a runway would look like? Like a bunch of straight lines going outward like the sun, like a curve here or there? Like, no, it, it's going like to be. Asterisk. If there is a shape that shows up at an airport, arguably the swastika is the most logical one. It, right? Nobody's like making a... like a yin-yang peace sign airport. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious to me that like part of this is so presumably this is they're so either secure in this or so necessary that the the, the conspirators are are flagging this. They put the whole it right point on of our money, man. That's how they keeping, work. Right? Like the idea of like keeping something secret but you're being as blatant as you can is such a bizarre juxtaposition of like how you think about that. Like you're trying to hide something? Well, I'm gonna put symbols that reveal this all over the fucking place. It seems really you know, it's, it's yeah, funny that it's, you fix it. Yeah. It seems like you'd be like teasing it, you know, like you would have to be the most ballsy motherfucker to be like, yeah, we're building it. We're building it in Denver, where they already have an airport that's fine. And guess what? It's going to be the biggest one out there. And guess what? We're putting fucked up murals and gargoyles in it. Why? Because they'll never suspect a creepy airport of actually being creepy. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, that, it is, that was an interesting one. Like, a lot... Like, clearly, it's retarded, but it's interesting the stuff people read into this and the fervor that some people will express on something as minute as whether or not the Denver airport has buildings underneath it. Like who could possibly, well, I, I ask who could possibly care. We're talking about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That it, horse does not make me want to fly. That horse is amazing. It's cool outside of like a rock climbing or a paintball course, but it's, it's, it shouldn't be at the airport. It should like, be Daddy, inside this is my the, first flight. What's that? It belongs in a laser tag arena. Yeah, it really, that's the kind of thing. Or on like uh, Double Dare 2000, something like that is where that belongs. Do, do they like dress up like any, any of the flights that fly out of there? Like sometimes like, you know, the stewardesses or whatever, and they're, they're like, running around in, like, the fucking horse costume. Like, that's, like, they do it all, like, kids, you need to buckle your seatbelts or the horse from hell takes you down. You know, like, I want to see, like, I would love to see, like, they should have art from that, and probably local artists will probably be inspired by this, of, like, the horse pulling down planes or something. Like, just, like, this is such a great... I just love that image. Like that image is incredible. It is a very and, cool, aesthetically pleasing statue in the context of the statue itself, not of like outside an airport. Yeah, it's both totally bizarre. Like this is clearly what some of the, the hype of this is about is how bizarre this is to have at this type of thing. Like airports yeah. are yeah. Airports are dull and uneventful and safe and comforting. Why is there a fucking glowing red devil horse in front of this one? Why is there a, a picture of kids holding weapons standing by a burning building? 
holding sure. a knife or whatever. Like that, I don't know. That doesn't seem to go very well with Wetzel's pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was curious. But, you said it was the biggest airport. Um, it is by land. That's the major yeah. That, that, that's the conspiracy part. Is that they bought way more land than was needed for it. Mm. Yeah, it's the sixth busiest by people. Yeah, like Atlanta's the busiest, I think. I think Atlanta's number one, but it's not nearly as big as Denver as far as area. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right about Atlanta being the busiest in terms of people. It, my site doesn't have land on it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to need a source on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. Tell us if you guys want this conspiracy shit to be a recurring bit, because I think it's entertaining and engaging and interesting to hear the things people believe, especially the like sillier ones like this. Kind of like the opposite of like a Mythbusters or something. It's really like really embrace the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> embrace the conspiracy. When you're talking about it, you have to believe it. I fucked yeah. up there in the middle when when you jumped in, but but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. What are what are some other really silly conspiracy theories or flat or, Earth? Yeah, flat Earth. That's almost like oh, I'm too overdone. Q I'm finding to be a little now I don't fully know it but that ties in with the comet pizza and the raping and the Hillary having an ankle bracelet or something are you familiar with the Q uh-uh. I don't know really oh. uh, uh, you guys broke up for me can you say it again filthy I said no I I, I don't really oh it's a a fairly new I don't know so I think it started on nine chan I might have that wrong I can't keep my chan straight chan well I I mean I could have it wrong it could be a chan but I thought that's i don't know if there even is a nine chan anyway uh something to do with q believes that the democrats are running this conspiracy i think the comet pizza thing comes in i think they have a ankle bracelet on the clintons and someone else so they can lock them up or track them uh 17 is a keyword for them and um q i guess is the 17th letter of the alphabet i didn't even fact check that but it seems about right and <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, Trump changed his 14 angry Democrats like thing that he's been saying for a couple of weeks. He upped it to 17 angry Democrats. And some people think that's a nod to the Qs. If you look at the Trump rally, people are holding up papers and stuff that just say Q on it. They have T-shirts that just say Q on it. It's a... Uh, it might be getting more attention than the size of it, but it's a conspiracy theory that's definitely on the rise. Like it, it, I haven't even heard about that. Like all like the the pedophile ring conspiracy theories I've heard, which you shouldn't even call pedophile rings a conspiracy because there have been busted and confirmed enormous pedophile rings all around the globe, all over the place. So when people use like the the fact that there wasn't one running out of a pizza place as like a carte blanche wiping away of that, it bothers me. Like no, these conspiracies do happen, folks. Like the pedophile rings do, but. Every time I've heard about it, it's not like a Democrat or Republican thing. It's like an elite, tippity-top kind of people, like a mix of all the powerful were involved in this kind of shit, you know? Is this a different, like, this is Now, th- this one partisan? is a little different. Yeah, it's partisan. They're scarily popular pro-Trump conspiracy theory. And um, uh, they refer to themselves as the storm. They say, we are Q. Uh, you can see them wearing their Q stuff at the, uh, at the rallies. And um, they believe that Donald Trump is in complete control of everything. Uh, I'm just looking at it here. I'm coming up to speed. They think he... Wait, it's a pro-Trump thing, but they think he's kind of in charge of this? Like he's... Yeah, they believe they have uh, total faith in Trump. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. And um, let's see. 
Um, I'm just scanning through this for some of the better ones. They say that the Hillary Rodham, extra, Hillary Rodham Clinton extradition is already in motion, effective yesterday with several countries in case of a border run. Passports approved to be flagged, effective October 30th, huh? Expect massive riots organized in defiance. U.S. military. They've got some real anti... This one didn't come true because it was October. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I think you'll hear more about Q. I, I suspect, like a lot of 4chan stuff, like it started as a spoof or a goof, and then some people jumped on because they're dumb. Yeah, they made like the serious. Hitler did nothing wrong uh, <laughs> flavor of Mountain Dew, mm. which is which is undoubtedly the funniest internet prank that I've ever seen. Like, I'm sure there's delicious. more. I'm just not... Like, are you familiar with that, Filthy? Uh-uh. So, uh, years ago, Mountain Dew was like, name your dew. Come on our site and vote for the name of the dew you want next, and we'll make your dew. Your dew idea could be the next Mountain Dew, you know, nationwide. And so 4chan was like, bombed the shit out of it and made it so that by a factor of like 100, the top voted flavor choice was... Hitler did nothing wrong, Mountain Dew. And so they had to kibosh the entire promotion because a bunch of assholes went in and ruined it. And I I loved that. It was funny seeing their little thing backfire where they're like, Mm -hmm. somebody's going to come up with something crazy like, you know, Mango Madness. (laughs) It's like, nope. Nope, they came up with Hitler did nothing wrong. And now you have to remove it from your site (laughs) and cancel the promotion. Uh, This is funny. Yeah, ridiculous. So a bit of a topic change. Mm. Uh, I wanted to see if you want. You, we were on different sides of this, Woody. Perhaps we could lay a small wager. Big fight this weekend. Big UFC event. Real, real quick before this, uh, we've got to get one final. Ah, oh, yes. Let me do an advertisement. Got a got a very got a new uh, advertisement here. This episode of PK is brought to you by Monster Energy's delicious new espresso drink. When you need an extra burst of energy but don't have time to wait in line, grab Espresso Monster. Espresso Monster is a premium blend of smooth espresso and cream. Packaged in an 8.4-ounce can, it's just the right size and perfect for when you're on the go. Each can has three shots of espresso blended with European milk, just the way the Italians do it. And at 150 to 160 milligrams of caffeine per can, it's sure to give you the energy you need to conquer the day. Espresso Monster has two delicious flavors to choose from, espresso and cream and vanilla espresso. Produced in Denmark and in the Netherlands, Espresso Monster is made with freshly, uh, freshly brewed espresso coffee, hormone-free milk, and a unique energy blend that's complete with taurine and B vitamins. Close your eyes and take a sip and enjoy Espresso Monster today. That sounds mm-hmm. like a good way to start your day. Smooth! <laughs> or, or when... I. I drink stuff like that when I'm driving and need to stay awake, which I'll be doing tomorrow. So yeah, I prefer those to uh, to other energy drinks that I don't know are different. Mm-hmm. I like the ones that have coffee as their energy uh, uh, supplier. So so definitely into that. Sounds delicious. Check them out. Um, really big UFC event coming up this weekend. To me, for for my money. Uh, it's a bigger Can event I? than the. Oh, you know. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say who was going to win. I would like to hear before you tell us who you think will win, who mm-hmm. you want to win. Sometimes they're not the I, same. It is the same for me. Um, I, I think that if Cody Garbrandt and, and TJ Dillashaw fight ten times, they each win four or five, you know, or four or six. You know, it, it gets split pretty evenly right. uh, if they fight. And TJ won the last one. Uh, I, I felt like uh, Cody 
almost won the last one in that first round. It was so, so close. And uh, these guys trained together when they were on the same uh, team or a gym, worked out of the same gym or whatever you want to call it. And they just know each other so very well. Uh, it's, it's such a personal thing for both of them. I, I got to, you know, if the coin's being flipped, last time it was Dillashaw. Uh, this time I think it's Garbrandt. I, I'm a big Garbrandt fan. I like him. I like his look. I like his attitude. Uh, I, I love his hand speed. It's very entertaining uh, to watch. And if I have to pick out a negative on TJ Dillashaw, um, he doesn't look natural to me. He doesn't pass the eye test for me. He's just so ripped and muscular. And not just ripped and muscular, but like like his core seems like it, 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 it comes out more than it should. Um, all of that comes together for me to say... Me. I didn't notice the nipples, but I know that that's a thing. Uh, Woody and I know someone who's on steroids, and they have a pointy nipple situation going on themselves. So, uh, so yeah, my money is on Cody Garbrandt. I I want Cody Garbrandt to win, and uh, and that's where I am now. The other fight, of course, and and I'll, I'd love to hear your your opinions on 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 all this. Um, uh, Demetrius Johnson, of course, uh, is going to defend his title once again against uh, what's his name, Ray Sahuda, Henry something like Cejuda, that. I think. Thanks. Yeah, the gold medalist, shorter, stockier guy, and that's saying something when you're comparing them to Demetrius Johnson, who's like fucking five three or some shit. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the upset on this one. I know, right? Like, I, I, I'm giving you. I'm sorry, I jumped in too. All yours. Yeah. All, all yours. right. That's, so, that's where I am. So I'm gonna say TJ wins. And like you, they seem super close. If people don't know the TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Gam- Garbrandt. TJ got saved by the bell in the first round. Cody had him knocked out. You know, he was ready to pounce. They do it's called shark in the water when you just go and you see the blood and 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 finish the fight. Had that round been 15 seconds longer, Cody would have won that fight. And I see it, and somehow in my head that registers as Cody should have won, or Cody did win, but the rules saved TJ. Like that's how I view it. But that's not what really happened. They both knew the rules. Sometimes fighters take chances in the last 15 seconds knowing there's a bell there, right? That, that's a, it, maybe if that round was a minute longer, TJ wouldn't have done whatever you know, led to it. I don't know. But the thing is, most rematches, the same person wins. And for that reason alone, I'm going to pick TJ. Uh, as far as want to win, ah, there's a narrative that's hard. So TJ is the bad guy, right? TJ is the obvious steroid user. Uh, for some reason, TJ changing camps was this huge betrayal. Everyone else in the UFC is allowed to change camps, but not TJ. He's an asshole for doing what everyone else does. Um, but it's the narrative. It's out there. And TJ's the bad guy. The thing is, when they went on The Ultimate Fighter, Cody Garbrandt was the biggest fucking asshole to have ever farted. He was such a dick to this guy. He bullied him. He bullied... Uh, I think I'm saying it wrong. Cody bullied TJ constantly Cody was bullying he always had numbers he only had like a couple guys who had his back and he's pushing TJ around grabbing him by the neck and the, you know just like choking him and just like like seeming to want to fight every day when they're there to coach you know the the prospects and suddenly the bad guy came off like the victim and the one that you want to win it was beautiful to see this bully finally get his comeuppance and now we're left with the who do you root for? Like the steroid user camp switcher or I'm the bully? The guy, the guy with a cancer kid. 
I haven't oh. seen him bring that cancer kid out. Uh, yeah. I don't think he brought him out last time, and he lost. So he better bring that cancer kid out this time. For those who don't know, Cardi, Cody Garbrandt has this close personal relationship with this like Make-A-Wish kid who, look, if you're a Make-A-Wish kid and you make it out to like eight UFC events, I'm going to start questioning what the fuck's going on, right? First of all, the fact that you have the energy to make it out to this thing, a little, little odd. But then when, like, eight years have passed and you're still showing up, putting Cody's belt on and, like, what, like what's why the are you still alive? theory called? <laughs> huh. it's, it, it's called That Kid Ain't Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking him up because I'm, I'm seeing if he's still around. Maybe steroids if, on if him, too? Dead? What if he's dead? That's, How bad would we feel? That's what I'm checking. <laughs> uh, well, he was alive in May, so it yeah, seems like he's not off, dead. Yeah, fuck off, cancer kid. You're not sick at all, are you? <laughs> it says he's a cancer survivor in these articles, which is a thing people do sometimes. But uh, I do hear you. It seems like Cody, there's a lot of arguments you could make that has him as being the good guy. But man, he was a bully to TJ for months while they did this, the Ultimate Fighter thing. Maybe promotion, though, right? You know, trying to trying to you know get some ticket sales, <sighs> did right? Did you see you it, say- too? Or are you like, going off of what I said? I've seen clips of it. Okay. I, I've definitely seen the altercations. Conor McGregor was there in, mm-hmm. in one of them. I, like, I, I've seen a lot of the altercations, and I agree. He came off as a bad guy in some of them. But, you know, the thing is, like, like there's a there, it's a show. I, to, so to some extent, I, I know there actually is bad blood, but I'm sure there's some playing that up at the same time. Right. Um, I, so I don't hold it against him. Right now he's getting a lot of flack uh, because of some old tweets that he had. Cody Garbrandt, this is. Huh. He had some old tweets from when he was literally a teenager, it seems, where he used the word nigga. Oh. Uh, he's N-I-G-G-A. He, he you know, like, like call, saying to people, hey, oh, yeah, you're my nigga, or like that nigga this or this nigga that, you know, like stuff like that. Like, like none of it was. Yeah. Well, those are not like bullets aggressive. I'll be using to dislike Cody. I just dislike Cody because he bullied TJ. I thought certainly, I thought he certainly. wasn't a very good sportsman. So I'm going to root for TJ and I'm going to predict TJ. I, I see how close the first fight was, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, thug Rose had a close fight too. And she had a close second fight. Yeah. I, 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 I well, the first fight was, wasn't nearly as close as the second one. Uh, oh, you're right. Rose. She knocked her out. <laughs> I'm crazy. Yeah, beat her the shit out of her. Joanna yeah. is. I'm I'm done with Joanna. She she still won't like. She she she's like no. I'm still the best. I'm still the best. It's like you realize you've gotten your ass beaten twice by her now. Once in like devastating fashion, and the other in like a five round grind match where she just where she like she's bested you in both ways that someone gets bested in this sport. Like she knocked you the fuck out in round one. May it may have been round two. I, like I, I watched it, but I don't recall. She 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 beat you down in like spectacular fashion, and she <clears> ground <throat> grinded you out for the long haul. Like you couldn't beat her. In it, there's no scenario in, in which contest. you beat her. She's just better than you. Stop acting exactly. like you're still the champ. Like, like, yeah. and I, I like the way you said it too, because like um, Conor McGregor beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, right? There's two ways to look at that. One, oh my gosh, such complete, utter dominance. 13 seconds and he won the fight. Two, oh, they barely did it. You know, yeah. like we didn't get a chance to see it play out. The, someone just had a, you know, great hit early on. Mm-hmm. So. And th- but then the thing, you know, and, and Con- we could go on Connor forever. I, I, I'm sure you probably saw um, um, Chael talking about, he's, he's made a couple of videos now where, he, he, where the title of them is, how just how good is Conor McGregor, and he really breaks it down for like fifteen or twenty minutes yeah. about all of Conor's opponents, and uh, and it's it 
yeah. I, I really enjoy watching Chael. Chael does so. great. Yeah, he 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 laid out Connor's easy road to the title. People like so, Max Holloway, Dustin Poirier, uh, yeah. Chad Mendez. Like, yeah, yeah. it's this easy yeah, road. The, oh yeah, they spoon fed <laughs> Max Holloway. It was it was really easy, huh? No, that went the distance, and he won the decision against him. You know, like With like, the torn like ACL. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, the the man's incredible. I I like Connor in the Habib fight because I think uh-huh. that he, I, you know, based both on my own observations and of course when you get the reinforcement of someone like Chael, like like being like, look, just look look at how uh, Habib comes forward with his with his chin up and his hands down. You know, like look at look how he got. He's gonna do tuned. that against the guy who's perhaps the best in the world at like walking backwards and finding your chin, and hitting a fucking target that's as big as an orange, so goddamn hard. <laughs> I know. So goddamn hard. He hits so goddamn hard. And it's like, funny you picked Henry Cejudo to beat DJ, but Demetrius Johnson, because um, I was thinking a similar thing. I was like, man, you, like Demetrius Johnson is going to lose someday, right? Someday he's going to lose, and it's not going to be expected. Could it be this fight? Why not? You know, mm-hmm. this, Cejudo is a dangerous dude. He's what are the? I think he's a gold medal wrestler. Does that gold sound right? Gold medal, yes. Yeah, um, I wasn't. I thought it could have been boxing, but yeah. Anyway, uh, he's, you know, he's Olympic gold medalist. He's a badass. He's someone's going to beat DJ someday. It could be this weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So can so. I uh, pull something in real quick? Just, mm. uh, I actually kind of. For, to talk to me as a novice for this, not as someone who I, I've watched some MMA stuff, but I really like MMA, but I haven't really watched a lot of it. What's the best way to get into it? Where, 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 where do I find this? Where's a reliable way to watch this? Where, where would I start to get? Because like, this is clearly like you guys are pretty deep into the enjoyment of this. And it's something that I like watching, but I don't really know how to get so deeply involved with it. I have the ESP. I have the uh, UFC um, app. On my like uh, on my Amazon device, and when you pay, I don't I don't know what I'm paying. Um, it, it's somewhere between ten and twenty dollars a month that I pay for the, for access to this thing. But it gives me the entire fucking library of so many fights. And the thing mm. about uh, Dana White, he is he's like uh, who's the guy who owns the WWE, the Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon. He is the Vince McMahon in many ways of mixed martial arts, in that he buys as many of his competitors as he possibly can can. And so on that app, you've got all these no-name promotions you've never heard of, and all of the fights that they've ever had on tape are there. So there are thousands and thousands of fights on there. And so you mm. can kind of go back and get the history of a fighter. So oftentimes if I see an event and there's like a, a, a fighter on there that I'm not familiar with, I'll be like, well, shit, let me go watch his last eight fights or something right here on, the, on this app. And you know, with the commentators and full HD and everything, I like that. Uh, the, the MMA subreddit is an excellent source of uh of material the thing is mma is an expensive sport to watch that i find so because because right now i'm paying i'm paying for several sources to get mine i have uh fs1 uh which i wouldn't have that package on my um on my uh on my on my tv if it weren't for um the the fox fights that they do because uh, I, i have it on sling uh chiz just reminded me um so i have fs1 there and they often have like Friday night fights there where they have basically a free card, but I don't have any other way to access it for free, so I have to pay for FS1. And so um, there, there are cards that, that, that are there that are often very good cards. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time there's a pay-per-view event, the undercard for that will also be on there. And that's usually three to five or six fights. 
uh, over on there. I watch a lot of fights on FS1. I, of course, buy the pay-per-views if I really like it. I'll buy the pay-per-view this weekend, although there are subreddits that will link you to where you can get them for free, like streams that are usually very good quality and maybe one second delayed. Um, a lot of people watch the pay-per-views for free. Uh, if I don't care, if I'm not really invested in the fighters that are fighting, because it's a personality sport for me personally, not so much, a, you know, I wouldn't just watch white guy A versus white guy B fight. You know, oh, wrestler versus boxer, let's watch. Like, that doesn't really uh, appeal well, yeah, to me as much. <laughs> eh, you know, sometimes. It, that doesn't appeal to me so much as, you know... Conor McGregor versus Habib Nurmagomedov with all this backstory and all of this hate between them and, and the illegal case involved. There's the theatrics. There's the theatrics. And the WWE kind of side of the wrestling like hype of it, the shit talking and all that. And the personalities are interesting to me. And they drive me to like like a card more than others. Um, this The one that's coming Saturday, I haven't bought a card in a while. Not probably haven't bought a fight since um, Joanna versus Rose. I think that was the last one I purchased, but which was months ago. But I'm buying this one because TJ Dillashaw is fighting Cody Garbrandt. I mean, they hate each other legitimately, not this sort of like wrestling thing where they're going to go have a beer later. They fucking hate each other. Um, and, and, a lot, and the belt is on the line. And, and the last fight, this TJ guy took the belt away from Cody, who was on like an 11-fight win streak or something and holding the belt. And now Cody's going to try to take it back. Cody just happens to be this tatted up, skinny white guy whose hands move so fast it looks like a video game. It's fun to watch. He's you know? really I, strong. Like, it's something about... So TJ Dillashaw is obviously very strong. He's fit. But he's, like, proportional in such a way that he doesn't look all muscled out. Cody looks to me like he's beefy. Like, maybe his weight's in his deltoids and his biceps in a way that I just look at him, I'm like, oh, man, that looks, looks like a hitter. He, he hits so hard, and he's so goddamn fast. So, yeah. Five dollars? I'll take TJ. Yeah, yeah, five bucks on that. Um, so yeah, the way to like get into it will probably be you know you can get on YouTube and and many many of the fights are free. I like like I would pick a you know you pick teams if you're if you're gonna get into basketball or or, or football. Got a fighter two to recommend? Conor McGregor is is oh, the yeah. is the easy one to to say man like like the, Conor he's the only one with a fucking movie right you know like like. <laughs> Uh, the guy, the guy had the number one movie in Ireland for a couple of weeks there. Uh, his movie, movie, Mark something. Well, there's some of them that might be in movies, but this no. guy's got a movie about him called Notorious. It's on Netflix. Like that might be the way to start. I've seen that. If if I were gonna start with someone who wasn't into it at all, go on Netflix and watch Notorious. It's the it's the movie of Conor McGregor's life up until like a a couple years ago, and it follows him from. Being on welfare with acne and no beard in Ireland, to being the double champion of the world, uh, and uh, and you know riding high and buying his girlfriend a Land Rover. Mark Kerr has a movie. Okay. Uh, it's it's a while ago. It's 2002. It's called The Smashing Machine, and <laughs> it's good. The guy was a wrestler. He was the best at one point, and um, I think he got on some sort of painkiller. I don't know my drugs that well. And uh, it ruined him. But, uh, dude, it's neat. You, you hear him and he's like, you want to be the best? You got to be mean. Are you a guy who's willing to stick your thumb in that open laceration on his forehead and crank that, crank it, crank it? And I'm like, <sighs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to fight wanna you. I don't want to be though. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, it, it's pretty cool. And then, um, you know, you, you'd recognize a lot of people he fights against. Mark Coleman comes to mind. So, uh, yeah, good yeah. stuff. 
Yeah. So, so, and also another uh, guy who it might be interesting to like get behind and follow their story is um, uh, Daniel Cormier, who uh, he's a black guy. He's really nice guy. Like, like you can tell, genuinely a, a good human being. Um, good sense of humor too. He he fights at um, 205. He's currently the champion at 205 and 235. And and throw his name in a chat. Yes, that's that's what I meant. He's 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 double champion in two weight classes, the the biggest weight class and the second biggest. And uh, he 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 doesn't look like one of these like action figure like perfect athlete bodies. He's got, he's carrying a little extra weight. And like he's got such a good sense of humor about it. There's a while back where he made this video where it's like he's like eating chicken and cupcakes and he's like all about that cake, about that cake and the chicken. <laughs> and he's like shirtless, rubbing his fat belly, like eating the fried chicken from Popeyes and eating whole cupcakes and just like. But his nemesis, you always need a bad guy, right? You need a foil to to really have a hero. His is this guy named John Bones Jones, who is legitimately the greatest that has ever fought in mixed martial arts, but he's also the baddest. Cheater. Cake. He, chicken. steroids, <laughs> cocaine, he hit and ran a pregnant woman. He's been suspended multiple times, but he's like six foot four of bad motherfucker. He's, his arms, his limbs, I should say, are so long that he can throw elbow strikes like punches. <laughs> like his his elbow strikes, like 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 this sort of like flash the elbow right in front of them into their face or like 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 an upper uh, uppercut type elbow strikes like a normal man's fist. It's so goddamn long. Like like the distance <laughs> between his shoulder and his elbow is like twelve inches more than yours. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah. Like he's and Connor is similar. He's sort of disproportioned in a way. And he's shorter than I am, but his wingspan span is more than mine. And John Is Jones, uh, even going back further, he got caught drunk driving and he had a bunch of women in the car that he was fucking at the time with him as he plowed his like Bugatti into a telephone pole or something. I'm getting these pretty close. Lambo or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's married, by the way. <laughs> so the, these are all women that he's out partying with, cheating on his wife with as he drink drunk drives his sports car. And then early on, he's like, you know, he's just always like thanking God, being disingenuous, talking about how mm -hmm. wonderful he is, how, you know, back in the day, he he would never do drugs. He'd be that guy that snitches on you. And uh, he's just—he's just so easy to hate. He's, and that guy but has defeated Daniel Cormier. He's Daniel Cormier's only nice. losses. And in his in their last fight, there's just so much shit talking right between these guys because he, you know just leading up to the fight, he, he's he's like he's telling Daniel Cormier, he's like, I'm gonna fucking knock you out. He's like, and Cormier's like, I know what you think you're gonna do to me. You think you're gonna kick me in the head? We've been working on that. They get in the fight. Bone John Bones Jones. Kicks him in the fucking head so hard it would have killed a nor normal man. <laughs> and of course, Daniel's a professional. He's an Olympic level wrestler. So he's trying to recover. He's backstepping. Jones throws this crazy leg sweep like something out of Mortal Kombat and, and <laughs> trips Daniel up and gets on top of him and pummels his ass so bad that he makes this badass motherfucker, two, current two weight champ of the world, cry like a baby he in cried. the ring. Yeah. Now, did. Did Jones win that officially, or is that a no contest because of the steroids? I need to I look it I up. I think it's a no contest. So, so that's see, see, that's the drama of it, right? <laughs> yeah. so we're all just shocked, blown away. The, the bad guy no beats a good guy. The fucking Joker just blew Batman away. And then like the drug tests come back. 
and he was positive for this minuscule amount of steroids. And there's this whole conspiracy about how they even get in his system. That's not even the kind of steroid that he would be taking in the correct amounts, and he wouldn't take them. It has like this, uh, this life, um, this half life in your body of it's, it's so, so many days, and it's all this weird stuff. We're like, oh well, we think it might be because um, he was snorting cocaine that had been, um, or no, what was it? That, oh, he was snorting cocaine. That had steroid that had been in the same machine as steroids, or he was it's, using it's creatine like, that had the, been like, in the same machine as yeah, steroids. Yeah, the, the cocaine got creatine in it, and the creatine had steroids. Steroids in it. In so it. he was like two. <laughs> like this vat has just been used for everything. He also um. Yeah, so he what, just had a bucket o powder. Yeah. He's like <laughs> all purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, there was another thing: the steroids. Oh, yeah. The, the first pills. time it was the dick pills. Um, Did you say the dick pills were? That's where he got his steroids, right? But he said the dick pills had a steroid in them that they weren't supposed to have. Oh, and then on the second I didn't one, know he said the he came up thing. with. So when you're a professional athlete being tested under USADA, you tell them which uh, supplements you're taking, right? These are my vitamins. These are this is my whey protein, whatever. And then if you're busted for steroids, and there are steroids in the things on the list you gave them. By the way, they buy it off the shelf and stuff. You don't just provide it. Then you get a much lighter penalty. You know, you're responsible for what goes into your body, but they look at it much differently when there was shit that wasn't supposed to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, he gives them a list of stuff after he gets caught for steroids that was not on his list of stuff he told him he took. He just went looking for shit that had steroids in it and said, oh, I've been taking that, when yeah. I think he'd been taking steroids. Probably so. Um, it, no way to know for sure, but seems quite likely. Much more, uh, not as likely as Flight 93 getting shot down by the <laughs> F-16s, but likely. Uh, you could definitely uh, believe it. So those are my two favorite fighters, I think. Daniel Cormier and Conor McGregor. Conor, there are entire montages on YouTube of Conor McGregor like, like, with like pump-up music and like mm. showing you. They, they start early in the beginning and lead you through his career. And what he does is this bit of psychological warfare where he tears the other person apart in the press conferences and in the, the pre-fight interviews. And he gets in, he literally does get inside their head in a way that makes them not fight as well, whether they come out too aggressively or they come out too timidly or they, there's this too much pressure. They go into it without their A game. You know, there was this guy, yeah. Jose Aldo, who was he'd been the champion for 11 years he hadn't been beaten for 11 Jesus. years. I had no idea. He'd That's been beating impressive. motherfuckers down. He was, they were calling him the greatest of all time. Like, all right, Connor, you're going to fight fucking Jose Aldo, the Brazilian badass motherfucker who's got a scar on his face like he's a gangster or something, but he's kind of a sweet guy. He's like the dog from Game of Thrones. Connor begins this ah, psychological guy. Connor begins this psychological warfare campaign over the next, th- like, six or six to nine weeks that literally tears jose apart he's he's touching him he's he's slapping him in the back of the head he's like pinching his shoulders in interviews he's he's telling me he's he's, he's like you're my bitch stole his you're belt my pussy like, like like when he goes into like a radio interview connor's grabbing the belt and like posing for pictures with it he's, <laughs> he's like this is mine now this is mine now and, and jose's like this guy's crazy this guy's crazy connor's in his car and he sees jose like walking in the building he's like hey pussy Hey pussy! Hey pussy! <laughs> he's calling him a pussy in Brazilian. He, you know, he, he, they're in yeah. an interview with a with a, with a translator. He, he's like, he's like, tell him I'm his daddy. Tell him I'm his daddy. Tell him to sit on daddy's lap. I'll bounce him up and down, you little bitch. You know, and by the end, they're like, they're like, what? You know, you've said a lot of bad things about Jose. He's like, 
Oh, I'm not going to say any more bad things. I'm going to hold him and caress him. He's my bitch now. I'm going to love him. Cause it's, and I'm going to tell him, whisper in his ear, little sweet nothings. And I'm going to tell him, it'll all be over soon. And just, <laughs> just like all this mean, crazy, bonkers shit. Like he's tearing Jose Aldo posters apart and like eating them. Like, like just, it got to Jose. So when the fight, we could watch the fight now. <laughs> I would, think we could just tell, uh, Jose Aldo was champion for 11 years. And he made, he lasted 13 seconds with Connor. Jesus. <laughs> we got to watch it. We got to watch the 13 seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. This this link is called <laughs> Connor versus Jose Aldo full fight. It's 21 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, yeah, I'm at zero. I can't even yeah. click on it. Skype moves on. There, I got it. I'm working on it. Okay, ready, set, play. Night. <laughs> That's so fast I don't even see it. Right? That was real quick. One thing that's cool about that, they show Connor working out before he goes out to do this fight. Like like not working out before. Like that night. He's he's in the backstage. He's practicing that exact thing. This sort of walk backwards, fade, and and fucking hook. And and, and you, you can see him doing it. And they, they show that side by side with what he did. It's exact same shit. Like he's just setting him up. He he, he and and then See, there's I a clip of him talking it about it. He's like, you know, up. he'll overextend. He'll do this and that, and I'll put him to sleep. And and he does it. He does it. And and that's what makes a lot of us love Conor McGregor is he talks so much shit, so much shit, and then he backs it up about ninety five percent of the time. He's lost one fight, really, you know, or in modern history, let's call it. And then he avenged that fight. And the fight that he lost was this whole weird situation where the fight that he was supposed the fighter he was supposed to fight got injured, didn't make wait, whatever, couldn't make it for I can't recall what it is bruised ankle or something, a broken ankle. And, and so this this guy who is bigger and lankier though, also fights in that weight class, to be fair. Nate Diaz fights him. Nate Diaz is like a triathlete who is used to being pounded on. He can take a ton of damage. Connor Bur- Connor puts his foot down, beats the shit out of Nate, but then runs out of gas. And Nate's a triathlete. So he just keeps coming until he chokes Connor, uh, until Connor has to tap out. And it's, it's a big deal, you know, for Connor to lose like mm-hmm. that. And Connor says, I want the same fight, the same weight, because they fought at 170 pounds because this Nate guy had to just step in last minute. He's like, no, no, we're fighting at 170 pounds again. We're doing it the same exact thing. Set him up again. Let's go again. And he beats him. He beats him. And that's kind of how the uh, the, um, the the notorious movie ends, if I remember correctly. He's he's a real easy guy to get behind. You know, like it's he he's very entertaining. He's he's a guy you want on your TV. He's kind of an asshole, and mm-hmm. he's he's often the bad guy in these storylines. I don't know that I want him at my barbecue, but I want him on my television. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, and he's the guy who you may have heard threw that dolly into a bus full of fighters a while back to sort of pick a fight with this guy named Habib Nurmagomedov, the fucking Dagestani eagle who <laughs> who had who had slapped around Connor's boy, and uh, Connor's in all kind of legal hot water in New York City. They're talking about could be up to six 
six years in prison if he gets like all all, all guilty sentences. Of course, Connor's a rich, famous guy, so lawyers fix everything. He gets a sl- <laughs> not even a slap on the wrist. He it's like two days of anger management, and like <laughs> it, and like that's it. Like like I don't even think there was a serious fine. So now the fight is all but set for uh, for this October, and those two are gonna fight. And the, the the Russian guy, the Dagestani Eagle, is now the champion because Connor's been out of the game fighting Floyd Mayweather and and waiting for more money so long that they get they just gave his belt to this other guy. Now they're gonna fight. And the problem is the Dagestani Eagle, it seems like Connor's kryptonite. He's this wrestler who takes people down to the ground and really pounds the shit out of him. And despite the fact that he fights at 155 pounds, seemingly is heavier than that. He seems like a guy who's 255 pounds when he's got when he's on top of you, which is Connor's kryptonite. But they've always said that this or that is going to be Connor's kryptonite, and every time he's prevailed. So I'm more excited about that than anything I've ever been excited about. That's the fight to see. I, I would, oh. it, I bet the ticket's going to be outrageous, but I would love to be there and see it. Although to be honest, like. I've been to one of those fights, and we had decent seats, like two hundred fifty dollars seats or something we, like we that. The most expensive ones we could buy. Yeah, and TV's just better. Not only do you get Joe Rogan, who I love, you know, commentating, and Daniel Cormier, I'm sure, commentating. That's the cool thing about Cormier; he's a bright guy as well. He does commentating when he's not fighting. Mm. He's there ringside, giving you his opinion on the fights. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm very excited about that fight. I, I would pay to go see it because I care that much about it. But honestly, I think you get a better uh, view of the fight and better entertainment value at home on television. I have a neighbor update. Do you guys remember my neighbor with the dog? Yes. Yeah. So my wife was like, look, they're moving. They're moving. Because there's like a big U-Haul in front and they are moving. Sorry. Don't know about the dog. Dog is oh, I'm sorry. ass in your yard. Uh, they have a German Shepherd who's been real aggressive. Like, uh, you might not know, I've got like a really big yard. So mm-hmm. to come all the way to our like kitchen door in the house means he's come like a thousand feet into our yard. Yeah, I don't know how many, but that's a good estimate. And, uh, uh, and you know, like my wife has been like unable to leave the house because their aggressive German shepherd is in our backyard barking at her. And uh, I usually do, I take the trash to the curb. So that we like put it on a golf cart and drive it. And the dog comes over to like my area and is like attacking me like barking it aggressively and and you know back fur going and, and an aggressive lunging at me and stuff and they didn't seem to take it as seriously as we did but for me it was a real like violation of like my sense of home you know that the dog sure. was there so uh, i didn't know like what to do like i had talked to her kind of kindly the, like the first time like oh yeah you know it's a little scary um I eventually went to their house and I'm like, man, like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but your dog is up by my house, scaring my wife. You know, we have kids. Your dog, like, is, is you got to leash your dog. And I was like, I don't know what else to do than start bringing a shotgun. And, and the next time, you know, your dog is like on my property attacking my family, what would you do? Right. And uh, Kyle had a much better idea, which was they make they make like a pepper spray for bears so then we we keep that on the golf cart now but anyway i was telling my wife like hey they actually have not really been a problem and she's like since you went over there and threatened to shoot their dog (laughs) it was crazy how that fixed it (laughs) when you phrase it like that i come off like a jerk (laughs) Uh, they're lucky they got a warning i'd probably just kill the dog i 
Yeah, and you have to see it. Like, I don't know if I'm accurately describing how aggressive this German Shepherd seemed to be. And uh, and I just felt really violated that, it, like, it's one thing if I'm at their house or something. It's another if that... Do- what yeah, are they it's, just, on your it's roaming yeah. the neighborhood coming onto my property and and the fact that i i have like a big property makes it feel more invasive like i thought i bought a buffer and this dog doesn't respect that and uh but yeah th- so they moved and i guess the problem's gone now so that's my neighbor update i never had that's to good. shoot it yeah well, that's good that's good that you didn't but yeah you know like, like yeah. I, if if it if it's if it's that close to me, barking aggressively, fur up on its back. I figure, like, you know, what if Colin were out here by himself? Right. And, like, and like, you know, how long would it be before I, I, I heard his screams for help? Would this dog kill Colin? Would this guy, would it maim him? I'd just kill the dog. That'd be it. That'd be it. Like, like I, because I'd start picturing worst case you scenarios. Just pop it. You're in yeah. North Carolina? Yes. Okay. Do you, do you, are you allowed to just shoot that dog? It's on your property, uh, yeah. If it's yeah. threatening you and it's on your property, well, if it's threatening you, you can shoot it no matter what. It's a dog. I, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so your word against the dogs, and the dog's dead. I do know this. And it happened. couldn't talk anyway. There was a guy who certainly uh, not after you shoot it. Cats it's the same were, word for like minors. <laughs> cats were pooping on his property, so he just sort of set up on his bipod and started killing the cats when they came into his yard. Jesus. Yeah. Apparently that's illegal, <laughs> and uh, and I don't know how the court case. I know they was found guilty, but I don't know what his punishment was. Civil but, or criminal? Criminal, I think. Yeah. I, see, I, how do they know? See here, how do they know he shot the cats? Uh, <laughs> well, the cat had a bullet in it. Well, he admitted oh, no, that's to a it. problem. If you allow the animal to get back home, that's that's rule number one. Oh, I see. The kind of you're guy saying, who's just sitting out there shooting cats disappeared. Is, the, guy, the kind of guy who's going to sit out there on shooting cats is the kind of guy who'd probably brag about it. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> shoot a cat. Like, like, like shooting a cat is absurd. Um, like, like the cat poses no harm to anything whatsoever. Yeah, like, except like, for even fun and your house not smelling like ammonia. So this, yeah. I, I, have, I found the story. A Wake County man is facing cruelty to animal charges after authorities say he shot and killed his neighbor's cats. Two of the cats survived the shootings, but the other Aww. two died. <laughs> he killed, he shot four cats. The two that survived are recovering from gunshot wounds to the leg. Does uh, it say if the cats continued to poop in his yard? <laughs> uh, Telton's 11-year-old daughter loved the cats. <laughs> I don't care about his daughter. Of course she loved the cats. She loves everything. No, yeah, that, that's rule number one. Like, like, you don't let them leave the property. If you're going to shoot, then you kill, you know, you're, you're not shooting a maim. The fact that he shot a cat in the leg is, is retarded. He shouldn't be shooting at all if he can't. If what if he can't. it was a moving Could that target? presumably have been, yeah. Then you don't yeah. shoot, right? You know, you, you don't shoot moving cats unless you got a shotgun, a little, yeah. little turkey shot. That'd do the trick. 46-year-old Kevin Douglas was tired of his neighbor's cats coming in his yard. So, what are they doing? <laughs> I I think the poop. It doesn't say pooping in this article, but knows, I, they bury their shit. He, he might have started with like, I'm gonna just put landmines up, and he's like, that's probably dangerous. <laughs> I'll go back. I'll just shoot it. That's probably the humane solution here. Yeah. I like that he never talked to the neighbor. Uh, Rebecca Tolkien said the neighbor never told us the cats were bothering him. Step one was to set up a sniper nest. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine. Hey, and you know what? <laughs> Like that, like that. He's a go-getter. 
Fucking, fucking crawling through the underbrush with Sergeant McTavish. So it's a felony. I, 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 I just see ambition and stick to this. <laughs> At first, they were going to charge him with the misdemeanor, but when he shot three more cats, they charged him with a felony. <laughs> yeah, um, that I is can't definitely... stop. <laughs> I can't, I can't, he's like fucking Patrick Bateman. You know, I can't stop killing these cats. You know? I'm losing the numbers here. The neighbor had four cats. Yes. He shot two of them. He shot four of them, two survived, and then he shot three more cats, you just said? No, no, no. His neighbor had to replenish the troops. I think the policeman, it doesn't lay it out really clearly, the sequence of events, but my understanding is he shot all four cats, but at first the police knew of one, and they were going to charge him with a misdemeanor. And then when they discovered that the other three cats were shot too, it went to a felony. Mm. And and like you said, two died and two were just shot in the leg and they're recovering. It I, seems I to me like one of the issues. This guy needs a bigger gun. Yeah, yeah. I was, just, I was, I don't know a lot about shooting, but that just seemed the first thing to me. What the fuck is he shooting cats with that they're okay with afterwards? I believe if I hit a cat in the leg with my fifty cal, that cat still dies. Yeah, well, <laughs> the leg comes off. I believe well. two other cats in the general vicinity die, right? Yeah, I mean, the like, yeah, the leg comes off, but it doesn't just come off. Like we've watched the videos of this, it splatters into a mist. It'll be half a cat. You ever seen those videos of the people shooting groundhogs with yeah. high-powered rifles? I'm referring it. to. I yeah. love it. I want to do it so much. <laughs> huh? Do you, now, aren't you in Georgia? Can't you do that? Or you... Not with gr- no groundhog. So they had these groundhog hunts out west that are set up. So first of all, groundhogs burrow in the ground on these cattlemen's ranchers. Cattle step in it, they break their legs. It's an infestation issue. They're rodents, but sure. they they have this peculiar thing where first of all they have a language. Uh, they communicate with each other, and they have a word for hunter with a gun. They literally do these these hmm. prairie dogs. Yeah, do a little Google search. Yeah, just this is this is much truer than the fucking uh, Holocaust thing. And, uh, and but when they <laughs> sit up, they sort of sit on their hind legs with their front legs like this, and they basically pose as a very nice target. And when people shoot them with a rifle, they explode into a mist, and each quarter of their body plus head goes in a different direction. One shoulder and arm goes this way, one goes that way, legs shoot across, head pops off and goes flying. And what they what hunters do, um, or marksmen, is that, you know, they drive out in the field in their truck, they set up a table, they set you know, like a shooting bench. They they get it they get their nice rifles out, their ammunition that they hand loaded. They've usually got a canopy over them to keep the sun off, maybe a case of beer. And they sit there for for, you know, an afternoon and sort of spotter sniper like oh yeah this one's at 400 meters and they dial their rifle in carefully and they, it's 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 a fun day out it seems their their entire montages of like it's like let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies <laughs> hit the floor and it's like boom nothing's wrong with me boom nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> something's evil got to give. boom <laughs> it's just like prairie dogs exploding it's hilarious uh. You feel a little bad for him, I'll, I'll be I, honest. I was going to ask you that, because like, like Chris Pat says, you know, I'm not a monster. I shoot this deer, and I, I feel some empathy for the deer. Yeah, they I feel so sorry for deer, I refuse to hunt them anymore. Really? Oh, I don't feel bad for deer at all. I killed one last year. I've killed dozens and dozens of them, and I won't kill anymore. I feel bad for them. No, why do you feel a deer smarter than prey dogs? Is that what you're saying? They're just... Um, uh, no. For one thing, for one thing, like if I if I have a gun, then the animal doesn't have any kind of a chance at all. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, it would have to be like a thousand meters away for me to start having an issue with hitting it. Except and, presumably cats. 
which just lose a limb. Well, that guy's just a bad shot. I'd blow that cat the fuck up. Dude, Kyle uh, was saying if Kyle had a gun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I see, I, I see. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, deer, you know, I, I've, I've sat and observed deer. You know, you, you're only allowed to shoot does on specific days of a hunting season. So I've many times been in a hunting deer stand um, up 25, 30 feet, but only eight feet away from the deer, you know, as far as how far he was from the tree I was in. So getting a real close up view of, of these, of these deer. And I don't know, they kind of have a social life, you know, they, they, they communicate with each other. They, they look at each other and kind of have, have a family dynamic going on. Oftentimes I, I don't want to kill them. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want them as a trophy. I, I, I'll eat them. Like sometimes a, um, a friend will bring some butchered deer over and I'll eat that, you know, if he's got processed deer. But I don't. I have no interest in doing it's the. It's pretty killer. good. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Um, I'd rather have lamb or, or, or beef, probably. But it's it's good. I, um, but yeah, I don't want to kill them because they're smart, they're cute, and uh, and they just don't have a sporting chance at all unless I use a bow. I looked up the prairie dog language thing, and the New York Times confirms it. Uh, they have different alarm calls. I think they called them for different predators. Yeah, so. yeah, they have a specific one for hunter and uh, for human, and then they found that they had another one for human with a gun, which was fascinating to me. Mm. They made that distinction. Yeah, I found that article too. I didn't have a chance to skim it yet, but I was going to look it up after, so read it after anyway. So cool. Yeah. So, but prairie dogs are—they're literally rodents. They, they horses and cattle break their legs, and it's pretty entertaining when they explode. So. That's yeah, one of the few, th like that's one of the few things that I'm down with hunting at this point in my life. Like, like I that and it's wild. not a survival trait for a species. If you're an entertaining explosion, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like they right? should have read that out of them. <laughs> they can't survive evolution if they're entertaining explosions. Mm, yeah. So entertaining. That's that's really high detriment. velocity, twenty-two caliber rifles. Just wait, that's what they use. Uh, they use all kinds of things, but that's what I would use. I'd use like a twenty-two two fifty. Um, it's 22 caliber bullet, but a lot more powder behind it. It's not a 22 rim fire. Huh. Does um, it arc when it, when you shoot it? Um, it's so well, light, all bullets right? do, right? You know, well, everything drops at a constant rate, but because the velocity is so high, it drops less. Uh, of course, 22, 250, uh, the ones that I hand load, um, often have a velocity above 3,500 feet per second. I've loaded them to 4,000 feet per second, at which point the bullet will start disintegrating in midair, which is pretty, pretty cool because cool. you hmm. can see it on paper. It'll hit the paper and sort of be like a splatter. So this, I've always found that fascinating to load them until they blow apart in the air. Safe. I would just pick a gun that has a particularly flat trajectory. Help me. Yeah, out. but the thing is, you're sitting there kind of casually shooting, and often lots and lots of shots all day. So a 30 caliber rifle can kind of weigh on you after a while, and it's mm -hmm. a bit obnoxious. Whereas like a 22 250 literally has no recoil. Not the ones. Uh, my dad has these 22250s in a Remington 40XB, which is back ordered. You got to get on a list to get one now. And they weigh, I think, 25 pounds is what the rifle weighs, somewhere in there. So if you were to sit the rifle there and not shoulder it, just sit the rifle on a table and put your finger in the trigger guard and fire the trigger, the rifle would move a quarter inch or something. It just doesn't move because it's hmm. small bullet, very heavy rifle. Hmm. Yeah. All right. You guys want to call it a show? Yeah, it's probably a wrap. Go uh, go check out Mr. Filthy Robot over there. He's been playing some Magic the Gathering. I think that uh, we're probably gonna gonna join him at some point with that. Yeah, I do have a post roll. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, anything else that you want to plug or pimp, Mr. Left uh, Filthy? God damn oh my it. goodness! Uh, yeah, come check me out on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, doing a lot of things right now, but one of the ones I'm really interested in is MTG Arena. And if you guys do get into it, give me a shout. We'll do some drafts together. It'd be fun. I definitely you, uh, will. Yeah, yeah, same. 
Cool, guys. All well, right, man. Thanks for having you, me on the show. Thanks for, for coming. Sure. Anytime, you, man. And we just want to remind you that when you need energy on the go you, and you don't have time to wait in line, grab Espresso Monster. Espresso Monster is a premium blend of espresso and cream made with freshly brewed espresso beans, hormone-free milk, and a unique energy blend complete with taurine and B vitamins. Each can has three shots of espresso and comes in vanilla espresso or espresso and cream flavors. Close your eyes, take a sip, and enjoy Espresso Monster today. All right, PKA 398.